Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Was I thinking he was going to give me a direction to go in? No, you're right. So, like, whatever. And there are people, like... That scene in Pete's first episode where Greer Barnes is so mean to him after he has a bad set. I'm like, like, who does that? It's not Greer. Greer is so nice. I know. And Greer is like, that's the only part of that note I had that that pilot. As I go, Greer's the exact opposite. Like, Greer will lead you on and be like, yeah, you're great, man. You're great. You got a cigarette? You're like, but like, uh, that's the funniest line in the first episode when Artie Lang says, Greer Barnes, don't listen to him. It's like somebody power washed Don Cheadle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, I, I, when I saw that on the show, I was like, well, that's a good scene in the show because he did a good job of being mean to Pete. But I was also I just. Did you get that? I was also like, I would never talk to somebody that just some kid that just bombed and clearly wants to do it, I wouldn't be like, get out. Yeah. You know? I, and I don't know any comedians that would. I don't know many that would be as helpful as you are. Like, you're out. very nice about it. My thing is tough love, which is most comics I know, you you just, you have to befriend other comics and work your way through that way. Yeah. But they have to be kind of it. You know, you can't just go to somebody who's a successful comic and go, how can you help me? I haven't done anything yet. How do I do this? And it's like, nobody told me how to do it. I just had to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and then I became friends with the other comics, you know, like Judd Apatow and, and, uh, you know, some others that uh, I started out with or, you know, are still around. And then you... You know, you know how it works. <laughs> I don't have to explain it to you. No, but, but it's you know, it's definitely a kind of a combination of networking, figuring it out, doing the time, having to get up at shitty shows. Yeah. You know? And uh there's there's just unfortunately no short shortcuts. And the one single piece of advice I give people is when they go, How do I become a comic? I go, just become a comic. Yeah. Just do it. Especially now that you can just put your shit on the internet oh. with nobody's, nobody has to like it, nobody has to approve it, nobody oh. has to give you notes on it. The guy you can just on, put your shit out there. There's YouTube stars dude, that just did it. The guy that was on um, Marin yesterday, Trey Crowder. Yeah, I had him on my podcast. Him, he's doing a, a, the Well Read Comedy Tour. It's uh, he's first of all he's very funny, and I feel like he's dialed in and he gets it. Like, a lot of people don't get it, really. I think he gets it. Been doing comedy six and a half years. He's on Marin yesterday. Like, there are comics that have been doing it 30 years that have never been on Marin. Like, you know. He gets around to a lot of them. He, he does get around to a lot he of them. He has to have one or two guests every week. And so he, uh, 
He's been doing comedy six years. He puts out a video. It goes viral. And now he's doing a tour. He's got a deal at Warner Brothers. He's got a book deal. A book came out. And it, and the point is, he just did it. He just started doing it. He was like, I'm doing open mics. I'm going to fucking put it's, out a video. It's a self-starter profession. You're, you're always going to be up there alone. Yeah. Until you figure out, like I did, that I could do a podcast and have people that are so jealous funnier than me on at the same time. I was at the Wilbur and I was <laughs> backstage and I just thought to myself, I thought, this is a little sad of a thought to be doing a show at the Wilbur. But I was like, I was like, walking backstage, I go, it's just been me this whole time. I was like, I'm the only constant in this fucking, this dialogue that's happened about this life. I go, it's just me. I'm o Once again, I'm here at the Wilbur. It's sold out. And I got no one to celebrate because it's just me. It's just Wait, you don't have an opening act? I don't know. What? Who hired the opening act? Uh, someone. <laughs> like, I just... You should get, more, you should get more involved. This is a, that's another Why aren't you bringing a buddy these that's days? A, that's one of the things that's wrong with me. <laughs> I, Especially I, a buddy who get a second microphone and have a second voice making jokes during the raffle thing to make it more entertaining for the audience so they're not just sitting there, sitting there waiting through this... Process. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm going with a girl. <laughs> I'm going with a girl this weekend. Taylor Tomlinson. She's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, but That's she. Good. She does. She, I'm going to try to do a pot. She never. I talked to you about her. I talked to you about her. She never smoked pot or drank. Oh yeah. She wants to try both. Yeah. I, um. I'm not a fan of people that. I mean, I I'm going to get her drunk for the first time this weekend. Okay. I'm going to see yeah. if she likes it. I, I don't think she should come get high for the first time on my show. Yeah. I think that's a bad idea. With Todd Glass. <laughs> But <laughs> I used to believe that you don't bring an opening act because you want to help out the local comedy scene and give. Well, so find a local that you like. But I know, but I mean, every city I go to is like a brand new opening act. But then I got to a place where I was just like, oh, I ran into a couple real shit ones. And I was like, I forgot about this. Like, I forgot how bad it can be. Like, just where you're like, oh, I can't even speak to you. I don't, like, there's, we have nothing in common. Like, oh. That's why I go out first and introduce the opener of my shows because I want the audience to not think it's just somebody that was just tacked on that has that has no kind of connection to me. You want you want a thematic like, hey, this is this. I is like guy. this. You'll like this. Yeah. I'll see you in a few minutes. Is what I say without saying it. I tried. I'm working with a couple people like you know Shane Torres. Mm -mm. Are you serious? He good? You? Oh my god. <laughs> You you would love him, love him. Where is he out of here? New York. Oh, he's out of New York, dude. From Seattle, Portland, I think. Started in Portland. Uh, probably grew up in Texas. I'm only saying that because he's Mexican. But he's just imagine like oh, that's the bad. He kind of reminds me of Patton a tad bit, only because he's the body style. But he's got long like hair to his middle of his back. I might you know if I saw him, I might. You know, realize who you're talking about. He's he's great because he's also not only is he amazingly funny, like amazingly funny, but he's uh, dialed into shit I don't know about. So like, uh, there's a podcast. God damn it! I wish I remember the name of the podcast. I want to promote it because it's it really is a good podcast. Um, I'll pull it up in a second. Uh, he told me about this podcast, and he's like, "You'll fucking love it." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, especially if you're a podcast fan." Um. Which you are. As comics go, I think you listen to more podcasts than uh, than most. Oh, um, I know. My podcast list is pretty aggressive. But then you, but then you, you know, you 
you also speak out about the, what you like and all fantasy everything. Good. All fantasy everything. Have you heard what of is it? it? What's the premise of the podcast? Um, I wish it had like the. So I I, I think the guys. I don't know the name of the fucking host. All fantasy everything. The I know the name of the host. I've heard it, but I I don't. He and his friends do a fantasy draft for shitty things. <laughs> so like they go Taco Bell fantasy draft, and they're like, "Well, my number one pick's got to be the Chalupa." Right. And they and they break down like malls. What's your number one thing? And they're like, "Oh, black guy walking with a white chick." Oh, fantasy. That's number one. Like, what's your favorite thing in these things? Yeah. And it's really funny. They're New York comics, and they just bullshit about like just. I, the one I listened to was fucking hilarious. Like, I like I like when I find a new podcast and I'm like, I get into it. Like, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds just has me by the fucking balls right now. The dollop. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. I like uh, my favorite murder by uh, Georgia and what's her name? Karen Kilgariff, who Kilgariff. used to date Dave Anthony. There used to be a couple long ago. Really? When we were all young comics uh, we all hung out. Really, Dave? Yeah. Shut the fuck up! Yeah. I did a live one with Dave and uh, yeah, and Gareth. And it was he's a funny fucker. I mean, I'm sure his Twitter feed is a lot of Trump these days. Oh, he's <laughs> at one point I t- I tweeted something about Milo and Dave direct messaged me privately oh. and was like, "Listen, <laughs> I, as a friend, I can't let you say stuff like this." <laughs> And I was like, really? And he was like, he's like, listen, you got to know this, you got to know this, you got to know this. These are some facts you need to know. And I was like, okay, cool. That's good. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, of course, of course, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and then Steve Renazizi, I came up with Steve Renazizi's on this podcast, Hear Me This Book, where a person reads a book and then goes to him who doesn't read and tells him about the book. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Um I got Getting Doug with High. I got Doug Loves Movies. I got Doug Loves Minis. I got... Hey, we got to put one of your dreams on there again. That was like a staple of Doug Loves Minis for a while. Oh, yeah. You just stopped for some reason. I, yeah, but I go through phases where I have really, really fucking hardcore dreams, and then it stops for a little while. But I was not fucking around. I honestly would just post them. I would never listen. You could have said anything you wanted. Because that, to me, is part of the joke. Is just that, like, I I'm not interested in people's dreams. Yeah. And so it's just funny to go. But here's Bert calling me with another dream. <laughs> I'll, do I'll do that again. I haven't done that. I, haven't done I, that I really wouldn't listen to him. I just put it on there. So like, you could have been fucking with me the whole time and just saying stuff. Oh no, we animated him and, and gave him to Comedy Central. Comedy Central animated him and put him on their Snapchat, and they're like. It did really well. It outperformed. The messages you left for me? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's fucking unedited. <laughs> yeah, just fucking, but yeah. I love it. Um, How are we doing on time? About 140. What do you, I, I, let's uh, let's go for uh, two hours. Two hours. We'll solid. edit it too. We'll edit it too. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about? When am I running into you on the road? Are you, you're doing that. Uh, Wild West Comedy Festival in Nashville. Yeah, you, yeah, but I'm not on the like I, I said it. I said in my intro the other week, and I was like, oh, let me tell you who else is on it. And then I was like, I can't even find my name. Well, they have a re- they've released stuff. No, maybe that's it. They probably they, just aren't talking about it yet. Chad Abatow's on it. He um, is. Yeah, Judd's on it. Um, can I tell you? Can I just tell you a little side thing about Judd that I think will never leave me 
for as long as I live. And it's a good thing? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> somebody can say something shitty and then it'll never leave you? No, I try not to talk <laughs> shit. And by the way, I, I hope to God it didn't sound like I was talking shit about Tony Hinchcliffe saying he's not in the same classes. And there's, I mean, you know, as... Uh, right, I mean, me too. I just, I just shot. I, to, I, I just shot to him as an example of someone who that's how that's as unfamous as to me. Netflix comics are getting, and he's had a ton of exposure, like a lot of people it's really know. Helped him. his career, I think. Well, it's been huge for yeah, him. Yeah, it's really helped. So, yeah. Um. So I go to I go to the store, and uh, and Tosh shows up, and Judd Apatow shows up, and they both bump me. This is my my. Maybe my first night doing, um, first night doing a spot at the store, ever? Not ever, but I've done them before. How long ago? As a paid regular, very recently. I just became a paid regular recently. Could you just recently just ask, just said, "Hey, can I no, do I regular tried, spots?" I tried earlier, and they always said no. But right, but when you asked recently, uh, they said okay. Like you, there was, a, you turned a corner where they're like, "Yeah, he's I big enough. Corner, we'll yeah. give him spots." Yeah. Because I feel like they do that with me, but I also just don't. I just don't feel like I'm ready. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to go stand around to wait to do 10 minutes and, and oh, a, no. a real, you know, I mean, how long are the spots? 15? 15. Yeah. I just don't, and what you're about to say about the being bumped, I just don't, I have no patience for it. I have no yeah. patience for, I'm more famous, so I'm just going to go on right now, which I've done maybe a couple of times, but always with kind of like feeling a little guilty about it. I've never bumped anybody. Yeah, I, I am not. I'm not super into being bumpy, but I'm. I sometimes I want to go earlier than I'm scheduled. I would definitely have said that to people going. But these guys, go up these guys just show up. They're not on the list, but they're big, so they want to get them on, and then just put them on, and everyone else has to lump it. It's so funny because uh, which is good for the club that 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 really famous people go on. Like yeah. one time, I one time I was at the cellar in New York, and it was super late. My spot was like at twelve forty or something, and. Not only does Chris Rock want to go on, he goes up there with Dave Chappelle, and the two of them just sit there and have a conversation for like an hour, and there's only me and like one other comic that have to wait until they're done and yeah. go on. That's how that club works. If you say, hey, I'm out of here, I'm not going to wait, they'd just be like, well, then you're not going to get spots here. Yeah, see, I would never, I, like, I would definitely, if it was that situation and I was... Don't it was know. fun watching them, oh, I, but I, I was would, sitting there going, "I gotta go on after this." <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I'm. I don't mind getting bumped. I, I what bothers me sometimes, and it's happened before, is I've been bumped for people to go. I have a show at the Improv, and I go, "Yeah, me too. I'm on that same show, also." Right, and they, they got to get somewhere else, so they got to go earlier. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, I'm booked on that show also, and but and that's fine. <laughs> It doesn't matter. So, okay, way, tell the story. You it meant doesn't to tell. matter with Tosh and Aptow because, uh, first of all, I'm friends with Daniel and I've been friends with him, and I and and I understand fully that he is lives in Malibu. He's drove into Hollywood to do a set, and he's massively famous. And he's if he wants to do a spot for me, that is the way this business works. I get that. And he does. Aptow, and he does 15 minutes. So 15 minutes. He doesn't do an hour. And by the way, it's all new material. He's working on new material. Same with Judd. Judd goes up, and I go. By the way, you have you have knighthood, knighted other comics' careers. Like you have created Amy for the most part with that movie. You know, fucking same with Pete. Like I believe he's a, a great. Same with Lena Dunham, and, and 
And but I don't know him. I don't know him. But he he bumps me, and I'm, I'm cool with that also. He's Judd fucking Apatow. My fuck, three of my favorite movies he he made. So every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission. Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm in the back, but I'm still getting bumped. That's still the, in my head. I'm also a comic. I've been on TV for seven years, and I'm like, and I'm like, God damn it, man! Shut up! Tells it like he just from from his perspective, he's just like. I, in my head, I'm like, he looked at the list, and he's like, who the fuck is this? Can I just go in front of this guy? No one's ever heard of this guy. In my head, I'm just like, fuck. He doesn't say stuff like that. He doesn't. <laughs> because as he brings me up, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this guy doesn't... By the way... He brings you up? He brings me up, yeah. Why did he... That's how the store didn't works. Didn't have a host? No, the, the store works where you go and you bring the next person. Oh, uh, I've never even noticed that. That's how little attention I've been paying. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, this next comic has had a TV show on Travel Channel for the past few years. He, uh, you may know him as Burt Conqueror, as the show is Trip Flip. Put your hands together for Burt Kreischer. Pronounces my name right and gives my credits right. And I went, dude, for the rest of my <laughs> life, you're, you're gold standard to me. Like, because there have been times where I bring someone up on stage there and I don't know how to pronounce their name or it's a different person. And I'm like, oh, my God. And through your whole set, you have to remember what things they want you to hit on in the intro, yeah. which is like, and I and never even talked that's to not him. where your head's at. I never even talked to him. I never even introduced myself because he bumped me. He just went up and did his set. He didn't even know who was next. And he was like, and I was blown the fuck away. And I was like, dude, and I'm like, he's not that much older than me. I mean, we're. Theoretically, we should be, you know, grown men at the same point in our lives, but he, he's just in a different world. That, the only other person was like that was, and this is another fucking guy where I was like, this is not going to go well, was Louis C.K. Because I know Louis, and I, and I, I go upstage, and then I was like, who's next? And I think it's Dalia, and they're like, uh, they're like, uh, uh, they hand me a note, because <laughs> they don't want to say the name out loud. And I read it, and I went, oh, this is a treat. I was like, guys, this is the reason I'll be sticking around tonight and drinking vodka. This guy is one of the uh, one of my favorite standards to watch, Louis C.K. And then he comes on stage, and then I get off. I'm sitting in the back because I want to watch him. And he's like, uh, keep it going for uh, Burt Kreischer. He's, one of the, he's just so funny. He's a really funny guy and one of the sweetest guys. We, uh, he's like, Burt, are you still here? And I'm like, yes. Like, that's <laughs> the greatest fucking moment of my life. Like, yes. And he's like, we worked in uh, West Palm together. And I was like, yeah, we did. And he was like, ah, yeah. Fun fucking and like talk to me about talk about me for like two minutes and I was like, Louis, you didn't have to do that. Like you just made my fucking day. Like I'll never forget this. I'll never fucking forget this. So like those moments for me, that's like that's one of the coolest parts about being at the store. You know, and I'm sure there's bad ones. I heard one. I like hanging out there now. I think it's a real fun hang. It's a great and, hang. Uh, uh, you know, I roast battle. 
I, I haven't gone to that yet, but I've watched I watched it on TV. And, Have you done uh, Kill Tony? Oh, yeah, I do Kill Tony pretty Kill Tony frequently. So much fun. Super fun to do. And uh, yeah, so I that Kill Tony's kind of what got me back into just being at the comedy store at all. Um, because over the years, I've only done, like, you know, like when somebody's booking a show that's a special show. Yeah. And they'll, like, like a marijuana benefit or something or a Death Squad, you know, a Brian Redman show. So I've done some sets for the, or Tripoli. Yeah. Uh, I've done some sets like that at the comedy store. So I don't, I never felt, like, shut out by it. But it was just so funny that my very first set ever, ever was Potluck Night at the comedy store. in the really? In the original room. And, uh... I just grinded away at, you know, performing at clubs in L.A. at the Improv and the Comedy Store. And at that time, the two clubs, if you were an established act, you had to pick one. Yeah. And I eventually got passed at the Improv. Me too. And so it's just Improv, Improv, Improv. And then the Comedy Store went through what I call kind of a dark period. Really dark period. <laughs> Where like, it just really. seemed like it might go out of business or something, and that it just wasn't fun to be there. When they, when they fucking, when they booted Rogan, that's when they were like, that was the biggest mistake they could have ever made. So he was he was told, don't come back here for a while, and then they changed their mind? Because he's there all the I'm time always, now, right? I'm always skeptical telling any story about Rogan because I don't listen really good. So like, <laughs> so, like, I hate to put out information that's false. Right. But I will tell you how it came trickled down to me. That day that and, – and this is just me and Segura. I don't even know if Segura knew Rogan at the time. But Carlos Mencia tape comes out, and fucking Segura calls me. He's like, have you seen this shit? And I was like, no. Go to it immediately. And then he's like, have you heard about the fallout? And I'm like, no. And they're like, they banned Rogan from the comedy store. Mitzi – Carlos said, I won't perform at the comedy store if you have Joe Rogan there. And they valued Carlos over Joe. They valued I mean, Joe Carlos. was already pretty huge at that point. They valued Carlos over Joe because for a number of reasons. First of all, Joe's always been a fucking outlier. He's always been an independent pirate. He's got his own fucking pirate ship that he sails the direction he wants to sail it, and he doesn't give a fuck what anyone says. And I think that was the way at the store that he was. He was like, he was like, I love this place. This is my family. But you're not going to tell me what to do. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm a fucking, you know, I'm, I do my own thing. Yeah. And Carlos was a guy that was passed through the ranks of Mitzi. Like, Mitzi gave his, him his name, Carlos Mencia. He's like, <laughs> in order to be on the Four Locos tour or whatever, you need to be, you need to change your name to Carlos Mencia. By the way, someone could fact check this and destroy <laughs> this because I already know I fucked up because I don't think it was called the Four Locos tour. What was his name? Chuck Mendelson? No, it was uh, Ned Holness. Oh, Ned. I yeah. love the first name, Ned. Ned Holness. Ned. And... So Carlos was Mindy um, was Mitzi's fucking person, and and he would get spots. He would bump people. He would go long, and never any repercussions. And Joe, and this is also coming from I did a podcast with uh, with fucking fuck. I did a podcast with uh, Eleanor Kerrigan. Yeah, and Eleanor told me a lot of this info, and like. Rogan was just, like, was open about him being a thief. Like, he walked by him one time. Once again, probably not true, but uh, this is what Eleanor told me, but I probably misheard it and mistelling it. But he walked by uh, Carlos one time, and he had a notebook with him, and Rogan goes, what the fuck are you doing with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> so then that went down. That video went viral. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what a viral video is. And, um, and Carlos was like, you got to pick one. And obviously they decided with Carlos. Then Carlos and Rogan were at the same place. 
<laughs> they're the same personal appearance artist, uh, agent. Carlos called him up. You got to pick one. And they're like, all right, we're going with you. So Rogan, in effect, oh. within a week, loses his home club and his agent and his fucking... And, and at the time, um, I think I am getting, like, early stages of dementia. Because um, these names, these are names that people are friends with. <laughs> um, who owns Miami and Fort Lauderdale and... and uh, Batchoff? Yeah, Joel. Joel Batchoff had moved out to L.A. to learn the comedy club business better. Once again, probably not, not a real fact. But he moved out to <laughs> L.A. and he started working at Levity and... and Learning the business because he wanted to open more clubs and he wanted to be wanted to figure it out. I, I'm guessing I don't know, but Joel was like, "Fuck that!" The second that happened, the Improv puts out an offer to Rogan like, "We we would love to, for you to be our home club. We would love to have you come to the Improv." So Rogan and I don't know how much at the time he was doing spots all around town, but I think wrote, at, that, at that time Rogan's like, "Well, I'm not going to stop doing comedy." So he started doing the Ice House at the Improv at Ha Ha, like all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the crowds just got kept getting better and better, and Comedy Store is definitely missing out on something. And and then Mitzi pretty much stepped out and doesn't really have anything to do with the Comedy Store anymore. Yeah, and so, and so that's how he sort of gradually got back in. Mitzi, no, well, no. So Mitzi was. He got back in, once again, probably not accurate, because Ari shot his hour special at the comedy store. I want to say it was like right around New Year's or something, or what's one of the reasons? And then another reason was, and I've heard this on a podcast, but I don't know who said it, but it was like, I think it was New Year's Eve, and Joe stopped by the comedy store to have a drink. But also, Ari shoot a special. I know. I don't know if it's coincided, but I remember at least once or more uh, Joe being the headliner on uh, New Year's Eve at the Improv. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. The, like very advertised, expensive ticket. Yeah. Joe Rogan's the man, uh, and and you know, and I didn't think much of it because by that point you could play the Improv and the store both and yeah. get away with it. But then the real the real fucking I think. And and all was that I think Joe Joe was already back in the store at the time, but Tommy got fired, and Tommy was the cancer of the store. I think he was the he was the guy that really oh, he was born in the month of July. Yeah, he yeah he was yeah he was that cancer. <laughs> he was Mitzi's right hand man, but he he was also stealing money and he was wielding his power in a really unhealthy, unfair way to people that didn't deserve it. And yeah, I, I don't also, really have much experience with that person. I did, and, I, and I'll and i tell you this much. I'll, this is how outrageous this guy was. I asked, I wanted to work at the store, and I auditioned, and uh, and I did not pass. And I said, once again, I, I reached out again. I'm still, I still would like to work at the store. And he's, I, and he's like, I can get you a job parking cars. And I had a TV show. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not parking car. I have a TV show. I'm a national headliner. I do 33 weeks a year, and I have a TV show. I'm not parking cars. He's like, then you're not ever working at the store. Wow. And I was like, okay. And then I wrote it off. I go, that, that place is dead to me. I need that to be a, a, something that is is an end. Yeah. I'll never work there, and I get it. And it was one of these, and I've talked about this. Any one of my fans that comes up to me, they always go, one of the cool things I always say is go, hey, congrats on the store, man. Like, they know that it was something, because it was like a, it was my big whale, yeah. my big white whale. And then, and then when Tommy left, Adam came in. Adam is like the fucking man. Like, you probably know Adam because he was, he was a co-host on all of Norm's podcasts, Norm McDonald. He's in Norm's book. 
Yeah, I mean, I he worked at he worked I've at Tempe. seen him around and stuff. Yeah, he worked at Tempe. I'm probably kind of familiar with him, and he may have even reached out to me at some point. You like, definitely hey, know. If you ever want to do spots, you can come by. Like it feels like they'd give me spots. What do they pay for him now? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I'm a business manager. I'm a fucking. Wait, so they just send the check to your business manager? Sure, yeah. And you never are curious about... It's not going to be much. 35 What was it? The well, who knows seven what bucks? it is. <laughs> it was seven bucks. It's it was seven really bucks cheap. Improv. Yeah, you can get... Yeah. The sets get pretty cheap. I remember I remember now. Rita coming up to me at the improv one time. She's like, I need you to fill out a W9 or whatever. And I was like, Rita... I'm not. I'm not. But if you headline a show there now, like on the weekend, that you get, you know, you get like a door deal. Yeah, you get a good door so deal you can at the get improv. Piece of money. Yeah, and I love the improv. I, 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 I haven't worked there in a little while, but I, I love. I've always loved the improv. And I like just, the main room in the store on a weekend, they give you more for a set, like maybe a hundred bucks. Or yeah, something. I, I haven't worked. I haven't worked the weekend at the store in because you're always gone. So I'm always gone. not because they won't have so you. I'm always doing Jeremiah's show upstairs. Um, Ari's storytelling show upstairs. Where's Ari? We don't know. What's the deal? He's gone. He just told people he was going or just went? Just disappeared. He told Rogan, he told me and Tom. That he used the expression, I'm going off the grid? I'm off the grid. No computers. How long has it been? Um, I'll tell you exact date he left. He's in that movie, Keeping Up with the Joneses. I watched it on a plane. What's Keeping Up with the Joneses? Zach Galifianakis and John Hamm. Ari's in that? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. He plays a guy that, uh, Zach is an HR guy, and Ari's a guy that doesn't get along with one of the other employees, and Zach has him do trust exercises together. Really? And then they fight. They wrestle. Um, Ari's an interesting talent. And he, he sure is. He's all over the map. Like, he like he, he acts, he hosts, he, he like, he just, he's kind of like an interesting, it's an, he's an And he eases into all of it. Like, he doesn't seem driven to get any of these things. They just sort of happen. But are people worried? Or just like... He left. He's not doing stand-up anywhere? Uh, I got a very heartfelt email from Ari on January 5th. And that's the day he's leaving. And it ends with... Um, can, you, can you please tell Duncan to keep my keys when he leaves just in case something happens to me? Or in case... I get there where he's when he's gone. Can you please ask him to empty the mailbox before he leaves so no it doesn't ever flow too badly? And by the world by the way, you can both change the lyrics to that song, honestly singing, Girls, they love me because 'cause I'm the overweight lover, heavy T or heavy B. But yeah, that was his January fifth he left. And so you think he just went to like a foreign country and he's just living he's in inexpensively my, somewhere? I think he's in Micronesia. And like he had saved up for this? Yeah, he'd saved up. And that's part of the reason he, I mean, people go, why did he welch on the bet? He didn't welch on the bet. In this email, he explains, I had saved up so that I could disappear for six months and not worry about money and just live off this money. And he's like, and I can't, I can't afford to take 15 grand of that out of here and send you guys to Paris. But he's like, I will totally send you guys to Paris. I will totally pay for this fucking thing when I get back, but I can't do it right now. And so that's the that's the theoretically what's going to happen is he's going to reappear around June. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like he said, six months. Well, we're, I, we're doing... I mean, he asked me if to do... Uh, this is not happening again, and I think that's shooting in May. Oh, so it'll be back May, earlier. May or June, May or June. And so, but how off the grid can he be if he's he's got to be in touch with the people to decide when they're nope. going to make more episodes? Nope. They don't know. But, they, but they're hoping to shoot in May. Justin Edinburgh's one of my favorite people. He's an agent over at CAA. And to watch him talk about Ari is fucking hilarious. He's been Ari's agent forever, and he just is like, I don't know. Can't fucking get the guy to work. Like he gets the guy to a place where he's selling theater tickets, and he just disappears and goes, "I don't give a fuck. This is what life's about for me. Going to Micronesia and get working my way through Asia and Europe until I come home." Like that's Mari. He's such a weird fucking person. <laughs> he came into the podcast, me, him, and Steve Bernasizi, and it, it took me, Steve, and my wife to All explain right. to him what a mortgage was. And then, and then the next day, when I told him that I had uh, refinanced my house to add on, put it on an addition, not this is told to me by Justin. He reached out to Justin and he goes, "You need to get Bert work. I know you're not his agent, but Bert is underwater. He owes more in his house than he has in the bank, and he you need to get him work. Please, please, please help him. He's got a family." And Justin goes, "Ari, it's called a mortgage. A lot of guys." Borrow money, that's so they can live in a house. And Ari's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand this mortgage thing the way I do. And Justin's <laughs> like, don't worry, Bert's fine. Yeah, Ari is just fucking, like, really true. Like, he calls me up to do this, uh, I want to say he called Leanne. I think he called Leanne and said, listen, Bert, it's like a really sweet heart of a person. He goes, Bert is doing too much television. By the way, there were like four people that pulled me aside during this period. And they were like, Bert's doing too much television. He's not doing enough stand-up. He's not hanging out with his friends. He, he needs to come to Calgary with me. And so Leanne's like, what, what for? And he's like, we're doing Stampede. We're going to do a show. It'll all be free. We'll pay for it. It'll all pay for itself. And Bert will walk away with some money. And Leanne's like, that does sound like a good idea. He's like a guy's weekend. So Leanne says to me, I think you should go to Calgary. And I'm like, are you serious? And then Ari fucking, we go to Calgary, and we have a fucking blast. We fucking partied so hard, and then he threw, he got way too drunk. He is not someone that should be drinking ever. Got way too drunk, threw up all over the place. We lost his body. We couldn't find him for, like, 24 hours. And then he just shows up, walks in, and he's like, can't believe you guys are worried about me. We're like, you disappeared. Yeah, Ari's a fucking fascinating guy. <laughs> have you ever done getting uh, this, get, uh, this is not happening? I did, but I totally regretted it. Why? Because... Oh, this is good to get this on the record because I just every time I see you know the uh, picture of me on that show, I'm always like, ugh, because you know Ari, <laughs> he's like, hey, you want to do my storytelling show next week? And I'm like, I don't really have any great stories ready to go. And he's like, just get up there and talk about any, just tell a story. It's no big deal. It's just yeah. it's loose. Don't worry about it. And then I go, and the two guys that go on before me have 
the tightest, most hilariously worked out yes. the machine style story. <laughs> and then I get up there and go, I was on a cruise ship once and I passed out naked. It's so dumb. Yeah. It so doesn't fit. I, I don't have punchlines. And I was just like but he was just—he just made it seem like it's such a casual thing. He did that, and then I get there, and you—you you have to pose for the opening title sequence, and I'm like, "This is a real show that's really gonna." And I got nothing. T.J. Miller went on before me, told his whole brain tumor story. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. It's a great fucking story. No shit like that's ever happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Ari said to to me, "We we did, I did one the very first first round he did that he was the pilot episode." That he shot to send to the Comic Central. It's me, Jim Jeffries, Bill Byrne, Eddie Ift. And so um, Ari goes, Can you go first? And he goes, Will you? And he's like, He tells everyone, Doesn't need to be a story. Doesn't need a story. And then he gets there and he goes, Will you just tell the Tracy Morgan story? By the way, this is the impetus of me and Jay Moore never speaking again. Right, right. This one day, is, and uh, he goes, Can you just tell the Tracy Morgan story? And I go, uh, Yeah, I can tell it. And he's like, Cool. So I go up, I tell it. It. I mean, I, I don't, I've never told it on stage ever, so I didn't know how hard it would kill, and it destroys. And I go back, and it's Jim, Eddie, and Bill Burr, and Eddie and all three of them are like, dude, we're, he said we could fuck around up here. Like, these are real stories? Like, I didn't know that I had to have a story. And I go, yeah, it's an old story. He goes, Jim Jeffries like, old story, my ass. That's the best story I've ever heard in my life. He goes, fuck you. So Jim Jeffries goes in. He goes next. He tells a story that is murderous about having a threesome with two girls with a fat girl. They're all doing coke, and it's so great. Eddie F. is like, I'm fucked. <laughs> Eddie F. tells a story about riding a bike in Amsterdam, and it tanks. And then Bill Burr, to his credit, just made up a fuck, like told a story on the fly, and it was so destructive. Like the, it was, it was about getting booked for a college gig, and it was so bad. And and it was so bad, and the girl that booked him was so shitty that halfway on stage of bombing, he thought, I'm going to fuck this girl. <laughs> I'm going to do everything in my power to fuck this chick. And so he goes, cut to, I'm back in a bunk bed, I'm banging her. And then and then the ending was, then we ended up dating for two years. <laughs> it was great. It was fucking great. I got to go. All right. Uh, wait, give us, give me. Thanks for everything. 15 seconds. 15 it's been great seconds. knowing you. Know, I'm going off the. 15 I'm seconds. going off the grid. <laughs> High court every night at midnight on Comedy Central. Starting. How soon is this going to plop? Next week, Tuesday night. Tuesday. This will be Tuesday. Yeah, I All release right. it Tuesday so everyone gets it Wednesday morning. But okay, it comes out Tuesday. So tonight, everybody, you can watch it at midnight uh, on Comedy Central, uh, eleven Central, and uh, and Mountain. And, um, yeah, it's on Monday through Thursday. I and can't wait, man. Whole month of shows, and then Comedy Central's going to decide if they want to make more or not. But I'm so proud of it. Really? I'm so happy with how it turned out that if for some reason it, it, we don't make more, it was uh, you know it was great to be able to get to do it. Yeah. Do it easily. Like, at, at Comedy Central, the pitch and the process was very easy. We didn't even do a pilot. They just... You know, greenlit the series. I fucking love Comedy Central. <laughs> I really do. I, I I feel like they're in I, they're in such a great place of making television right now. Everything they're putting out, I fucking love. Well, that's good. And um, you know, DouglasMovies dot com. And I mentioned that Wild West Comedy Fest because I'm hoping that the timing will work out that we're there at the same time and you can get the guests on Doug Loves Movies. Wait, when are you there? Are you there? I'm there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
I, I think that's me too. And then, okay. so like Douglas movies would be like Saturday afternoon. So that unless you, you know, have some sort of touristy thing you want to do that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can come come be a guest, and uh, we can have some more fun. Todd Glass, I used the Burt Kreischer approach to a guest on Todd Glass uh, last Saturday at Good Nights in Raleigh. Yeah. Where, like, the games are easy. Either you don't really need to know anything. You just have to speak the fastest. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, that seems and so then, much fun. And then uh, for the game at the end, uh, the – you know, each of the guests on stage got one person out of the audience to come help them. Oh, like it with you. so much fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, uh, Todd Glass uh, was hilarious. He didn't have to sit and worry about, oh, I don't know trivia. Yeah. He just got to be Todd Glass. And people were writing to me on Twitter saying it's one of the funniest episodes we've ever done. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm listening to that one. Where normally listeners would be irritated if a guest doesn't know anything about movies. Yeah. You know, or, you know... Uh, kind of implodes over that. Seriously. Every time I say seriously, Siri comes up. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just saying it just because you, you just noticed that in yourself and wanted to change. No, you... Seriously, you, XM. This is the best. This is my new way of uh, ending a podcast. I'll, I'll show you. In a okay. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to listen to that one. That one's you just released? Yeah, it was just, uh, oh, it was yeah. from last weekend. Well, everyone listen to the High Court, uh, watch High Court, listen to Doug Loves Movies, listen and watch Doug Getting Doug with High. Hopefully we can, I'll walk, I'll run up by my wife and see if she can greet okay, my, my wife. Girls. My wife. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate you being here, Doug. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, Siri. Turn on, it just fucking turned on. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. I'm still on tour. Atlanta, Phoenix. This week's guest, Steve Morrison from Preston and Steve, along with Doug Benson. As always, go to burpburpburp.com. Have a safe Fourth of July. Perfect. I'm recording. <laughs> there you go. I, I start. Oh my! Well, maybe you should turn the TV off. Yeah, yeah. Directly over your shoulders. Ben Foster is a fucking amazing actor. Yeah, he's great. What's he? He's acting. What's he upset about? Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, just listen to him. Uh, he's so over the top. Ooh, that was a great shot of her. Do you know that first shot was not... That was just purchased by Hefner, that classic, iconic Playboy shot of Marilyn Monroe. Oh, so it was purchased. It already it had already existed, and he purchased it, and, and he published it. That was the only that was the only difference. But it wasn't commissioned for Playboy. Seriously? Yeah. I always thought they shot that. No, no. The, my understanding is that was, that was purchased. He purchased that. Holy so, shit. I met Hef. Of course, that could be right out of my asshole, but but that's that's what I hear. That's the, uh, He looks amazing. Hef does? Amazing. Wow, man. Amazing. I've seen pictures where he's <clears throat> a string. They told me that I was did I did Andrea and Kevin's show. Do you ever do Andrea and Kevin's show? The Playboy Oh, show? Playboy Morning, yeah. yeah. I did Andrea and Kevin's show and we were on the on the um on the mansion play playground. Oh, fuck, I am so, so fucked up from last night. Dude, I can't even believe you're alive. I I am still fucked up from last night. It was, you were it was there. ridiculous. It was entirely, entirely, way too much debauchery. And Joe Flacco <laughs> showed up. 
Yeah, Joe Flacco was there. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> so those fucking crazy nights where you wake up, you're like, <laughs> Joe Flacco was there. So he was, was he just a, just just a fan who stopped by? Or, or I wouldn't just say a fan. I think he was dragged there by some people. Like he was there with a group. People. You know, he's from Jersey. Really? Yeah, yeah. His family's over in Jersey. He, yeah. Uh, he he was a big fan of Doug in the, in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. He liked you, didn't he? I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even do a stunt. I just, I just wandered. I, your guest. I wandered out while Bert was on stage, and we just talked for a while in front of the audience. <laughs> it was great. It was so much fun. That's it cool. Was, but yeah, but like, so fucking fun. But he was like, you know, I think I think that was Joe you know, Flacco. He kept and next to me, kept going. I thought he was saying Waka Flocka. <laughs> Waka Flocka Flame is here. <laughs> and he goes, he goes Flacco Flacco Flacco. And so I went out on. I went. I I went out to check and see if it was because he was standing out in front of the club with his people. And I went outside and I went, "Are you?" And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that's when you reach a, a level. It's something we talk about all the time because we're, we're, we're on, you guys are a lot more prominent because you're out, you know, more visibly. But when on, on radio, you know, uh, uh, let me let me really quick announce. Yeah, uh, introduce in the room. Sorry, introduce your guest for an explanation. It's the world's worst podcaster, <laughs> Benson and Steve. I don't even know your last name. Morrison. Steve yeah, Morrison. I know. I know. I know. It's just Steve, right? Steve from Preston and Steve. Well, that biggest, actually feeds into my story. That I'm the about. biggest yeah. show in Philly. The show it that is. sells out every fucking time you come to Helium. <laughs> Everyone, you know, these shows big when people know your call letters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's they're like, I listen on WM, you know, what? WMMR, WMMR, and I'm like, I go, what? And they're like, Preston and Steve. <laughs> well, I'm gonna make you feel good with with the uh, two ways here, right in, in our own complex, Greener Media, where we're broadcasting from people call Preston Steve and call me Preston so I mean we've, we've been there for many years and I'm bald and he has a full head of hair so still they can't get that down but uh, the thing about you know when somebody just says yeah when somebody comes to, are you and they already go yeah, yeah that's a level of celebrity that that we don't you know because I always think I did it one time and I thought what if that guy just thought I look like his cousin or yeah. or you know like like and I, I'm gonna look like such a fucking douche yeah I'm still not convinced that that was Flacco uh, yeah we had recon they were like he's got a Florida ID he's really tall tax purposes tax well, purposes he looks footballish does he not he will, they, I, but goes, football players I don't associate with tallness necessarily uh, largely they're big yeah. but big tall. everywhere that guy Tom Brady's tall as shit his hands are like fucking catcher's mitts and and uh, Joe Flacco I was someone Goes yeah, it's Joe Flacco, and then someone goes, which one? I go the six foot seven dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not the, not at the guys he's with, but they came back to the club. They came, they came back in after I went and did the hey, are you? And he didn't yeah. yeah. Uh, they got convinced to come back in, but then he, they didn't stay for very long. They right? left. I, I don't know. It was not an intimate type setting last night after the show. I have never seen. I love helium. I love playing there, but that bar is like my own private playground. After the shows, usually it's usually yeah. me and maybe a couple of people from the show and What's the staff. It was Bert gets the entire crowd to go out to the bar and continue to just drink and act like lunatics. Literally, they had they went through like two bottles of Jack Daniels. Wow. It was it was. Do I, you always? Take all your pictures with the fans with your shirt off. I have, yes, I did last. Not always, though. Not, no, you did always. with Courtney Love. Not, yeah, I did with Courtney studio. Love. I definitely yeah, did yeah. with Courtney Love. If it's someone famous, I'll take my shirt off in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but, uh, I know what happened was I my shirt was so wet. Doug came. Oh on yeah, stage. you were soaking wet. Doug yeah. came on stage and literally it was like it was like I said this. Um, some um, someone the wait staff. We were hanging out with the wait staff after everything was a little dodgy because I don't remember much of last night. But <laughs> everyone, right. I was hanging out with the wait staff last night and they're like they were like. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Tonight was an amazing night. And I was like, I was like, yeah, it really was great because we had pizza. That's why I thought they were talking about. Pizza. They're like Joe Flacco is in the back. Doug Benson just walked on stage, and you guys improv'd. I go, you guys improv'd? I sat there and giggled for fucking 30 minutes. <laughs> I, and, I, and I was laughing so hard, I started sweating profusely. And, I, and so I sweat through my shirt. And yeah, you were a mess. So, yeah, you so could yeah. see the, the, all these weird spots appearing yeah. on your shirt. You could see my nipples, so I was like, I'll just take it off. Yeah, yeah. I, but I definitely got a shirtless picture with Joe Flacco. Hey, well, did, Joe you, Flacco yeah. and, did you know that that, did you explain the procedure for that? Or did you I, asked him to take, I asked him to take his off. Okay. Probably didn't, yeah. <laughs> but wow. dudes who should take their shirts off never do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guys who have no reason to always do. I was over. I was wondering why they left so quickly because they came in and it was it was packed. I think there's too many, you know, too many people bugging him. Probably. Yeah, I think so. A lot of people started taking pictures with him once he. Uh, yeah. He's a good dude, from what I hear. But I mean, you, yeah, you he seems like, really nice. You get set upon, and, and that's it. You know, you're a little standoffish. So you think? He, yeah. Well, you think he'd say something about my set? He said to me, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing, no feedback. He said to me tell, when I went out and. Met him on the sidewalk. He said, "Tell the other guy, Sal Kalani. He's like, tell him that Sal's name. No, he didn't say that. I'm saying it for the sake of the story. He has no idea who you are. Tell Sal Kalani. Tell Sal Kalani. I love the uh, Cleveland Browns joke. I guess he did a joke about about the Browns, and well, that made his night. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so maybe he just didn't talk about football enough. And maybe, well, maybe he called you on your set if most of your set wasn't just listening to me say so. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that was it. So, he didn't even know you were the headliner. He thought you were some sweaty guy from the kitchen that was filling in until, until the stoner showed up. He must have called that guy up from the audience. That would be funny if after we talked for a while, I said, all right, Bert, I got this. And you left the stage and I finished your set. Hey, when I was 22, I got involved with the rest of me. I said, they go, I go, Doug, why don't you tell one of my jokes? Why don't you tell, I said, I think I said that. I don't remember. And then, and then I said. No, you said, you kept complimenting me on having jokes. You I kept saying, I wish I had jokes. I looked at him and he was so confident. And I was like, I'm just hoping something funny happens. But then I go, why don't you tell the machine story? And he goes, I've never been to Michigan. <laughs> I thought you looked up we were. So, I uh, thought you said tell the Michigan story. I've been to Michigan. <laughs> this is I don't know why show? I said that. The the show. Show. Right, yeah, so yeah. Gone. I had right. gone out. I, you know, I had my oh. 420 show yesterday. Yep. And I uh, started uh, hitting the, the booze and the smoke uh, before, during, and after that show. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I went, I'll see you guys later. And I went just went around Philadelphia and got more fucked up. And then, then came back to the club. It was a... 
It was, it, it, it was an know, arduous night of drinking. For years, though, we in this in the city there was not a club like Helium, and, and Helium has has reset the the bar because it's a legitimate comedy club, you know. Yeah. And now people love to come through town and play it. But I mean, yeah, I didn't before I was here. On. I'd ever I I would only play here if there was like some just some kind of random gig a, a, a few times. But yeah. since Helium's been been here, it's been my jam. I like playing here. I love it. Uh, oh, did you at least once or twice a year? No, no. I I, I grew up in New York, uh, but worked down here all. All the time for about 10 11 years i was doing stand-up and i, I did it a lot Seriously? down here yeah for the colleges down here yeah. it was like a boston thing so you'd yeah. be down here all the time and it was at that height where you know even ground rounds like comedy nights you know like uh so you'd be uh be doing that stuff and and uh i'd, I'd be down here all the time but for a good portion of my professional career i've worked down in philly and i friggin love it oh, I, yeah. I love the city and as I say, it's it's it has everything that I love about New York, with about two thirds less bullshit, where you can actually get yeah. to the things that you want to go experience. Rittenhouse Park over yeah, there yeah. Ooh, was so gorgeous awesome. yesterday. Yeah. I walk through it every time I walk to the club, and you just see everyone and like, and it's the weather's changed. Yeah, so everyone's in sundresses. All the girls have like pants like, at the top of their thighs. I'm so I'm like a fucking throbbing. Penis walking around the city, just going, "Holy shit!" Everyone looks fucking hot. Well, we we did a couple times on the show. We actually set up what we call the boob blind, where we had like a you know like an actual blind up because it's at that time of the season where it starts to change. And we put a whole bunch of uh, listeners and interns out there with binoculars, and 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 uh, we were used streaming it back because it's it's just oh. it's just phenomenal yeah. when the weather starts turning warm. For Christ's sake, it's it's mad, especially down where you were. Yeah, it's just glorious. Yeah, I just down the street corner going, "You're pretty." You're pretty too. Some girls from uh, your 420 show came walking by and recognized me. I wish I could remember her name right now. She was so fucking hot, and she and it's like the things that I notice, like when I put my arm around someone to take a picture, and, and they oh, had Randy, a baby. you like Randy? <laughs> <laughs> everything's very, very where it should be. Oh, everything's yeah, where it should yeah, be. Yeah. The arms are tight. Right, I'm right, like, right. Oh, she must do push-ups. Yeah, right, um, yeah, yeah. These tight arms. Did you hear my joke last night about Philly? Uh, I go there. Are very, I was. I go. There's very few cities. I go. I love this city. There's very few cities where the people that live in the city define the city. Yeah. And I was like, there's Rwanda, there's uh, Belfast, and there's Philly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it got a good. Line. Yeah. No, I wrote that joke in Baltimore. <laughs> Did you use it in Baltimore I too? In Baltimore. Baltimore scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore was such an intense city. I'd never seen like homeless people touching you. Really? They fucking hit somebody. I went in my head. You know, there's this like common decency. Like homeless people are not supposed to touch us. There's, you're, they're allowed to. Eat, right. You know? it's, it's like when like they jump Halloween out of you and I yeah, on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out. Right. They're not supposed Don't to worry. touch us. Don't worry. They're not legally. They, the homeless people can't touch you. <laughs> like you, there's a there's like an understood law that when they're they're like I'm killing motherfucker, stab him in the face, and you're like I know this is what homeless people do. He's not going to hit me. Well. Like, that when it transcends, it's just merely homeless and becomes homicidal. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. what happened in Baltimore. Like right. twice, once it was in the mall. I was like, "What is the homeless guy doing in the mall at the Doomy store?" Well, they, so. they, they do. They have that walking club in the morning. Yeah, they, so they, they walk right. <laughs> oh yeah, daily to me. So, so what? What? I mean, you were talking about this before we you know started recording, but Philly in the in the list of cities you love to play, it, it, it's way up there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, it's, I have a, a ball every time I come here. It's like fucking the, amazing. And like and it was funny there. There was like a little learning curve with Helium. The first two, few times I played there, it was kind of a, a rowdy room and, you yeah. know, just sort of a lot of people probably, no offense, New Jersey, but you, you know you know how you are. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, there's a lot of people coming from Jersey, and I just, it was like, uh, it felt like a New York comedy club, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, yeah. but it's, you know, evolved into now, it's just a place where, you know, people that live here that like comedy go, and uh, it's so, like, so the crowds are great, and yeah. they're very, uh, I mean, I guess part of it is that they're, now they're there to see me, whereas I used to, you know, when I first started playing there, I was the kind of headliner where a lot of people would come in they, not knowing what they were going to see. Yeah. You know, just come and let's go to the comedy club. You notice the point at which the transition became, they were just not simply going to a comedy club, they were coming to see you. Yeah, well, Super High Me certainly got me a lot of that, and then podcasting is just really taken to the next level, because I mention all my dates on my podcast, and so the, the people that listen come, and they're already, like, if they're listening to my podcast, they'll... You know, you know, it's like that that thing last night with us just standing on stage together. Yeah, it's like they're they're fine with that. Like that's yeah. not nobody's sitting there going, no, get back to the act, do your jokes. Yeah. You know, like they were having fun because we were having fun, and they're used to us talking to each other. Yeah, <laughs> their dialogue has changed. We're in our ears all the time. Their yeah. ears all the time. The you know? dialogue changed entirely. I I was told a story on the second show that Friday that I think was. I, th- I want to say it was just a story about, oh, it was, oh, my God, talk about, uh, <clears throat> um, Jesus, inside. get to it. There was, uh, I was <laughs> on the edge of my seat. I'm still fucking holding on by a thread. I took an Aspen Hiller hit. That's how hard we partied last wow, night. Wow. <laughs> the, uh, I, uh, I was telling the story about how Priscilla, my dog, um, I can tell how the interview is going to go based on how she greets the person at the door. Really? And yeah, because pe- the dog is, she's big as fuck, and so she, like, Ari, when she met Ari, she was like, oh, I'm not really cool about this. I'm not sure about this guy. <laughs> like, she was like, papers? I need his papers! <laughs> and, uh, but Bill Burr, she came over, and she was like, oh, yeah, with Marin. I said with Marin. I didn't even roll the dice. I put the dog in the house and walked around the <laughs> I was like, so I'm not going to fucking let Priscilla judge him. <laughs> well, he doesn't need it from a dog. Because the dynamic, we were talking about this when you're on the, when you're on the, uh, the show. We were talking yeah. about how, how the, the dynamic has changed. There is a, there's a podcast culture. Our podcast for the show happens to be really big. It, we jumped on it immediately, and the mindset was, "Well, you know, just put up ten minutes of an, of the of your, your you know your your favorite moment of the show." I'm like, no, 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 no. If people want to come and, and grab the show, Preston and I were of the of the, the same mind on this. Give them what they're looking for. So we put up almost the whole show. Yeah, it's you know it's just like uh, TiVo or whatever, right. but with radio, you can listen to it at your convenience if you. You know, some people don't have to get up early in the morning. And it reinforced the show itself. What happened was people started because, all right, so they had their show they were listening to that they liked, but they're more inclined to listen to a show out of the regular time. All right, let me check that. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that more than the show I listen to in the morning, and, and it's that around like that. For you guys, and we were talking about this, Doug, about, you know, now, uh, you know, as far as podcasts are in popularity level, I really think in, in this case, it's a case of who got to it first who got to it earliest, yeah. and who amassed the largest audience. Yeah. Because there are so many podcasts, yeah. you know? So to distinguish yourself, you got to have something else. And you have, and if you can tie, like Adam Carolla at the beginning, he got on it early. And, and so, you know, is his show the best? He got on it early and often because he also he, adopted yeah. the five-day-a-week strategy. Right, yeah, right, right. right. And I always, treating I always, it like radio. I always wonder if that, if, if two days a week... Like, I experimented with dropping two a week yeah, yeah, yeah. to see if that would keep my numbers higher. And did they? It does, but it's the same. I mean, it's not like I'm getting new listeners. Right, right, so right. So in my head, I was like, well, I'll just do one a week. 
Because that way I can space them out. So when I started shooting drip flip, I'll be fucking, I'll be like, oh, I'm screwed. I'll be interviewing my sound guy again. <laughs> so guys, let's talk to John Sales. John, what's it like living about, in the woods in Colorado? How about you just losing your mind in a hotel room, you know, like I, like, like, a, like a, a Martin Sheen. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Talk like if only he had a podcast. Yeah, yeah. If he had been great. He might not have gone up the room for I don't Don't think I haven't taped a few guys. Yeah. <laughs> Your next podcast will start with Saigon. Shit. It would. I would get. I would get. I. I literally. I tried. I tried a number of. I would did one on my on my treadmill where yeah. I hooked up mics to my treadmill and I walked and I talked because I think really good when I walk. Yeah, yeah. Like when I walk at like a three, and my brain kind of floats. So I did the one like that. Horrible. I did one where I was like, let's see if I get drunk. If I really spew some genius. Oh, horrible. I did one with my kids. Horrible. I could not. I. It's. It's better. I have a better conversation with people that I know. Like I can do yeah. this, but I, 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 but I'm, yeah. How, how many how many podcasts have you ever as can have, have, have I ever just recorded and said no? That ain't making it. No, I love his I love his radio no, expression. S can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we could say we could fucking Holy say yeah. can. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he said friggin' earlier too. Like he's yeah. got he's got them all down. Got to watch it. And it's, we we explode during the commercial breaks. That's where we let loose. People. Say, oh, how do you how do you keep from cursing on the air? And then we'll we'll tell people say so it, it, during the commercials it might get a little uh, might get a little heavy. But do you, it's you a have, switchy when, flip, you know. When you have sex, you're like like oh your your pee is so good. I think I'm gonna see all over your B. <laughs> <laughs> you know what don't end your C. What I do like about it though, and it, it's it's the difference between that and uh, and uh, say like a satellite or, or or just a podcast where you yeah. where you're generating the content specifically for the podcast, is that I do I do in a bizarre way dig having a line to cross. Where you and you know you'll say something. Yeah. And, and, you, and you know, everyone will have that look on their face, and that's why I, uh, the, the the thing I've worked out, and Preston and, and the other members of the show, will say it. You dump it if you need to, but if we have to live in fear of saying it, then it's going to just have things up. So, yeah. You know, sometimes if it's just carte blanche. Yeah. You know, there's no it's, line to cross. Well, it's neat because uh, it, it allows you, like, if I have a joke in my head that's dirty. Yeah. I will. Uh, I will. <laughs> Well, the way you were slaloming around, you were on the show, you know, yeah. and, and you were you were talking about something that everyone could commiserate uh, with, and you were looking for that that way to spin it around and, and yeah. hold it up so that it would make it through, and, and you did it. Was and fun. It was fun to funnier. watch. Yeah, it was funny. One time I was on, I had that joke I tell on stage. I don't know if either of you saw it or have heard it, but where I talk about my wife farting during oral sex, mm-hmm. and I was on my buddy Cowhead's show. Do you know Cowhead? No, no. He's a great guy. You love him. Yeah. He, so I was on Cowhead's show. And I was like, and I told that on stage, and he was like, I love that bit. I wonder if there's a way you can tell it. And I go, well, yeah, I'll just say she farted on my chin. And he goes, no, that's a little too there. <laughs> like, we know where you are when you hear that. Yeah, it's, it's, but, but it's weird because we just say, we'll say, and there, there are four dump buttons around the uh, the, the, the um, complex. So it's the uh, the music director, the, the yeah. assistant program director, the program director, and then there's uh, maybe three then. Uh, but uh, they can all grab it. But it's it's just to me it's it's kind of cool to have a line to cross, you know. Yeah. Because I remember years ago, before any of this, you know, we had the the ability to just you know curse, and it was not an issue. I remember when I'd hear something get through on the radio, I'd hear something that I thought was pushing the boundaries. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. Oh we, my god! You you said that I thought was really interesting when we were on the show. It was in between the shows. You're like, yeah. It's Ryan here, and I had a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's interesting the guys who do podcasts come on radio with podcast tempo. Yes. And then guys that have done radio know how to get out of pod and do, now do podcasts know how to get out of it and do radio tempo and switch on up. It, there, yeah. there, there is a difference. Pod, yeah. Podcast tempo is is, uh, and I mean like this this to me is is feels comfortable to what we do on the air. But there, like yeah. for example, I think we've had a, a couple people in who have you know successful podcasts and they're great. However, they're, they're in a much more. I think their podcast might get me recorded you know Friday nights at eleven candlelit yeah. room like a Stevie Nicks. Uh, you know, living room set up, and I'm, uh, it's a lot more relaxed, and it's, it, it, they don't know how to switch it for morning, because our tempo is, you know, we the one thing we do try to do is do the forward momentum. So Yeah, I, I remember doing podcast, uh, the initial podcast. Do you remember Jason Nash? Yeah. Jim, remember, he's still around. Do you remember his podcast? Guys with Feelings? Guys with Feelings. I remember doing Jason Nash's podcast, or, like, this is uh, got to be 2004, and uh, and I was doing it with radio tempo, and it would like, and I, Jason was like, I remember Jason was like, it's great, you're doing great, but I feel like we don't know when to talk. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like radio. How's it fucking rap? Well, that's the thing. Also, as a comic, you uh, when you go on some radio shows, they you you feel that pressure that they're that they're going to step all over you and not let you say anything. Yeah. So you kind of like you know sort of end up taking control. You know, you pull like a Bobby Slayton or Adam Carolla or something, where you just sort of you just fucking do all the talking and yeah. Or or what happens is the thing we don't like to do is the is is just you know you, you know you guys come on our show it, it's. We're just going to talk. We don't need, you know, yeah. we don't need the... Um, oh, yeah, uh, but you don't say, uh, what jokes can we set you up for? Right, 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 right. You know, like like Byron Allen on Comics Unleashed. <laughs> so, you drive a vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the other day I... <laughs> You've been in a fight. Yeah, Byron with a black guy. Let me tell you that story. He did not see that coming. He was like, huh, huh, what? <laughs> so, Bert, you like circus food. <laughs> Wait, um, God damn it, I wish my brain was working right this morning. I want to say something real quick while you take your yeah. next thing. Um, <laughs> we were out at Hershey Park uh, doing a remote, oh, so yeah. I, want, I want people to listen to it because it was so much fun, and, and they can just find that episode of Preston and Steve and, uh, you know, on iTunes where our shows are. If they listen to this, they'll know how to get to that. <laughs> and um, You want to you go in, click subscribe. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But it was so funny because they did, they, there's all these people gathered around uh, the, the booth, and it was early in the morning at, at Hershey Park, and the roller coasters are going, and it's, it's a super fun environment. But there's lots of kids around and stuff, and they did, they did a giveaway. Uh, they gave away tickets to the Stones or, or Rush or something, and uh, the guy who won the tickets on the phone... 
loud enough for everyone standing around here goes, Oh my fucking god! Screams <laughs> it. It was so, and they hit the dump button for the broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens? And well, it'll be dumped on the podcast too, because that's too much trouble to go through and uh, yeah, do, do, take the dumps out. Is they just do it on undump it? Yeah, yeah, undump it. Yeah. So when you listen to it, that's what that guy but said. But you just peg Doug. The main reason we have we have we're really good. So we rarely ever have is that we slip. It's when you have someone the genuine excitement. The dude won a four pack of Stones tickets. Yeah. Everyone yeah. Chuckle, even our boss is there. It's like, listen, the guy was ecstatic. Yeah, it was yeah. like, he was yeah, ecstatic. everyone was real nice yeah. about it. I remember the days like when I was younger and calling in to radio stations and trying to win and stuff. How like the DJs would get, uh, you know, they get agitated with yeah. people swearing. You know, they'd really like chew people out for it. it like, I got, I got chewed out by Man Cow. Man Cow. What'd you say on his show? Nothing. Uh, nothing. The first time you said I'm buddies with Cowhead, I was like, you're buddies with that guy? Because <laughs> I thought you meant Man Cow. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't see you guys getting along so great. Is, is, is Cowhead is, uh, I assume that's a, that's a, uh, uh, his real name is Michael, Mike Calta. Yeah, Mike Calta. He's, but he's got a big head. He used to work for Bubba the Love Sponge. And oh, Bubba, okay. Bubba called him Cowhead. Oh, I do know him. Yeah, yeah. No, I do know him. Yeah, yeah he were, he's down in Tampa. Yeah. He's a, he was the first guy to ever... Um, I did I did stand up. I was on the road and I was featuring. And uh, he reached out. He went on his air. He was like doing sports talk radio. Right, he knew right. Nothing about sports, but he wanted to show. And he said, "I saw this guy last night on stage. He was my favorite guy I've ever seen do stand up. I want to get to know him." And my my dad's oldest secretary was listening and called in and then gave him my number. And That's I was like, cool. James Bird, I work for his dad. Call him. And I was taking Leanne to the dentist. And Leanne has a fear of dentists, like a real dad. Right, right. And I was supposed to be, and, and they call him, and like, you're on the air. And I was like, oh, Dave. I was, I was young. I was like, hey. And then I became friends with him, and I've been friends with him ever since. And now he, and now it, it's paid off in spades because he's got the biggest show in Tampa. Awesome. So, awesome. So, What'd you do to Man Cow? Uh, I said something, and <laughs> great story. I said something, and he just he, first, it gets all, first of all, first of all, you know what? It, no, like, I'm thing. not shitting on Man Cow, but I, I, anyone that has done any comic that's done the show knows, and he knows exactly what he does. He does everyone's mics are off. Yeah, so, it's, and he doesn't let you talk. Yeah, and he, he'll like give you a, a snippet. He'll give you a moment, like a like yeah. you're like you're a drop. Yeah, is that right? My mic was. I didn't all, know. So, so yeah, he's got all these noises. He's got all these. There's all these noises and music. Like I've done it like twice, and he's got like you know bong hit sounds going the whole yeah. time, and you know silly you know pop songs and stuff. And it's just like I will, I will, oh, I man. will, um, I will say this: if anyone is listening and wants to, it's not drama. I'm just. This is my critique to Man Cow. Man Cow, it's really <laughs> difficult to do your show because. When I start speaking, no one can hear that. So you're missing my first few words of my sentence until he realizes I'm speaking and turns my mic up. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done it over the phone? <laughs> I did I did a phoner with him. I'm like, I'm like, what am I even listening to? What's happening? I didn't speak. I swear to God. I just, I felt like I was, I was, I was I just, just like laughing at things he was saying and noises he was show, making. His show's great. Everyone loves it. And, and you do well enough for his audience likes the way he does it. Sure. But it's really difficult to do as a comic because you go to say something. So I got dumped on something that he didn't even, my audio wasn't even up. And then he, he I think I said, uh, I think I said, uh. I want to say I said like uh, maybe I said dildo. I don't know. Dildo not dildo wouldn't fly. Not and he was like, well the difference was and I do I was empathetic towards this. He was paying for all his own fines. Oh, so he was like, that's not good. Right. Yeah, and so he I feel, I'm sure if you have a two hundred thousand dollar bounty yeah. on your head, you're like, right. hey asshole, right? Yeah, yeah. let's keep it G rated. So uh, yeah, and you should have said I said Bilbo, the <laughs> Bilbo. Lord of the Rings <laughs> reference. It was funny because I did the show and then I got done. I didn't really do well. I thought, yeah. And then we uh, all hung out after the show, and I told him about my uh, about. I started telling 
stories. And he was like, why didn't you tell this on the show? I was like, I wasn't allowed to talk. Yeah, how can you tell a whole story? Yeah, it, it, that was a tough. It's, it's, a, it's a very different show it's, than, than uh, your show. Your show is, like, extremely user-friendly to comics. You come in, no one, like, I've never, I, and, and, like, I came in, the first time I came in, I was completely unknown to you guys. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, I think, welcomed me back for the next day. But you guys, there was no, like, <sighs> who's this guy? Like, that energy is... You know what the mindset is? And it goes back all the way. And I was just watching a, uh, a documentary on him. And I always reference uh, Carson. Like Carson's deal is, man, come on in. You remember, like, in, yeah. when they used to panel? Yeah. Shine, man, because in Carson's um, mindset was, if, if someone comes in and tears it up, and we want to give you a platform to tear it up, Every day, later on that day, people say, "Did you hear the Preston and Steve show? Did you see Carson last?" You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's it only benefits, and if we can have a good symbiotic trade-off, terrific. Yeah, you know, I mean, but the casual thing—it's it's something we had to work up to, but we're not beholden to any hard breaks. You know, we can we can take it as long as we want. We can go forty. Yeah, I, that's the other thing minutes. is I I got I, I you always I always felt like like how long is this going to go on? Because I'm like waiting for someone to go. Wrap it up. No, yeah. I mean, we can get a nice, chunky break. Uh, you know, the, there is basically what happens. Just as long as the spots of the purchase get in within the hour that they've been promised, yeah. you know, we have to obviously want to make sure that the, the clients are paying for the whole thing. You want to make sure that the, you, you treat them properly. But if the entertainment's good, and it's, it's, I mean, the Courtney Love thing, you were in the studio just oh. recently for that, and that was, she went on and on. Oh, people can go listen to that one, too. Yeah. yeah there was Love. no way we were going to stop that. Oh, that was and great. honestly, you know, because she's like... You know, the thing is that we could say we. I'm a, a legitimately was a was a fan of some of the stuff. But she's been she's oh. been difficult. But I, there are some shows I know that just like to just target and just fucking. They're going to tear it up. They're going to they're going to just absolutely eviscerate the person. So you get six minutes before they storm out, or you sort of work with it and see what you can get. And she was she got she had some pretty damn good stuff. Yeah. Especially about how she she got the role in in a uh, um, People versus Larry Flint about. She had been on heroin. She had, was doing everything, and she got off it for the movie. She was auditioning for us. And they gave her a handler not to fuck and, around. And, and what did she, she pay in the movie? Off. She paid them off to, yeah. so she can fuck Ed, Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It was yeah. a great interview. You gotta get it. Go get it, guys. I'm President Steve. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. So. I'm drinking more coffee. No oh, problem. Good idea. Um, what, um, what, was that? what was that? God damn it. I wish I... God, fuck... See, that's the beauty of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing is really user-friendly about your show, which I've never really witnessed anywhere else, is all your names are on the mic. Yeah, that yeah. It makes it so fucking easy. Pressing Because you feel like that. you're part of the family. That's so smart. It's a lot to ask someone to come into the studio, and this is, and you know, here's a five-person cast. Remember all our names now. Yeah. Uh, you know, so Preston came over the eye, and let me tell you, it's been, especially when you have someone who's a pretty heavy celebrity come in, and they're calling you by the first name. It's good. It doesn't matter whether they remembered it or not. It, it sounds like they did, and that's all you want, you yeah. know. But it's uh, yeah, good. I'm glad you said that because we could get a lot of good response from. Um, uh, it's a fun show to do. I mean, I, it's one of the few that I that I still do. I don't I don't really get out of you know get out of bed and go to radio yeah. anymore at all. There's not much. Uh, there's not um, radio. I'm a, actually oddly enough, I'm a really big fan of radio of the of of all the. Like I will sit on my online and just Google radio drama, radio gossip, old awesome. radio interviews. I love that. It's, shit. it's great. And yeah. what, what do you think? What 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 catches your fancy about it? What do you find the most intriguing about radio? About radio, um, I oddly enough, like one of the my my thing I li will listen to all the time. I will listen to this almost I say once a month because I always go back to it. Is uh, 
the day Ron Bennington and Ron Perez, Ron, Ron, Ron Diaz uh, from Ron and Ron in Tampa broke up on the air. Oh, really? Yeah, I listen to that. I like I like those ones that are either that or like amazing interviews. I listened to Daniel Tosh did uh, some small podunk radio station and he took it over and it was he destroyed. I love like good stuff like that. I listen to some old O and A stuff with like uh, with like Patrice when Patrice or like Louis is in the studio. Patrice is great. Yeah, Patrice was the fucking best. I mean, we had him on our our show a, a number of times, and there was a guy who would come in and he would. Um, uh, you know, he would just lay it bare, and he was not. I mean, and he, oh, had, he just yeah, he's great at just like he can uh, sit there and throw insults at like yeah. absolute strangers. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yet, and yet he would, and, and we were like, it's always fun though. We need to be insulted by him. This man, come on! But you know, yeah. he, he would start. He, he was giving us some crap, but you know, they come in, and and you, and maybe it was the first time you came in, Bert, or, or as uh, you dug as well. Um, you know, everyone's like, you, you, there's sort of that sort of, uh, you know, pirouette around each other. What, are these guys going to be douchebags or, yeah. you know, are they, you know, what are they going to want? And then, and then you find that common ground and, and, and it works. But I mean, we, we, we're always fighting a, a sort of a, a Sisyphus bold up the, uh, the, the mountain battle against experiences that other people have had at other shows. Uh, like if you get, yeah, it, they come in with a chip on their shoulder. Like, uh, here we go. Yeah. Cause I, my, my they, you know, you guys, you know, you were probably familiar enough with my career that, yeah. that, that you were able to talk to me and make me feel comfortable. But like, uh, a lot of times when you go on morning shows, you can, you can see them looking at your IMDB page two seconds before the interview starts yeah. just to get something to talk to right, you about. Right, right. Cause they have oh. no idea who you are. Bert, I loved you on last coming standing. And I was like, I was on two episodes, and I got kicked off. I didn't make it to the finals. Like, right. I, if you remember me on that comic, right, right, yeah. you were produced it. Like, <laughs> or they're thinking of the other that that parody show you did on Comedy Central. Yeah. It's it's interesting because that's what, that's the other thing people would say to me all the time. Uh, they still do. Uh, I voted for you on Last Comic Standing, and I don't say to them, "You're a liar," or yeah. "You're remembering it wrong," because they couldn't vote for me. Right, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't make it to the point where America started voting. I got kicked yeah. out in sixth place. I, oh, you know what I get? But they're, they're just being nice when they say that. They're trying to. I voted for you. Yeah. No, you didn't. I mutter as I walk away. <laughs> but, but, but still, it, it, you, you at least they're they're sort of extending a. You know, yeah, they're friendly yeah, about they're it. Trying to be friendly about it. I, you were you were saying the other day we were talking because one of the other yeah. things I'm obsessed about is radio uh, beefs. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like the the that one of the things that I was that I can get into and I'll watch. But it's so interesting because I'm sure that a lot of the radio stations I do have beefs with each other, but I am so oblivious to it because I'm afraid to go in and be like I don't want to be one of their boys or one of their. You know what I mean? You know so what like, happens? It, it, it's in the and it's funny because people will try to get it going and they'll think it's the days. Of you know when when Howard was, uh, you know when when Howard like came into Philly and, and John DeBell, who's a great guy by the way. I, t- I brought this station. up. Have you ever heard this? The the John DeBella Howard Stern. Uh, I think so. But tell uh, it, it, tell it, it anyway. It, it was it was one of the the, the classic battle royals. So something that later, from what I understand, you know, really troubled, you know, Howard as as far as the, the way that that he he was uh, interacting with uh, with with uh, John. Uh, John's a great guy, and and I you know I certainly grew up you know listening to and loving Howard you know uh, and and uh, he created a kind of radio that that a lot of people including our show benefits from, but uh, those those battles I think were born more the fact that you know those in those days you had uh, a couple of network channels you know and shows like uh, Mash and Shears could get seventy shares and eighty yeah. shares and it was sort of the same with radio you know and and like our. 
the, the days of huge contentious battles between shows just doesn't exist because right now everyone's battle is really with the iPod and with and with um, uh, um, you know all sorts of other yeah everything's so content. it's such a niche audience too that it's like you know it's not yeah. you know each person's kind of their thing their thing that they would like is out there and it's they can, and they can find it and have it it's yeah I wish yeah. you would well dude it's right there you just go, just go do a search and you can listen you can listen to Puppy Radio all you know go get it uh, I just heard oh did you hear that same exact no. uh, podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's, no. Actually, there's uh, a pup cast. No, there's no there's cat cast. Cat cast. Mark Maron started, <laughs> and then Brian Redband goes, "I had a cat cast with Joey Diaz." I'm like, "What are the odds? Two people have fucking cat podcasts. Cats. Yeah, podcast. Cat. yeah, that's yeah." It. And then uh, on NPR, they told a story about a guy who started a whole TV channel about puppies, like just that, and, yeah, yeah. and it was this idea that he had, but it didn't get off the ground. The John DeBella stuff was fascinating to me because I'm looking, I'm Googling old radio beefs or watching, like, listening to shit, and it said something about Howard and John DeBella, and I went, I know John DeBella. Like, I do a show when I go into Philly. And I was yeah, I've like, done it too. And I was like, it was in, I mean, it was next level, like, in Santa, I so badly wanted to bring it up to him and ask him on air because that's the kind of radio I want to do. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that story. But then I, apparently, I mean, he's actually back. he actually was and and hopped over and 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 Howard had asked him to go over and do some stuff for. Uh, there was a sort of a uh, um, uh, an on air uh, history of Howard and, and John graciously went and did. And I think that really, from what I understand, I'm, I'm speaking from what I've just heard. Yeah, but that it, it touched Howard a, a great deal because there was a high level of viciousness and um uh, you know and stuff going back and forth and it, it's just it's just weird because you know at that point you know you have people get passionate about things but now there's just there's just such a glut yeah. of entertainment that speaks to whatever you want that's why honestly with us and and, and, and on a terrestrial level and it's what MMR you know our station does live and local we're we're about this area you yeah. know and uh, the whole the whole mindset and what, what actually spurred that on with uh, the whole that, that whole fight years ago or that whole battle was the syndication was the big thing. You'd be syndicated and you'd be in major markets. And now when a show is syndicated, unless you know there, there are very few um, few uh, examples I can even think of out there. If they're syndicated, they're syndicated to uh, fourth level, fifth level markets, and it's more yeah. just a cost saving thing because yeah. what 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 has done that in is streaming. Yeah. Any you can listen to our show from around the world. Yeah. And yeah. in dash streaming capability in the car is right here. If I'm up early in LA or 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 late as the case is sometimes, I'll just go on, you know, 
WMMR.com or whatever yeah. and, and just hit the listen live thing. Yeah. And, I and also, you've you got the hottie cam, so you can... <laughs> You can, you know, you can click on that, and, you know, it's kind of cool to see some, at least part of the studio, yeah, something yeah, yeah. that's going on. There's always cute girls it's holding, almost like cool. holding it's up almost signs. Like listening to your friends uh, kind of talk, and you're like... Yeah, well, I'll listen, especially if I know that, like, if I know you or Todd Glass or somebody's going to be on, that's, yeah. it's fun to listen, and, and, and to text the... Pr- I was texting you trying to get you to say something. I said hi, I said hi to Courtney Love. I go... She had no idea who I was. She goes, uh, yeah... Really interesting because as soon as I said, "Hey, Doug Benson says hi," she got really close to my face, and I hadn't brushed my teeth yet. And I was like, and I was like backing off, trying right, not yeah. to let her smell my whiskey on my breath. And she was like, she was like, grab me by the cheek. She goes, "Doug Benson, Doug Benson, how do I know him?" And I said, "Super high me." She goes, "Doug, Doug, I know, no, what does he play?" I said, Com- "A microphone, just comedy." Yeah, yeah. She was like, "Doug, I, do I yeah, know she him? just didn't know what universe this name is coming from, but but she." You know, she approached me one time. That's why I said say hi to her because she's she's spoken to me and spoken to me by name. Really? But you know, she's she's, she's, she's been through a lot. In the morning, <laughs> yeah, like. and it was early in the morning. Yeah. yeah but, uh, but if I was sitting there, maybe she would have put it together. But uh, she came up to me in a bar and was like, kind of gave me a hard time for something that she's, uh, you know, thought I said on VH1. You know, back in the oh, really? like best week ever days. I said I probably said you know I had like a standard joke I used about a lot of recording artists that had problems. I would say, hey, did you hear Courtney Love's getting back together? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it might have been something like that. That's a great fucking joke. <laughs> you hear Courtney Love? Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's a great <laughs> well, joke. it was also Wyland from Snow Devil Pilots yeah. and uh, yeah. Britney Spears. I got to say it about her for a while. <laughs> I'm waiting for the next one to come along. <laughs> it's, it's wild because when you have, and you'll have people like that. You know, I'm sure you guys have. You know, you, you have your shows. Who? Who would you consider a get? Who would you, Bert? Oh my God! Who would who would would be just? I can't fucking believe that he or she is here on my podcast. Oh, um, because everyone has one. I, I, you know, I, I know mine, right? Oh, uh, probably. Well, I, I try not to think about it because I just like I like that I have the people that I do have, yeah. and you know, and and there's always new crazy things that happen. Yeah, you have, you have someone though. I run yeah. into I run into that I problem so. too because I'm afraid. Like I I'm afraid uh, that I'd get someone. Like I would love to talk to Chris Rock. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, only because. Like I got Bobby Flay, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is like the first time I'm getting like a straight up celebrity." What I find is that I also then get nervous around them. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. not the casual conversation, right? And you're not going to be a, you're, you're going to be silly in a in a in a weird way as opposed to just a yeah regular Burt way. I calmed down with Bobby, and I was fine talking to him. And I was like, "Okay, I, I guess I can do that." I would love to talk to Chris Rock. I guess I would love to talk to the. Um, I think that's it, really. I love that mine's not one-on-one. Cause right, that right. that that's, oh, yeah. that would be hard for me to do with you don't, you don't some think people. You do that? I, I, I think you could. I think you have the wherewithal. You're probably more comfortable in, in your the dynamic of the, the panel, the way you have it. But I, I yeah, think, and it just it's, it's someone just, who's it's easier to just you know kind of let things happen and then swoop in and move the show forward. Where it's you, where it's just you back and forth with somebody. You got to be ready with your next question. Right, right. And that aspect of interviewing doesn't appeal to me. What I learned to do, though, Wait, can, it, I, it, can I, I tell you real quick? Yeah, Chris <laughs> Rock's a horrible idea because Priscilla's never seen a black person, and that would be a fucking nightmare if she didn't like black people. And that's how it started off. Oh, you don't fucking Priscilla's never seen anything but like white people white and a couple of Asians. Yeah, yeah. Well, dogs are colorblind, so they see when they see a different. Oh, okay. I'm making this up. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are such things as white dogs. You know that, that dogs are trained to attack. 
It was used to be quite a common thing. Really? In, his, in the South, they were saying, you know. They were saying to attack white dogs, white, white people? people yeah, oh, yeah. black people, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was wondering if perhaps you. No, no, There's no. There's a whole movie a about it, right? Like called White Dog or something? Or? Seriously? I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about a white. That's exactly what it's about. Oh, yeah. no, anyway, I, they had trouble releasing it, I think. There was like there was issues putting it out. Yeah, it's like was, the, the canine American. It's pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess it's easy to train them not to like a certain race. I just, I just, she's big and she looks scary. And so everyone that, if you don't, are comfortable. You could put that dog in another room, could you? Oh, Chris Rock is walking through the fucking, <laughs> through the driveway in a heartbeat. Yes. If I'm gonna, Priscilla's <laughs> going to go into the groomers for the day. Right, right. <laughs> You'll even, uh, you know, get the squirrels out of there yeah. in case Chris Rock has squirrel issues. Yeah. Yeah, I might go to his house. <laughs> the, uh, wait, okay, go back. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go back. Who would be your get? Oh, you know what? For for the longest time, it would have been Steve Jobs. It would still be, I could still have. Oh, I didn't know we could go there. Bill, Bill Gates. <laughs> but right now, it'd be Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. I think Clint Eastwood has... Clint Eastwood and, and Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. You're talking storied Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, Clint Eastwood, had, you know, started in, in D-level movies. Longevity of the career was the, the mayor of, uh, what, Carmel uh, for, for a long time. He's had, you know, the history. And then he's a revered director now and, and, and jazz. And he's got all this crap going on. But he also seems like a dude who gets it. He gets himself. Yeah. When someone comes in, to me, one of the, the best qualities someone can possibly have is the ability to be self-deprecating. That that's a to me that is a complete okay. Let's go. You but know? do you really need him coming in there and talking to all the empty chairs in the room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know I know that that moment. But he's got, you got to figure just the history. You know. Yeah. yeah. Steve Jobs would have been it. Bill, you talking if you're talking those two guys, you're talking guys who basically changed the world. You know, and in yeah. both cases, pretty much out of their garages with what they started. Yeah. Uh, Jobs is going to be a harder get at this point. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying. That those are people. But, and you talk about that that nervousness thing. I have to say that um, you know that that has. You get nervous because you don't want you know if you're if you're a fan you don't want them to be a dick you know and because because ah yeah. oh, don't fuck this up. But the amount of prep that you do, I think, makes. Uh, makes the difference, you know. I do not if you just have, yeah. If you just know them backwards and forwards as much as you can, then you're gonna. You, know. you were prepared for Courtney Love, yeah. Because yeah. like I was like, I remember sometimes you go in those things and and it's like a group interview and everyone interviews and I was like, I was like in my head I was like, oh I should think of a question to ask Courtney Love and then you were like fucking on it and yeah. I was like, oh shit, I guess. And then all I could do is when she'd when you'd ask a question. And she'd answer it. I could think of the worst question to then ask her. Right. So like, so like she said, so what now? She goes, well, I'm writing a book. And my next question was, fiction or nonfiction? Coloring? And then also any time she had a fucking, like a horror, like I just, uh, so I. Do you know what happens though? And it's something that you have to learn. It's, and you watch the people that do a great job of it uh, in the interviewing process. It, it, it's either an interrogation or a conversation. And and if you're on the phone, they tend to be more like ten questions. Yeah. You know, if you, they're in the studio, it's a conversation. They she just said she said something about writing a book. Well, I want to hear more about this book. You know, yeah. you know, flesh it out. You know, that's and, funny. You know how my brain works. Oh, I'm writing a book too. Let me tell you about my book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you talk at all during her interview? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He was. He was Because that's I love when I you know every once in a while you get lucky and you're just in in studio somewhere on a show like that and somebody awesome comes in and uh, I, I always uh, you know try to force myself in there at some point. Yeah, I definitely was. I definitely jumped in. But I've been on shows where they where the host will go. 
don't talk to you know don't say anything during this yeah. during this whole segment and I'm just like well I gotta sit here and yeah. no, not no, say no. anything what's no. the point it, 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 <laughs> and that, that to me if, if you you were you were a fan yeah hang out yeah. Hang out and participate it's, you it's for Christ's sake it's not as if you haven't conducted a, an interview of your own yeah I was on Corolla once and uh, when we had the morning radio show and J uh, J Abrams called in to talk about uh, Cloverfield. And I saw Cloverfield the night before, but I saw it. I, I was one of those things where I just I probably shouldn't even have gone, but I they you know uh, I wanted to see it before you know having yeah, this yeah. conversation with J.J. Abrams. But I I went hungover, like really hungover, like probably one of the worst hangovers of my life. Oh. And that movie is all steady can you know it's all handheld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's all T.J. Miller's characters filming everything. And uh, T.J. Miller's in fucking Cloverfield, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, he's the character who's got holding the camera, so you just hear him a lot. You don't, oh. you don't see him. You don't see him unless he catches a, unless he catches a mirror or something. You okay. Know? In, in, in a couple of scenes, you see him in the in the early going, I think. By the way, but, I love that movie. Love. I've never seen it. But it, but it was like I, I have, I've never gone back to it because it was such a miserable experience. Like watching that movie, it was at the beautiful, the huge theater, the Paramount lot, and the, and the sound was really loud, and I just like I felt like I was going to throw up the entire the entire time. And uh, and so I probably shouldn't have said that to J.J. Abrams the next day. I was like, all that all that handheld camera work made me sick. <laughs> I was Thank too, you. I was too hungover. Yeah, and he's like, oh great. Well, I'm calling in to promote that that, that you know it opens today, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just you know I was just trying to be honest, but also thought it might be you know funny to uh, to talk about it. But he yeah. sort of sort of shut that down pretty fast. I didn't realize what a wonder boy he was. I read something about him online. They're saying that he was the fucking man. Like, he was the man for everything. Oh, yeah. Like, he was the go-to. They'd hire the, this kid. I guess he's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I picture him looking like uh, like Tom Cruise. I don't know what he looks like. But like no. Oh, uh, J.J. Abrams? No, yeah. not Tom Cruise. No, he's got glasses, and he, he, he looks... Like he could be think a, of a, an executive or a director uh, or whatever. If there was a show called uh, uh, Young Eraserhead, he has got that kind of his hair goes up. Oh, a little bit. okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But he's really, uh, really entertaining fellow. Like he's really smart and you know can talk about anything. That that speaking of gets, he'd be great on, he's a, on we, Douglas we, movies. We've had him on, and he's 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 a you know he's a pop culture dude. He knows his stuff. He also really? converses, knows how to sell it. Um, you know, and it's you love people who love to talk about whatever they're working in. You know, yeah. they, they don't seem bothered by it. It's it's something I was told to me um, uh, from by the president of Travel Channel when I first started working at Travel Channel. She said, when you go out and you interview these people, seek out the passionate people. Yeah, yeah. your job will be so much easier. And it's true. Anyone that has passion about, I like to interview Malcolm Gladwell, the guy who wrote uh, um, he wrote all those books, what the dog saw and. Uh, He's, oh, he's, a, he's an economist, and apparently I'm a co an economist too. Right. Because I love when stats prove a point. I've never I, read any, but I'm familiar. Oh with my name, God, yeah. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with him. He was the, like the one that really changed. I was like the beginning of it, and he was explaining uh, the factor that you people succeed by sometimes just where they live, and that Bill Gates just happened to live blocks away from the only place in the entire Northwest that you could find computers to work on, and he just happened to live next, so that, that's why he became, not why, he also had talent, but it's like the same reason why, like, 80% of the professional hockey players are born in January and February and March. So he's, he's it's all, it's all statistics, statistics and, yeah. Why are they all born then? Because in Canada, and, uh, that's the cutoff period, for, it's the cutoff period for, uh, for 
um, age groups. So if you are in the 13-year-old, you're playing in the 13-year-old, whatchamacallit, if you are born in January, then you're you do that year, but if you're if you're born in December, you go back and you play with the bigger kids who are all. So it's like uh, I'm not describing it like very a hockey well. Logan's run it's, social Darwinism. So yeah, it's it's based on like so the cutoff age for playing for leagues is in January. Wow, so January first. So if you're born January first, you happen to be the oldest child in that league. That's wild. Yeah. So then the majority so you're and, older and, and you're bigger and you're more you're older uh, you're bigger chilled. and what they do is they find. The people that they put in the club sports, they go to that league and they find the best kids in that league. So they're simply going to get the oldest kids out of that league. That's who usually are going to be the right, best, right. And the biggest. So then it turns out that the majority of hockey players. I did a horrible job of explaining that, but uh, I, I kind of I follow. Yeah. I followed it sort of. So um, but yeah. So I love those kind of statistics. Like he was talking about how crime rates raised in like the late seventies and eighties because abortion was outlawed. Like, they stopped allowing abortions, and when abortions were around, the kids that we don't want in society were not born. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, once again, do not listen to anything. Wow. What a statement you just made. But that's one of his earlier book. He was saying that once they stopped allowing abortions, that once they stopped or started. I don't know. God okay. damn it. I should. That's This is why I don't fucking. Okay. Do not listen to anything I'm saying. I re- kind of read no. this. Yeah, don't listen to this podcast. Don't listen to this podcast. Read the movie White Dog. It'll yeah. tell you everything. Someone will tweet me this thing and I'll retweet it. Whatever no. the fuck. But I, I kind of get what you. I, I do like that, that stat stuff. You know, yeah. I, mean, it, it, I do find it intriguing. Though I, I don't have what you'd call a mathematical mind at all. So I don't. But I'm a, yeah. I'm a hardcore economist. I'd like to talk to. I can't. I'm excited about talking to W. Kamau Bell. Talking, talking to him? Just talking to him. Yeah, <laughs> like I'd love to have him on my podcast, but I don't, it's going to be, it would be a hard fit to, because I think he's in New York, I'm never in New York, but I would love to have him what on my podcast. you're never in New York? What's that about? I'm fucking, I, if I'm in New York, I'm in and out. I'm like literally, like I don't hang out. You could get him to your hotel room probably. Yeah, I would love to talk to I'm excited to talk to him because I love guys that are, uh, that are, um, have an opinion about stuff like race. I love talking about race. I, I don't talk about it on stage anymore, yeah. but I love, I love like a good open conversation about race. I love it. it. You know, what happens is that, and I see it happen more and more, is that, that people, because of Twitter and because of uh, social networking, they, they, oh, I have a soapbox. If people want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. And and the one truth of the matter is, um, no, they don't. Uh, not not unless you're known for that. Not, not unless that's what people come to you for. Yeah. If that's what you made your, your mark. If, that, if, if your opinion and your p- opinion on things political or race got you to the dance, then that's what people want to hear about. Yeah. But the thing that drives me crazy on my uh, on our show, and I'm, I, listen, I have my political yeah. uh, take on things, 
but I don't. People are not coming to our show for that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I, so it's always volatile. You yeah. see it happen all the time where people think. I'm not, I'm not saying this yeah. is your case. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's a, it's a, um, it can be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I, I, well, I just simply stopped altogether because I was like, I don't know if I really have a horse in this race. Like I, yeah. I was doing it because I was young and I wanted to be edgy. But do you have a dog in the hunt? I have a dog in the hunt, definitely. <laughs> But I love, but I love like, I, especially I love picking like a guy like Camille Bell's mind about subjects. I, I'm dying to talk to him about, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Are you a political those. person? Nope, not no. at all. No, yeah. but I, but I love I, uh, I don't know. I just, when I was young, I was just trying to be edgy. I yeah, think, yeah. That's all it was, and then now, now I'm older. I'm like, I don't notice. I don't even mention race once. I think in my act, I talk right, about right. talk about my kids and. You don't talk about how tough it was growing up black and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear fucking overprivileged white boys say anything these days. Yeah, just talk about your black kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to adopt one, maybe, just so I can have some life experience. Right, right. Spielberg did it. Did he really? Yes, yes, yeah. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Interesting. I think he's got a couple did different Angelina ones, right? Did Angelina had a double mastectomy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did. What does that mean that her boobs are cut off? No, well they they were they were they were removed and she had reconstructive surgery done almost immediately afterwards. She has the the uh, the genetic predisposition for uh, for uh, breast cancer, uh, cervical cancer. Uh, in fact, I think her her sister or her aunt died just her mother died of it. Her aunt died of it recently as well, breast cancer. And her, I think her mom might Yeah, and she was, just, she was just basically just uh, heading it off at the pass. Like, it wasn't like they said you have cancer. They said there's, there's like a 90% chance. chance or something that you'll get it eventually. So she went, she went from, it was, I heard 80, but she went from 80% chance now to about 5%. Oh, really? Yeah. Would you have your balls cut off uh, if it was cancer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So I'm, I'm you know, I still got my Blu-ray player. I'm happy. Okay. It's a few. <laughs> Wait, so what, but if you don't have balls, what does that that means you can't have sex anymore? Well, you would be a or you can't have baby. a eunuch? No. No. Could you still get an erection without balls? No, you can. Eunuchs no, yeah, no eunuchs no dick. Eunuchs no, that no. Like like a, a eunuch in in the days of yore, it was my understanding they were simply they were you're saying a eunuch was completely they cut the dicks off in like in in uh, Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert! Wow, <laughs> that guy that has no dick. No, not not spoiler alert. Not <laughs> goddamn it! Now I actually did give a spoiler alert. But the the priest that has no dick. <laughs> the, God damn it! Okay. <laughs> well, well, they when when uh, in the All Roman the Empire they wanted the um, they wanted to have sex with guys who were incapable of procreating. Huh, where where would they turn, Bert? You know what came up? UNICEF. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's what well, I was collecting for on Halloween. Oh, my God. Did you know that I must have spelt this wrong? <laughs> UNICEF. Unic, Unic was a, a French car manufacturer. Peugeot. <laughs> 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 called their car the Unic. I must have spelled that wrong. I think so. Uh, what kind of car is it? It's a Unic. It's not that powerful. It's... No stick shift. It, it really have a really hard time merging. So <laughs> eunuch. It's all eunuch. E U N O C H. I think. E E E O E O E U N O. Yonuk. 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 A yonuk. Yeah. Is a man who has been castrated. Castration is the dick. Is it completely? Yeah. Okay. I thought, I, I oh, thought your balls were castrated. I thought your balls were, uh, in other words, <laughs> oh, who knows? Where? Uh, forget where what, don't, don't worry about what it's called. Let's just do it. Let's just, 
castrated before puberty. That's a eunuch. you got to be castrated before puberty so, puberty so you have no of the hormones, none of the hormones that go into it. Right, but that, that, that shouldn't involve removing of the, of the entire genitalia. I thought the, the testicles took care of that action. I, yeah, the testicles do. But I wonder, what is it called when you cut? I it's just, it's, you, you, you get a price reduction if you take the whole plan. The castration is the act of surgically or chemically removing the male testes, just the testes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep, just testes. All right. So, yeah, what, I don't know. I don't know. what. Like, if you took off both my balls, would I, am I, I'm a eunuch then? So, Lance Armstrong is one nut away from being a eunuch? Yes. Shut the fuck. I bet that's a sore subject with him, with his ego. Well, you know what? He still got one, and he was still getting some, uh, as they would, as they say in the uh, in the vernacular, um, emo trim after. I don't think I just put. I'd have two uh, nudicles. Is that they called nudicles? Like I'd have nudicles. Yeah, yeah, nudicles. I'd have nudicles put in. I don't really need my balls. Do, do, do you need an aesthetic sort of look down there? I mean, yeah, well, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't want an empty coin purse. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, like a pauper in the eighteen hundreds. That changed me. Do, we, do women know you? Oh, that that what that looks spectacular. Where's my phone? Oh, I wouldn't I, I, I want to take a picture. I wouldn't want my wife to play with my balls the way she plays with my earlobes, <laughs> just pinching it. All right. I would. I'd definitely, definitely want balls. I'd want something in there. Yeah, yeah. Now, now's the question: Would you want big balls or small balls? Uh, I, uh, I, I like, uh, I like mine. I just there. fill it with confetti. <laughs> I put three in there just wow. to surprise people. Wait, what the f- I've never had so much fun during an <laughs> orgasm. To surprise people. So many people are going to figure out you have three. I'd put in, I would put in some, one object that people had to try to guess what it is. And they're like, wait, what is right, that? Right, right. And they're like, is that an iPod charger? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and they win something. <laughs> You've been wonderful today. And here's a case I apologize to any eunuchs that are listening to this. And if it makes, seems like we're making light of whatever you've gone through, I apologize. <laughs> but the question is, because I, I, I heard Angelina got double, well, I'm not speaking right. Double mastectomy. Yeah. Double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I can start drinking now, Doug. I don't need to be sober for your, for your show. Oh, that's true. Um, not that I can. The beers are warm. Um, the they're over there. Oh, the um, yeah. I googled double mastectomy and I was like, holy shit, that's an aggressive. Well, you know who did also did likewise. Um, she had had cancer though. It, it, it formed was Christina Applegate. She had had mm-hmm. um, one. She had had it, and then she had both breasts removed just as a preventative. Uh, and she looks. She looks fantastic. She looks. You know. Can you imagine though making that choice. I mean, your choice comes down to. Do I want to have a greater chance of living, or do I really want to walk this along and 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 dance on the on the fence here? Yeah, and they just do. Off. They do it for their children, you know, yeah. Yeah. more than anybody. Yeah, pick you know? them off. Get rid of my nuts. Get rid. Of, I, I've never had to deal with anything, any fucking adversity in my life. So all my insights come from that of like some fucking prince taking a ship across, like kill all the Indians. I don't care. Like I don't have any real fucking adversity. But I, yeah, get rid of my fucking nuts. Take my tits off. That's wild, though. That in a way, you're able to connect uh, your your balls to the uh, genocide of the Indians. I thought that's pretty good. Uh, huh. Yeah, I meant to do that on purpose. <laughs> no, I'm just obsessed with Game of Thrones and, and and hardcore history by fucking Dan Carlin. Are, are you are you as much of a, a, a pop culture geek as as, as Doug is? And, I do I, no. I'm I'm the most uninformed dude about anything. I, so the first time I ever did Game of Thrones, you mentioned many times. Oh, I'm obsessed not, with Game. So of you're locked on one, but you don't you're not across the board. No. sponging up everything. No, I got I find the things I like. Did you read Game of Thrones? It was a book. Oh, I'm gonna murder you! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the funny thing to me is that 
is that the you know some things are different from the book, I guess, but it's not like Walking Dead where they're, they where they've the really book? changed a lot of stuff. So like the Red Wedding. It's so funny how bummed out everybody got by it because everybody should have seen it coming. Wait, uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. How are you? Are you behind on Game of Thrones? No, I'm not. But how did they? How did they write the book? Do they have to wait until that Sunday? The the books were already. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. Right now, someone's in their car going, "This guy's a fucking moron." <laughs> no. Uh, what what was the red wedding? That was. You know when all those a bunch of characters oh, oh, got yeah, slaughtered. Red, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. What was the difference? There was no difference, but I'm saying everyone was kind of shocked and surprised by it. Like, yeah. like the biggest shock was how graphic it was. Like, yeah. the, you know, the, the the actual, you know, stabbing of the uh, the baby in the woman's stomach. Yeah. I walked out of the room. I was watching the show. I I don't I don't love it, you know, because I do you I, watch it with people. I, uh-uh. Uh uh. That'd be I, more fun to watch it with people. I, okay, that's what I guess. A little, I watch Game of Thrones with Steve Agee because it's a little slow and complex for my taste. You know, like I, I can't. Yeah. Not a hardcore Game of Thrones fan. No, but I was watching in my hotel room the night of the Red Wedding episode, and I got bored and walked out of the room, and like seconds before the shit went down, and it would, and I would have loved that part, you know, but yeah. I just I I missed it and had to catch up to it later. I, 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 I have a, I'm going to have to binge watch it. I, I just you know it, it, sometimes when so many people get into something quickly, it's yeah. like ah. Uh, and they're, they're, they're telling you about it, and it's like... Well, I, yeah, sometimes the ship sails for me. Like, uh, I just never got into Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, I and whenever I watch it, I enjoy it, but I just, for some reason, it's just not a show that, it, it doesn't speak to me, like, in in a way that, like, you know, like, I have to see every uh, Breaking Bad, and I have to see every Walking Dead. I've never Walking seen any Breaking Bad. Bad. I saw Walking Dead, I got into it, and then, well, and then I fell apart. I fell, I fell off the map, because I couldn't the, find it. Graphic novels, those are those are based on, and, and the... Yeah, and those have... Cr- Wildly divergent storylines, like characters get killed that, sure. that, that live in the books and vice versa. I tell you what, though, let me let me see if you agree with this. I think a lot of what they've done for the series has been an improvement on the uh, on the story, which I thought was great to begin with. Well, I, you know, not necessarily improvement, but certainly like uh, you know, it's just interesting that you can't you can't count on anything. Right, right, it's right, like yeah. if there were Sopranos right, right, comic right, yeah. books, and you 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 know you knew that uh, Tony was going to you know survive the whole series or whatever. Oh, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like that's the thing that's so crazy about uh, Walking Dead and a few other shows right now is that they'll really. I love the show Justified. Do you watch Justified's that? Justified's a great show. It's so good, and they'll have like a great character actor come on. Oh, I haven't seen and, that. And and their part is that they're just there to get killed, yeah. like in a, a few right. scenes later. Right. Uh, uh, what's the one on Showtime? Uh, Banshee. I haven't seen it yet. It's on. Banshee. Isn't it on? Um, I think it's on. Uh, st- not uh, Encore. Oh, or it? stars or something. Oh, it might be on stars. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's on Showtime. We did that show. I did the Benson interruption the other night, and when you do it, you got Nerdist meltdown. I was the name of the place. Meltdown Comics. Meltdown Comics. And the, and and the, the Nerd, Nerd Melt theater. is the name of the theater. Yeah. Okay, and so um, so I'd done, I the I I'd done the few times we're there. I'm just there to do a show, and I right. I walked around and I was like, I got comic books. My kids like reading. I did the I did I did a podcast with Doug about eating with uh, Karen. And I, when I was there, I was like, I'm going to get the girls some comic books. So I got some comic books for the girls, and I brought them back, and my daughters fucking loved them. And I was like, I was like, how cool. I have this at my facility. I'm going to be here every now and then to do podcasts or shows. I'm going to always grab them a bunch of comic books. They're two bucks a comic book. Yeah. The girls will fucking love them. So I go do Doug's uh, Benson Interruption, and I buy Kevin Keller. 
Do you know what that is? Not it's the Archie's characters. It's oh. and I was like, my kids will love wow. Archie's. So I buy him Kevin Keller. Kevin Keller. Kevin is, Keller is the is the gay character. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that. My nine year old <laughs> says to me from the couch, yeah, yeah. Daddy, what's gay mean? And I was like, and she's reading Archie from the twenties. And you're like, know. shut up, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, it means happy. She goes, I don't think that's what it means. Yeah. And I go, uh, maybe they mean it like it's lame. And they're like, still not. Maybe they, maybe those comic books I bought you were calling gay people lame. No. I thought they were like, oh, that's so gay. Like, yeah, like yeah. That. And so I said, I don't know. Maybe use it in a sentence. <laughs> Kevin's dad's worried. His dad, Kevin, Kevin's worried his dad won't love him when he finds out he's gay. And I went, oh, that means he sucks dick. <laughs> Tell this to a fucking nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you did not. Well, oh. actually, believe it or not, as it goes, those those are, are they're like uh, they're award-winning. They're they're being received very well. You know, it, it, hey, listen, it, it's it's uh, it's actually smart of them to, yeah. to tailor to an audience that's out there and and do that. The thing I have an issue with is is and uh, yes, by, by all means, gay characters absolutely fine, terrific. You know, yeah. let, let get, get the diversity out there. When when they go though, when like DC or they say, "Hey, we're going to we're going to make one of our characters with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, gay, and then they pick the the first Green Lantern. You know, that's 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 such a we want press on this move. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, Batman we're gay. just doing it to get yeah. attention, right? Yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. For yeah. for a character that you know maybe right. slipping or right, know, right, yeah. has, and that hasn't had a good movie. It's a specious move, you know, at best. So, so if you really, if you, if you, if you really have the conviction, step up and make someone really prominent. You know, yeah. that's the deal. But don't, hey, it's the, uh, you know, it's the first Green Lantern. No. Man of Steel is gay, right? That's the completely that's the the whole block and seat. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he bends a Perry White Yeah, and he has he has sex with his own da- just, his, his adopted just dad. In me. <laughs> um, but did yeah. you see it yet? Have you seen Man of Steel? No, I haven't. Uh, I was boycotting yeah. it for a week to uh, to, uh, to support the visual effects artists, and that of course you know didn't work. That movie's like made more money than than anything. But what what what? How do you boy, what do you mean boycott the visual effects artists? Uh, boycott the movie the, the, to support visual effects artists. There was this kind of a, a small campaign going that I was uh, tried to contribute to on my podcast. Where if you just wait one week, it's a way of like sending a message to the studios that the visual effects artists aren't being paid enough to make. They're they're, they're doing all the work. They're yeah. doing all the heavy lifting. Like like without visual effects artists, Man of Steel, it's just not. Yeah. It's not going to be what it is or whatever. And, uh, you know, and they you, You're you me stick that. around for the credits. I'm sure there's thousands of names. The script's not, and, uh, the script's not strong enough to have, be a one-man show? You have, <laughs> you have, what you have is you have all these very competent, competing effects houses. For example, the effects house that won for um, Life of Pi. Was Life of Pi? Uh, f- f- um, yeah. F- they, they uh, for whatever movie it was, but they, they had actually gone out of business while they were up on stage accepting the awards. Oh, yeah, and yeah. they tried and they tried to talk about it, and they did that stupid thing they do on that show where the, the band started playing them off. 
the sure. second they started getting to the meat of their uh, acceptance speech and saying what was wrong. And what's his name? Ang, Ang Lee, who's a great director, uh, admittedly, and seems like a nice enough guy, in his acceptance speech for Best Director for Life of Pi, did not mention visual effects artists. And really? the movie the movie was shot on a green screen. Like, it's the whole movie is effects. It's all effects. In essence, does the director have any fucking finger yeah. in that pie? Yes. Or is yeah, and no pun intended. Yes, <laughs> there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I stepped in that one. That must be like a prince you going to conquer really yeah. You put your finger in <laughs> it. Yeah, uh, but uh, yes, they do because I mean, you know, the way things are storyboarded out. But there, but D Doug is right. I mean, you know, you can know how you want something to look, but I, the the effects in Man of Steel. I mean, the stuff is rendered to such a flawless level. Yeah, it's just astonishing. And the entire there is a cacophonous forty-five minute fucking Metropolis gets bitch slapped. It's like ten nine elevens. Really? And, and um, uh, which kills me too at the end when they say he saved us, you know, <laughs> because clearly there's a lot of innocent people died. Yeah, it's, like, it's funny when they're when they're at the end of the Avengers two and they're all, you know, buildings are falling down and stuff. You you never see anybody dying, yeah. so it gets a you know PG thirteen. Yeah, oh, you know, and it's like all this horrible stuff is happening, you know, like that we're just not seeing. I would love to watch a movie with you guys. I always get lost in movies. Do you know what, though? Which you'd be surprised. I, that's for me, is, is a critical, crucial part. I'm sure you'll agree with this, Doug, is that you go in, I, it's got to be, and it used to be my thing, uh, you know, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Don't make a pee. I can't. St I'll go to early matinees. Yeah. I've got. Oh, I don't go to the fucking premiere night. No, I, I don't be, go when I buy myself. I have to turn a movie off on my computer if the if people sitting next to me on the plane are talking. <laughs> like I get so distracted, and it's like you know I want to tell them to shush, which but you can't because people aren't you know people are allowed to talk to each other on a plane. It's just you you want to get that's one of the pure thing. A real movie lover, you want to get lost in it. You want to just go and disconnect. And uh, I mean that was I mean I also sit close enough where the screen fills my entire line, line of vision. Like I don't like seeing the walls of the theater and the exit sign. And oh really? Yeah, yeah. I mean the exit signs are kind of hard to avoid. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, like I just like to really get you know enveloped in the experience, if, if whenever possible. Oh geez, when we were when we were kids, and this is this is you know drummed into us. My dad would uh, we'd go to the theater, and the thing was, you know, when that when the lights came down. You shut up. I mean, yeah, yeah my parents put, instilled that in me you, also. Yeah. And the thing was, people around you paid for these tickets, and you have to be respectful. So with the second the lights dimmed, and it used to be the thing where we, we, we have our movie screenings. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're able to work it out. We can get uh, movie screenings for the, for the President Steve show, and it's our listeners. And the joke would be that, that if I was there, I'd punch you in the throat if you were talking because yeah. you, you can't ruin it for people. You know, we're getting a, a screening before everyone else. But uh, yeah, it, it's but the fun. It was gonna, my original point was that you'd probably be surprised to learn that you know, um, like I love crappy movies. I love I love great movies. I love yeah. you know culty movies. I'm sure you're the same. You know, just something that step up and give me something different or, or weird or bizarre. Or, yeah. or, or or it can even be you know it, it doesn't matter. The the whole cinema whole movie going experience itself is is what I is what I love. Yeah, there is something actually like kind of neat about that. Uh, it, the, I I went to my first movie alone yeah. when I was like 26. Yeah, I had yeah. never been to a movie alone, and I went alone and I went and I was nervous yeah. to sit by myself. The only other time I've gone alone when I was in a kid, I went to go. I went tennis camp and I met all these kids. Yeah. I didn't know any of them and they invited me to go see the Karate Kid. And so I went to go see the Karate Kid, but my mom was late, so she dropped me off late, and I couldn't meet them outside the theater. So I was like, oh, I'll just find them in the theater. Yeah. So I go in, it's already dark. 
I'm like, fuck. I'm, sucks. I have, I have yeah. anxiety about being alone, and I just sit down. But I got lost in that movie. That movie, I don't care how old. That was a great fucking movie, and I identified with it because I was the new kid at tennis camp. Right. And I didn't have any friends. And I'm you were Ralph guys. Macchio. I was Ralph Macchio. Yeah. So at the end, when he does the crane kick, spoiler alert, he does the crane kick yeah. and knocks kid out, I start bawling crying. I'm fucking 10, I think. I'm bawling <laughs> crying. House lights come up. Those dudes are sitting directly in front of me. And it scarred me for my life. They turn around, and I'm crying. And they had heard me crying. And they were making fun of me. For they didn't know it was me. And, I, and then I turn around, and I'm like, Ugh. So I had never gone to a movie alone. Next movie I went to alone was Titanic. That's And I was, like, you nervous. You Titanic? That's traumatic. Yeah. yeah, I was all by myself. And I, I fucking I started crying again. So now if I go to a movie alone, I'm fucking crying. <laughs> but I, the Rock. What was the one where Walking Tall... Sobbing. Which when one? He, Original or, or the, with, with, the the, with the rock? Oh, when he okay. drops his shirt with the rock, yeah. and he goes, "They did this to me." I'm fucking sobbing. It's a rock. Well, you, you got to see the original. You got it with really? Bill Swenson and Leif Garrett. And Leif Garrett's in it. Leif Garrett's the little boy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah, yeah. A, a little piece that's, of that's a, that's a name. Got it. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody, but I, you nobody don't knows anymore. No. Yeah, I, I totally remember that. It was dude. Bo Swenson. I wanted my name to be Bo, and I was like, so I think. Hey, was it Bo Swenson? Was, the original? was he the original Walking Tall? I thought it was Burt Reynolds. Um, Burt Reynolds. Did you check on who was the first, the male lead in the first Walking Tall? I thought it was Bo Swenson. Maybe Joe Don Baker. Joe Don Baker, you are the man. Yeah, Bo <laughs> Swenson was in like the third Walking Tall. Yeah. Joe Don Baker. I watch them all though, because there's nothing like a guy who you know comes to town and you know they. Try to get him, you know the 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 bad guys, you know, uh, you know, like their laws, the way that, you know they like to break the laws, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, yeah. they like things how they are, so they try to, you know, they try to beat them down and drive them out. I love those. And love uh, those. yeah, when they when they ultimately triumph, it's really uh, it's really satisfying. It's high noon. It's it's the great, you know, it's the whole. All right, I guess I'll take. I guess I have to do it because no one else will step up. It's a classic. Yeah. You know, plot conceit, but it works. It suckers me in every time. That's why I was doing. I was doing years ago, as I said, when I was doing stand-up. I was up in in Rochester, New York, and and there was nothing to do, and and there was a multiplex right near the hotel. Yeah. And I, and I went. It was the year Die Hard came out, and I walked over, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, this movie is!" I loved it. It 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 saved me from going straight out of my friggin' mind. Really? Yeah. And then I I proceeded to see every movie. In the, in the Die Hard was kind of a, like when the trailers were playing, they showed the shot of uh, John McClane shirtless uh, yeah, jumping yeah. off the building with the uh, fire hose wrapped around him. And, you know, he's not like he's not like the Bruce Willis that he became at that point. He's got like kind of a little bit of a gut on him. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember like people and he was just the guy from Moonlighting. Moonlight. And, yeah. and like, so like I remember people at the, laughing at the trailer and like thinking, oh, this movie looks terrible. Yeah. And then it came out is most one of the greatest action movies ever made like Tom Gruber is the best villain ever in my, in my opinion Alan Rickman is so good yeah. because he does that thing that a, a good villain he's likable in a way he's, you, you, you're kind of weird strangely rooting for him like, yeah. like and, it's, yeah. and it's funny you know how he treats everybody and there's, there's a, scene a scene where he where he pretends to be somebody else when oh, yeah. he first meets so McClane uh, he, oh my god don't shoot me yeah, don't I'm, I'm just an American yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's so good yeah uh, and that's but you're right. But that movie that just had, and they actually specifically uh, made sure to not show uh, Willis too much in the trailer and the teasers because it, they were taking a gamble that he'd be a viable action star. Really? And then yeah. Out. And that's all he's done. I, I so watched, much. I just watched the recent one. The um, 
good good data a good data be hard or whatever it is yeah the, the uh, um uh, visually amazing you know and listen at home I'm fine if it's <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, I, in the theater I was not fine I, mean, I was I was upset the entire time like <laughs> this is really this is their, this is what they're doing to the diehard yeah. movies but you because he it. says I'm on vacation five times and it wasn't funny the first time yeah and he's not on vacation <laughs> he went there to find his son yeah yeah <laughs> he keeps yelling I'm on vacation why do you keep yelling that. <laughs> Every time something explodes around him, <laughs> I'm on vacation. Don't hassle me. I'm on vacation. Seriously, <laughs> though, they had some wild, they had some wild. Stuff. Did they have a? I went to Russia and all I got was this T-shirt. No, no, no. Okay. Bruce Willis. It's interesting because he kind of defined who I wanted to be as a kid. Like when I saw Moonlighting, and I, I'm not saying that I, I fashioned my life perfectly like this. When I More saw Simple Shepherd. When I was saw Moonlighting, I was like. I was like, that'll be me. I'll be the guy that shows up to work hungover with a beard yeah. and, like, sleeps on the couch and has a fresh – always putting on a dirty shirt. Right, right, I was yeah. like, I'm going to be that guy. But knows how to turn it on and charm everyone. And yes. Fast yes, play talker. harmonica. Like, shit like that. So you'd have your Bruno side where you could – remember you had that uh, – that was his album that came out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to <laughs> rent an apartment in New York, and it was right by Planet Hollywood or wherever Bruce – Willis tended bar. It was right around the corner, and the guy that was renting me the apartment said, "So what do you do?" I said, "I'm a comedian." He goes, "Ah, one of my good friends, Brucey, uh, did a little stand-up." And I said, "Who's that?" And he goes, "Brucey, Brucey, Brucey." Yeah, Bruce Willis. And I went, "You friends with Bruce Willis?" He goes, hm. "You know, call him Brucey if you don't know him." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> So I so badly want to fucking meet Bruce Willis and go, right. hey, did people call you Brucey? Just to know if that guy was lying or not. I guarantee you no yeah. one does. Yeah. No one that he allows anyone to call him Brucey. Brucey. Brucey um, yeah, I, that diehard fucking, I, this is ready for my movie pitch, Doug. Mm -hmm. This is uh, my starring movie, okay? This is like when they, I don't actually ever want to make a movie, to be dead honest with you. I don't think I like acting. But I like acting in a sitcom, not in a movie. I don't like single camera because okay. there's no feedback. And right, I feel right. like I'm always fucking it up. So it, it fucks with my ego. If I knew I was doing good, I'd probably love it. But here's my movie. It's just like Die Hard, it's, but it's set on a cruise ship, and it's a bunch of uh, terrorists take over a cruise ship, and they take us all hostage. And I find out in this process that I am the world's greatest hostage. And so I try to keep this hostage thing going as long as possible and not let us get rescued. And these guys are fucking it up so bad that I then – like, they die, and I have to weekend at Bernie's them because I still want to be a hostage. Okay. Because I want... You want to stay on the cruise ship. I love it. I'm yeah, the happiest yeah, yeah. fuck. I'm the world's greatest hostage. I'm sucking everything else in life, but I'm a great fucking hostage. So it's die hard, in but reverse. I'm Hans Gruber right. trying to make sure that no one can rescue us. Not that I'm going to let anyone die or anything, but I'm happy. There, there will be... Uh, when you start to say uh, terrorists take over a cruise ship, I thought of Speed 2, which was terrorists take over a cruise ship. Yeah. You remember that? Or, or the new one... Uh, Captain Hank. Right, with Tom Hank. Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that looks crazy. It does. It does. Yeah, That's crazy. the same dude that directed the United Flight movie and uh, the, the the first couple Bourne movies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, Maybe it, it, looks like it, like it looks like Tom Hanks is the only recognizable actor in it. I think it. so, yeah. 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 That no. guy, that guy's, that, you know, talking earlier about, uh, you know, gets for, for my podcast, I, it'd, right. it'd be pretty amazing to talk to that guy. Because you know he'd be He's proud. called in to you guys, hasn't he? You know what? Because no. doesn't he do heavy promotion for most of his he movies? He does. Actually, he, had, he was around for that movie that he directed, and uh, I, I guess a lot of times what happens is, and this... That happens. thing you do? No, no, no. Uh, the, the Larry... Oh, Larry Crown. Which oh, yeah. was a bomb... 
and just a weird ass movie. It just felt like the it was the smallest story yeah. told with so little jokes. The teacher it was just like love and it wasn't oh, dramatic was or comedic. It was, was a it was a non non com affair. I was like, he directed the Thomas Crown affair. No, um, the one with Pierce Brosnan or the one with uh, Pierce Brosnan was uh, uh, Steve McQueen was uh, jo- uh, McTiernan, wasn't didn't. McTiernan is right. Probably McTiernan's like so is he in some sort of trouble? Yeah, because of the he hired that he hired that uh, that um, uh, nefarious dude to do uh, surveillance and and tapping and uh, wiretapping and all this crap and it was a, a big it blew up in his in his pockmarked face. Uh, so he's yeah he's doing some jail time. Really? Yeah. But um, he, 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 he directed Die Hard. The first Die Hard. Tom on, Hanks. On Red October. Tom Hanks, another guy I fucking fashion my life after. The same kind of guy that like you know like kind of. Like the wild guy, sloppy shirt, kind of, you know. You you see him in that way? You see Tom Hanks? In yeah, that yeah. I think I like maybe from Bosom Buddies. Yeah. And Bachelor Party. Yeah, yeah. Like I always saw my, like Not I saw, I gravitated to those dudes. Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Right, right, right. That was where I was like, that's me. But you want to be a smart alecky. A smart alecky. Guy who just guy with, through life right, and, you know, really no commit. responsibility. Exactly. Well. And you really, and you you real, you sort of, you're half-assing it though. Yeah, I'm, you got to get rid of the kids. You got to get rid of the treehouse. <laughs> get rid of the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Trade up from just a boost to something more chemical. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be good. But no, no, yeah, you're, you're. I mean, you, you, you got to know that there are people who are look at what you do for a living and say, like, Jesus Christ. Well, I guess maybe. That guy's on top of the world. Yeah. And you still have a. A regular life. I'm, a, I'm, very, I'm very happily married with two kids. Yeah. But yeah, if I got rid of them, I bet I'd really fucking sore. I would sore. Yeah. You know, they, they, like they say, the, the candle that burns uh, the brightest burns twice as fast. What's that? Side boot Sunday? That's what it is, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a great thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. You know, we, have, we, do, we, do the, uh, we do selfie uh, Mondays. Selfie Mondays, yeah. I think uh, I, I tried to send you a selfie one. <laughs> Wait, what's a selfie Monday? Yeah. You take a picture of yourself with yeah. your phone, and then you uh, send it to... Oh, that's it? Preston oh, I want nudity. You put... No, no, oh, no. Is that what we get? Some very. Attractive. I'm sure they get some sexy ones, yeah. but the idea is just it's a self-taken photograph. I'll give you a selfie. I'll give you a <laughs> selfie. I know. Doesn't it, it sounds so dirty? It sounds like yeah. uh, something you want somebody to. I get. Do to you. I get people that tweet me. Um, what were the maid things? Where they do their own? Like they do the thing in the room, like I did. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, 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 I'm probably still you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know all that stuff. And so hilarious. people will send me yeah. their own, and then I always retweet those. Or I, get, I retweet pic- anyone that takes a picture. Do you, you, you ever have anyone who got in big trouble for trying to do something like that, trying mm-hmm. to replicate? No, not that no. I know of, though. I actually stopped reading Twitter altogether for a little bit. Like, I, there's you take so a break? Many, yeah, because... because what happened is I'll see so many positive ones, and I'm like, well, I'm just waiting for the negative one. Right. Like, you know, so I just fucking kind of dodge it. I haven't been... I haven't been uh, looking at it at all. Like right now, it's all positive because it's all about I partied with Doug Benson and Burke Kreischer last night. <laughs> Some girl just tweeted, uh, I am just going to assume Burke Kreischer is going to be on Doug Benson's Philly Doug Loves Movies. If not, it's a great loss for everyone. <laughs> ah, <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. <laughs> that's like too, too nice. You must Tragic. Be. You must have. Oh, you hangover tips. Stay away from Burke Kreischer. <laughs> oh, that's what I just read. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm like everyone's talking about us. Um, <laughs> God, I'm looking for the picture of us. The kid was like, uh, um, "I want to send the picture of you and Flacco on Twitter." And I was like, "Great!" But now I'm, I have so many fucking right, right. You get things. I'm never going to be able to find it. So, so where are you on to from here? Besides the, uh, I'm doing. I'm doing a little bit of the. I'm, I'm following the leader and doing a little Doug Benson move. I'm going to 
Toronto for one night. Yeah. Um, uh, Buffalo for the weekend, another helium club, and then Nashville for one night, and then Atlanta for a weekend. Wow. So, yeah, those one nights, man. I think those are. That's a little bit of the. Doug's been doing it forever. I'll even take it to the next level. I told this is my other horrible idea. I want to do um, call-in sick shows where I go in and then do stand-up shows at like nine in the morning, like where everyone just calls in sick, right, right, and right. we have like that like study hall moment where yeah, because I can definitely drink at nine in the morning, but I don't know, it might turn into a fucking mess. Like bar opens at six. Dude, in the morning. we that's we we are uh, we specialize in stuff like that. We have a number of live broadcast shows. I just pitched his. Fucking radio show to him. No. <laughs> Here's the idea. It's Here's entertainment. It. Get up early. <laughs> get up early. I mean, like, gr- like, get some people around. We entertain them. Memorial Day. We it's, it, we do it every Memorial Day. It's out at uh, Keenan's uh, in uh, in uh, Wildwood, and uh, the uh, the place that at seven o'clock in the morning, thousand plus people in there, just getting hammered. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I've got. I, you know, what, what was that? What was that crazy parade thing I did? That oh, the uh, the Thanksgiving Day parade. Oh my God. You were the uh, you were the uh, the uh, <laughs> the Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal of the Thanksgiving Day parade, where everybody comes in like uh, bondage outfits. And oh my God, you you had me at bondage <laughs> outfit. First porn I ever saw. Yeah. The first bit of pornography I ever saw was on accident as a child. I was at a news news like a, a book not a bookstore but a newspaper right, store right. like a whatever that's called newsstand. Yeah, and it was in, uh, <laughs> next to an Italian restaurant on Fletcher in Tampa. Uh, you'll be able to find this place. And I'm, my parents are looking at things, and I picked up a bondage magazine. Wow. I'm like fucking maybe first grade, second grade, third grade, and I start flipping through it, and I'm like. Oh yeah! Been cut to. I do a bondage scene in, on for Hurt Burt with this girl, Dominatrix Isabella, Mistress Isabella. Where'd you have that? Uh, where, where in L.A. Okay, and, and we did it all. I mean, I was, I literally did it all. I was naked. They fucking shocked my balls with a cattle prod. They yeah. put five pound pals, pounds on my balls. They like, did that. Yeah, Casey, because Casey did that. We did. We had a. We we do month of stunts, and Casey, yeah. our producer, did the same. Uh, he didn't have that, but he had the. Uh, he had his nipples set on fire. Oh, they yeah. did everything. Candle wax. They yeah. did everything they could do, and I was like. And it, none of it turned me on. I wasn't turned on. But then when we got done, I do know that I was turned on by her outfit. And I, I said, I, I've got to be honest with you, I want to get that for my wife. She was like, oh, here. And then gave me a bunch of this back when you had VCRs. Yeah. She gave me a bunch of VCR tapes of her stuff. And I put one in, and I was like, I'm not opening this box because. Have, this you, ever, have you ever had, uh, have you ever seen the, the, the woman Rubber Doll? She's an adult star. No. She's all latex. Yeah, it's her whole thing. <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> Google rubber doll. Yeah. Siri. 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 <laughs> yeah, rubber doll. She's and she's rubber doll is her name. Up. Yeah, that's her thing. Cause to, uh, dude, to get off. I guess. I guess you'd be one of them. There is nothing. There is nothing. Now, I, it, it's something I find. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not super into it because it's not, it's not yeah. my regular sex life. Sex like scene. me and my wife. Me and my wife don't do that stuff. Right. It was, it's one thing to walk in on your parents having sex. It's another thing if dad's in a zipper mask. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, go back to bed. Like, uh, right. But um, uh, I love when guys share porn advice. Like, have you seen this? And then you're like, as soon as you hear that, you're like, this is gonna be good. That's oh, yeah. almost better than a restaurant recommendation. Oh yeah. Like it's, when they go, it's porn Yelp. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yoshi, do you know Yoshi? I do, I've, and he's given me some disgusting things. He was like, he was like, I'm, I can't do the Yoshi act. Do you know Yoshi? Not familiar. Oh, <laughs> Yoshi. Why was, would he know Yoshi? Because Yoshi's, Yoshi's a comic. If yeah. he ever comes out, get him on your show. He's really fascinating, and he has such an he has a really great insight when it comes to porn. He's like. He was telling me, he's like, have you never seen Rockets to Freddy's? And I go, no. And he goes, he's interesting because he really pushes the boundaries. And I was like, oh. So then I, I'm on the road, bored. 
Googling Rocco Sopretti. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, pushes the boundaries. This is an understatement. He's having sex with a girl. He puts her face in the toilet. I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't sexy. Who's into this? There are, though. Somebody. Somebody is. Somebody named Yoshi. Yoshi is so, he gave me, this is my He's seen it all, that guy. Story. He gave me, yeah, he edited porn. So he used to come. Oh, he, he, he does compilations? He he did it all. Really? And so he was like, he comes to Chicago one time, comes to the back room, and he goes, hey, do you mind if I do a guest set? And I was like, of course. I think he's funny as shit. So I go, he's very, he's, his stand-up is very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very out there. Right. But I like, I, like, I have a cultured sense of humor when it comes to stand-up. So I, he goes on, and he does well, and he comes off stage, and he goes, he goes, thank you so much. I have some porns in my car, and if you want, I can give them to you, and you can give them away with your DVDs. And I was like, oh, that would be fucking great. Everyone wow. buy one now. So I go out. I go, I'm selling a DVD for $20, but Yoshi has said that with every DVD, you get a free porn. Without you checking them? I had not seen them. <laughs> I had not seen the porn. <laughs> You just thought it was porn. <laughs> yeah, just porn. People fucking and sucking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe girl on girl. Yeah. 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 Wow. Maybe guy on girl. Maybe two girls, one but guy. Instead, it's like uh, stacked stacked gaping. It you is. know, like where there's eight girls on top right. of each other, and they're all making their assholes as large as possible. Yep. I didn't know what gaping <laughs> was until that evening. I sold out of my DVDs on that one show. I sold 30 DVDs that night, and all of my fans got... The most aggressive porn I've ever seen in my life. Tony Soprano, Tony Soprano, Tony Baldino goes, why don't we throw in one of those porns to see what you got? We put one in, and it is, it is fucking some girl rummaging through another girl's pussy. Like, literally, yeah. just, ah, fisting her, and I'm like, ah. And Tony's laughing hysterically. He goes, you just gave this to 30 people, and you're calling cards. That's your. That's your. There was hey. no Twitter at the time. No Twitter. Yeah. So no, you never got any feedback. Nobody, no, no, no feedback. Nobody's ever come up to you at a show and said, <laughs> hey, "Give me that horrible porn." We got a great little door prize for you. <laughs> it was, check this out. Check out. This is a girl with a door. We put a door in a girl. Oh God! I was like Yoshi, man. You got to tell me. He goes. He goes. Wow, it's a good stuff. Yeah. I'm doing a horrible Yoshi accent. <laughs> it's <laughs> good stuff. You like it? Yeah, you He's like Dracula. <laughs> Oh, you like it? He goes, what was the girl's name? Uh, her name is, um, she's the fucking, ah, uh, God. She's got the gap, Belladonna. It was, yes, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was a lot of Belladonna. And, and he was like, Belladonna's one of the best performers you'll ever see. He's like, she's really, she really commits. I'm obsessed. So never any feedback. Nobody ever said, hey. No. I'm, I'm obsessed right now. Here's the, I'm obsessed with following porn stars on Vine. But not not for like the they don't, a lot of them don't show like any no no sort of thing. It's interesting to see them interacting in regular society. Like yeah. I'm fascinated at watching them do regular people do the same stuff. I'm at the drive through. Yeah, there are, yeah. Like yeah, they're always finding their dogs. They find their dogs and like I'll tell you right now, this is my favorite person to follow. You everyone probably already follows her. My favorite person to follow on Twitter. It, on Vine is Jesse Andrews. Do you know who Jesse Andrews is? I, I'm familiar with the name. We might have had her in. We've had a, a, a few of them come through the show. She is. She's young. She looks young. That's, I think, her thing. She looks very oh, young. That's, okay. Yeah. But she... But the thing that's really fascinating about her is she does porn. I've seen it. It's, it's okay. I'm not... Right. i got to be honest with you. Fairly pedestrian. Right. Like I was like... I was like, okay. But... She's also a DJ, and she makes jewelry. And so all her vines are about the other side of her life. She never never gets naked. Have you, have you seen the documentary? It's pretty wild. It's, it's called After Porn. No. It's really good. It, it follows uh, from the uh, going back to, like, the, uh, the, the Seika era and, you know, some of the, uh, some of the uh, earlier porn stars and even some of the more current ones. But it shows 
Uh, it, it's fairly balanced. Some yeah. who had nothing but great experiences. They went on to have great things. But it shows a very interesting run of... Uh, it's like when we have porn stars and we don't do the, oh, you're, you know, oh, you're yeah. so hot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'd rather find out like that. Yeah. You know, what's what's the industry like? What do you, I mean, who do you hate? What do you hate? When a dude comes in and takes a towel off, you know, I mean, what yeah. what are you doing to get yourself going? I mean, and, um, and the ones who really will give you a, an insight into that, those are the ones who really dig having on the show. But this movie kind of does that as well because it shows you, you know, I mean, like Seika loved it. And then there are other people who just, you know, uh, I forget which one it was, but she moved to... Uh, to Salt Lake City because she figured the, the the likelihood of people having seen her movies there yeah. would, would diminish, and she found out that wasn't the case. I've never run into yeah. a porn star in person, but I think when I do, I, I will totally call myself out on accident. Yeah. Like, if I bumped into Jesse Andrews, I'd be like, Jesse! And she'd yeah. be like, huh, like, never mind. <laughs> How do you spell it? G-G-J-E-J-E. <laughs> the first three G's are silent. S-S-I-E. Uh-huh. Andrews. She's in my. I follow her. Just go to my Vine. That's what I do. I go to everyone's Vine and then follow who they follow that I like. I gotta stop following Riff Raff. He's fucking exhausting. Riff Raff. He's a rapper, but he's like a like one of those. You're into that. You're you're serious. You are a a rapping. Oh yeah, I'm really into hip hop. That's why I love talking. That's why I love talking. I used to love talking about race and culture, and because it always fascinates me. Right, right. You know, Patrice is one of the first people that you could have. I I would have open. I could ask him any question I wanted, and you never, never offended Patrice. No, no, no. You could talk to him about everything. And he, one night we were in Scotland. I'm drinking, and he's explaining uh, Jay Z to me. Right. Because he's like, all your hip hop that you like sucks. He goes, let me show you real hip hop, what black people like. And I was like, okay. So he played Jay-Z, and this before Jay-Z was out, like big. Oh, yeah. And he played that big pimping song. And Patrice was explaining the beauty of pimping. And he was like, do you hear this lyric? And he kept playing it over and over again. Beep, beep, and I'm picking him up. Let him play with the dick in the truck. And he goes, you're sitting outside. You're not even getting out of the car. Just beep, beep, and I'm picking him up. Maybe I'll let him play with my dick in the truck on where we're driving. And I was like, and he just kept going, that's the greatest lyric. Do you right. hear that? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, you don't know anything about black people. I go, I don't think I do. And he goes, we're watching Bruce Lee. So then we watched Bruce Lee for the rest of the night. Um, Isn't yeah. that wild that Bruce Lee became? Because, I, you know, I, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan as well. But but it, it, there there is, and I kid you not, it was in the, um, it's a kiosk in the Franklin Mills Mall. I don't know if it's still there, but it, it, it's, it definitely has an urban flavor to it, so it's yeah. all black exploitation movies, and the other half of it is Bruce Lee movies. So right. it's, it's all for because I love that. I love that. I'm like you know Quentin Tarantino, and that I love uh, um, the, the 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 black exploitation films of the yeah. '70s, and, and you know the uh, all that stuff. It's just great. Oh, you know, See, I'm dying to know. Like, I, like this is what I want, especially when like I love hanging out with Donald. You know Donald Rollins. Yes, I love yes, hanging out yes, with Donnell yeah, because yeah, yeah. Donnell will know, will be able to explain. Like I forget, I, I, I'm dying to know why kung fu and and karate got so big in Harlem because it was yeah. it, it was like that. And I wonder, like I'm sure Malcolm Gladwell can totally explain this, but I'm sure there was some sort of influx of Asian immigrants coming up to that area, and what they knew how to do was right, right, right. you know Chinese food and and karate studios and but it's like stuff like that fucking fascinating. Did you find Jesse Andrews? Mm-hmm. She's um. She's got a lot of pictures of herself, though. It's not just pictures of yeah, her. Those are the nice ones. She she'll every now and then, but right now, like apparently, she's on a boat. Nope, <laughs> that's not a boat. That's a bus. And she's uh, on a bus, so things are going great. A, but I always like she went to the Kentucky Derby, and she was dressed up as a. She looked beautiful. She, she had a big hat on. Big hat on, and she's with all her friends, and they're with these guys who look really like 
Like regular guys? Regular guys. My friends. They look like my friends. Right. And I so badly go, do they know she's a porn star? Like, I want to know. Because if I know for a fact that if me and my friends went to the Kentucky Derby and one of us knew that was a porn star, that, that would be the most unfun. We'd all be, like, waiting to take, like, you know, like, there's there's no res- You couldn't relax. We couldn't relax. Right. Because like, you'd have that thing. That's, that's what we... Uh, that's what we try to get past when we have someone come in and, and just just talk about uh, because it's such an alien lifestyle. To, yeah, it, I mean it's such an alien lifestyle to anybody. That's why everyone's fascinated by it. Yeah, it really is. It really is the the final straw of going. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like Louis C.K. does not give a fuck when it comes to stand up. He'll do whatever. He'll just he'll, literally he will say he, does, he like he really doesn't give a fuck. He has no repercussions. I feel like sometimes like he can he's out there. No one's yeah. calling in. I've always felt Tosh was going to be that way, and then he apologized for that um, that joke. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming from Tosh. Yeah, and he had to. You got to save your TV show, and you've got a bunch of people's jobs to worry about. But the porn stars do that. They really don't give a fuck. Like they like they do shit that you're like blown away. Some of them, you know, it's it's because there's all different takes on those. Some of them do give a give a fuck. Some of them are are. Um, some of them regret. Some of them are are um, love it, love the lifestyle. Yeah. Some of it, the ones that seem to really love it, take ownership of it. It's yeah. really the industry is mostly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she's a girl next door. She really looks like girl next door. She's like she's uh, she's cute, but she she like I I was this is like when I got into when I realized how great it is. Like Brie Olson, boring as fuck. Like boring as fuck. She literally, it's almost like she's done doing porn because she's not living like a crazy lifestyle. Sure. But like, well, she was with Charlie. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, and I was like, you we had her on a, 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 a couple times, and, and she was actually really good. The, one, really? the ones who come in, um, Jenna Hayes is always awesome, uh, uh, and uh, Lisa Ann. You gotta love Jenna, Jenna Hayes because she picked the name Hayes because she's this big stoner. Really? Yeah, that's that's the uh, my favorite the gag porn. there. But now there's lots of girls with the last name Hayes. Like that's a you can have any name you want. It's weird that these girls. Just when they pick their name, they just pick an, an already existing name. I think part of that is like because they'll they'll be you know they'll they'll come up in searches for that other person. Right. Like oh, it's a way to yeah. like and like like there's a girl there's there's a, at least one girl in porn maybe more that has a, like Aniston as her last name. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, like oh she. My I favorite like her, Tara so Patrick. Why not? Tara Patrick. Got, uh, did we talk about this? We talked about this on air, didn't we? I, I'm not sure. Tara Patrick picked her name. Because it was Carmen Electra's real name. Is Carmen Electra? Uh, Carmen Electra's right? real name is Tara yeah, Patrick. You might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tara yeah. Patrick. I uh, love that name. That's a great porn name. I think Tara Patrick is one of the uh, the people in this after porn. Oh, really? You gotta check it out. Yeah, it's pretty wild. She's she's dating that dude that's in the band now. Never mind. I I'm so fucking bad with information. <laughs> like I tell you half of what. Like, I know. I got that too, though. You, and then it's you, funny what I do you, have in my in my rep. Right now, I can tell you the whole cast of Puss in Boots because yeah, yeah. I woke up to it and I was like, I recognize that voice. Who is it? I always assume it's Patton Oswalt that's playing Humpty Dumpty. But it's not. It's not. And I go, I know that voice. Patton Oswalt was Ratatouille. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I'm laying in bed. I'm hungover as shit. And I'm listening to this voice that I know. I go, I know this guy. I don't know who it is. I, I woke up guy. to that movie today, too. Really? Did you hear the voice? I saw Sleep with HBO on last night. Yeah, me too. And then I uh, woke up to, uh, you know, I am also known as. He's like listing off all these names. Yeah. <laughs> like really weird. That's yeah. Uh, so, but uh, anyway, so the, the you figured it out. Humpty Dumpty was uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And I was like, and it was like, I was like, do I know him as? A, and then I was like, oh, I actually know that voice. Like I know him. But uh, 
So I was like, I woke up like going, who is it? I played that game, like laying in bed trying to figure out. I was like, that's Antonio Banderas. That's Selma Hayek. I was like, I'm going through. I go, that's uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Right. That's And then I, I go, that's Amy Sedaris. I know that voice. And then I was like, who's the who's the fucking? And I went, fucking forever. And then, so yeah, now if you look at my Google search engine, it's uh, Unix, Puss and Boots. <laughs> Someone finds my phone. Sure, <laughs> Jesse yeah, Andrews. Yeah. It's okay. They already know. That's a lady they Unix who has a, her Puss and Boots. Yeah. So. She removed her Puss and put it in a shoe. <laughs> I was not watching. She didn't movie. know what to do. Last night I watched um, Blu-ray. Uh, I got a, a Life Force. You remember that movie Life Force? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah Wait, what's yeah. Life Force? That's a weird, that movie creeped me out. Yeah. So that's uh, Life Force is a uh, Toby Hooper. Uh, movie he directed after Poltergeist. It's basically like an old type Hammer movie, like uh, you know Quartermass or like a Doctor Who type thing. Yeah. But it's uh, space vampires, and they just released. It, it, it was like a chick walking around naked through the whole Matilda thing. Matilda right? May. She's totally naked throughout the whole thing, and just looks phenomenal. But they they actually have her an interview with her and all that stuff. I, for for if you're if you love movies, the stuff that they're putting out on Blu-ray now. And it, they throw them out in these combo packs for like $9. Really? And they have you know all this additional you know uh, making of stuff. But that, and I watched that um, Hansel and Gretel 3D. That, um, oh, how is that? You know what? It's a piece of crap. But it's, <laughs> but, but it's fun crap. It, it, it's, it's really, I, I was enjoying it. I mean, oh, it, this is how I judge it. Is it better than limit, Limitless? Because I like Limitless, and I also like This Means War. <laughs> it, it, it's, diff- it's certainly different than Limitless. I, uh, okay, there's Limitless, a, lo- there's a like, lot more trolls than Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> I definitely have the in- Hollywood intelligence yeah. that I didn't know. I've said, I think I've said this before, but I didn't know that he was a ghost in uh, in, in Sixth Sense. Like, oh. I figured it out at the end. I was okay. like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so I have the Hollywood intelligence that Limitless, I start going, whoa, this is really brilliant. <laughs> this is great writing. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So I like that movie a lot. <laughs> and I laughed hysterically at This Means War. I laughed hysterically. I don't really? know why. That's so it's bizarre. It's not guard. funny at all. It's, it's, I remember <laughs> even at the last thing where she knew the one defect or whatever, the one thing on the SUVs that caused... Uh... Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was laughing too hard. Oh, you, just, you couldn't... <laughs> I laughed. I laughed myself out of the room. I was like, oh, I'm fucking." They're I'm, both charismatic actors, yeah. you know. And uh, Chris you know, Pine's. I put my money on Chris Pine. I, that one guy. That one guy. Uh, Thomas Jane. Not Thomas Jane. Uh, Bane. Oh, but yeah, Bane. Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy. He's great. He's a mu- that guy's a fucking pimp. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's a big guy. Yeah. They've been running that. Um, but they, the funny thing is, they may. If you look in the movie as where he's Bane, they have him looking like. A mountain. He's not that big a dude. He's not. How do they do? How, he, he must have done a cycle. He's not that tall. No, he's got. He's certainly pumped up for the role, but he's yeah. not as tall. Uh, you know, he's. he's, he's really I think he's really like. Much. I guess he's got to be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess five six. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they would have gone with a five foot six inch action for Bane. <laughs> well, yeah, come on. <laughs> what about you, Adam Rich? You're crazy. <laughs> Always seem really tall to me, like in yeah. Idolmaker and sure. uh, you know everything that he's done, uh, like American Beauty. Right? Holy shit! And, and I think he's like I think he's about five ten, five ten maybe. Like he's like 
I was, you know, looking him pretty eye to eye, and I'm five oh, eleven. Really? Yeah. So I was, I was surprised by, it. but that, you know, that happens every time. You know, like everybody's shorter than you think they are, or 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 different than what you think they are. Like when people meet me, they're always like, I thought you'd be taller or shorter. You must just be spelling Thomas Hardy wrong. Fatter. Tom Hardy. T O M. H A R D Y. Not Ed Hardy's brother. No. And he's not the poet. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Where, where, where are you entering this? Three. <laughs> Here. He's 5'9". He's 5'9". 5'9". See, 5'9". He's not that, that... But there's a lot of guys like that. Like, Tom Cruise is probably about that size. Yeah. Tom... 5'9 is pretty Tom small Hardy's to be Bane. 5'9"? How did they make him be Bane at 5'9"? Well, they had they had to have him on. They like shoot a, him from like the yeah. they, from below a lot, and yeah. and what's his name probably isn't much taller. Uh, Christian Bale. Bale, yeah. Probably, he's yeah. probably in the in the five ten range. <laughs> I yeah. dated a fucking chick one time, uh, that right before my the chick before my wife, and this is why I broke up with her practically. She, she goes, she goes, no, she goes, um, do you want to go to dinner with me and my friends tonight? And I was like. Uh, not really. Like, like I don't want to go. She's at a dinner party. Come on, it'll be You're nice. So needy. I, was like, I was like, I'm, I'm okay. She goes, all right. So I didn't go. And then the next day, she was like, yeah, Christian Bale was really upset you didn't go. He loved stand up. And I was like, hold on, Christian Bale was at that fucking party. Like, you got to open with, do you want to meet Christian Bale? Because yeah. he's gonna be at this fucking party. And then I would have gone. But I'm not gonna go meet a bunch of people that I don't. Want Maybe she didn't know. No, but he she said he was gonna be there. Her friend is married to him. And I was like, oh, well, then you, how do you not tell me any of this? So that, well, now no, you can still meet him then, right? No, now, you can, now you can make it happen. I'm real good. I, we did we a threesome. So fucking ended the world. Oh, I thought you meant uh, your, your wife. No, no, no. No, no, no. How, so how long ago was this? Was Christian Bale not Batman yet? No, it was definitely not Batman. But, I but he him. was... He was American. He was Patrick right? Bateman. Yeah, yeah, he was Patrick Bateman. He was Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> Bateman. <laughs> That's a new character. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Bateman. I, I yeah he was and I loved I love uh, I love that writer who wrote that book American Psycho oh um L L L Bean L L Bean guy writes twenty four hours a day three hundred sixty five days a year Warrior made me cry did it I saw it on a plane I started sobbing uncontrollably that's a really good movie I thought that movie was underrated fucking really good movie Nick Nolte's a fucking savage I think it was uh, Joe Rogan approved even really like you know like like the fighting and stuff yeah 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 Yeah. I I heard I heard that what happened was it was one script and they took one and made it comedic and one that made it serious really yeah here comes the boom and Warrior the same script that seems kind of bizarre (laughs) <laughs> Psych. There's a new segment that on this show called Team There was a TV show that I liked on FX that was about a fighter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lights Out. I think it was called Lights Out really? or Lights Lights. I think. Well, no. And but that was like his nickname as a fighter was like Lights Out. And yeah, um, yeah and uh, it was I, I forget the name of the like actor. One season, right? Yeah, it was just one and out, but it had really good actors. It was it was kind of like. Maybe the reason people didn't cotton to it, it was kind of like the movie The Fighter, but a series. Okay. okay. And I love that movie, The Fighter. The Fighter's Christian great. Bale's amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, he looked totally. The his transformation in uh, The Machinist was was pretty staggering, but the way he he physically became that brother, that crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, he's that was oh, a, that fighter, was a well deserved that. award. That. Okay, that's one with Tommy Tom, uh, Tommy Marky Tom Mark, Tom. Mark, Marky Mark, and Mark, um, Amy won. Adams is like kind of a tough broad in it, and uh, Sue Costello's in it. Has like a real real body, you know, like she's got kind of like a she's like got she's like wearing a you know a 
stomach revealing yeah. shirt at one point, but she's got kind of a little bit of a gut. It's pretty kind of Tom sexy. Tom Hardy is as tall as Adam Divine. Is that a sight? Adam Divine is who's as tall as Tom Hardy Not to, I'm not saying Adam's short, but I but to think that Tom Hardy is the exact same size as Adam Divine, that Adam Divine could have played Bane is fucking Adam Divine is from uh Workaholics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking great guy. I I want to have him on the podcast. Why were you just him. looking his name up? Because I I thought they looked alike. Adam Devine and Tom Hardy, and then People I was like, I, I bet they're the same height, and they're the same yeah. fucking height. They're exactly the same Who height. Who else could play Bane in five Yeah. Nine. So Chris Pine must not be very tall either. No, Chris like Pine's got to be six, head to six head. one. You think? Yeah, because I, I, I actually, that's what made me think that but Tom But then they have scenes short. where they're like standing there face to face, and, and they're the same size, kind of? Yeah, they do, but that's Apple Box, I'm sure. When they, when they go in to get the Russian gangster, and they walk through the door, that's when I realized, oh my God, Tom Hardy's not that tall, because he's literally at Chris Pine's shoulder. Wait. And I was like, how tall is Chris Pine? <laughs> Chris Pine's a six zero. I saw I, him in a play. He was really good. By the way, really? that Google voice recognition is on effing real. Oh, oh really? Uh, in a crowded room, I don't. You could. Yeah, you ask it anything. Really? You hear, it, ask him how tall I am. Oh, that's what. That wasn't Siri. No. Google voice recognition. I need the new fucking iPhone. Better. Yeah, because that, that was amazing. Like, Siri would yeah. just send you to some website or something. Yeah. To, to, I'm gonna, I'll ask Siri. How tall is Bert Kreischer? Oh, God, it's not going to know who I am. 6-0, it says you are. wrong, but oh, who put that out there? Does she say I'm 5'11"? Ask her about oh, yeah. me. All right. <laughs> How tall is Doug Benson? How tall is Tom Hardy? That's Siri, right? Yeah. yeah. Here's what I found. Oh, so she brought up a page that says that he's uh, All right. five five eight point nine. So, so is this? I'll ask Google. Just out of curiosity, Steve, is this the podcasting pacing you were this, talking this about? <laughs> How tall is Tom Hardy? There you go. Yeah. See how fast that Google voice recognition is? It's good. Wait, how tall? Is... Fucking, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. You're all Siri. Of course. And a little, well, a little slow on the uh, on the response. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've I st sometimes I ask her things. How much more? I get I, I fight with her. I get so angry when she won't give me what I want. Let's see if it, my Siri sucks. Siri, I always feel like I'm waking Siri's my Siri up. Siri's great for running the phone. For running phone functions and reminders. Search the web for how much money does Doug Benson work? <laughs> work? Worth. How much does he work? Worth. I love celebrity net worth. That's my other Oh, he loves it. He loves... He, <laughs> do you? Yeah. Oh, it's, all the time. That's all speaking of things that are wrong, they're wrong that's about me. Astonishingly wealthy, I just found out. Gilbert Goffrey? Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. She was a truck fund kid. Yes. Yeah, but billions. She, yeah, she already had money, and now she's... It's the Seinfeld money. Yeah. On top oh, yeah. of that. insane. Yeah. Her great grandmother was uh, Marie Pasteur, Louis Pasteur. I uh, no. no 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 just made that up. The, uh, yeah no, but her dad was a huge fucking like m money dude, and she came into L.A. with millions before, well before. Um, I was so I was talented. with Adam Richmond, a funny I was with Adam Richmond uh, at a, at an airport. Well, it was full circle. Yeah, and we were started talking about money, just like random stuff. 
and I said, I said something. I said, you never going to be in a celebrity net worth? And he was like, no. And I go, oh, it's fucking great. And, he, and then I go, ooh, let's see how much money you're worth. And so I Googled it in, and it's like, Adam Richmond's worth $8 million or something. And I go, is it right? And he goes, not even close. <laughs> I go, really? He goes, not even fucking remotely close. I go, seriously? Down or up? Oh, down. And so yeah. he's, like, he's like, yeah. And he goes, I'm not worth $8 million. He goes, if I was worth $8 million, I wouldn't be on fucking Travel Channel. And I was like, yeah, but it's – so it's all way off. Wow, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'm sure you're on there. No, you. I already told you it's it's wrong. Yeah. They, they say I'm worth a million bucks, and that's not that's not true. <laughs> well, you never know. I'm no, I'm no millionaire. What do you mean you never know? Yeah, I'm you, pretty aware of my finances. <laughs> well, you never know, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> what you're what you're invested in? Well, that's yeah, one of these yeah. things. You, just, you don't know. You might have liquid assets. Yeah. Liquid you know, assets. Yeah. I'm not worth anything. I'm actually upside down. So, like, I, I, that's why I'm not on there. I guess is because you have to have. Oh yeah, that's you have why. To have assets. Oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, you also have to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> not what you do. Someone's got to care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not no one fucking cares. Uh, no, I was like, I was pissed off because I, I look at Bill Burry's worth six million, and I was like, I was like, Bill Burry's worth six million. In my head, I started going, I gotta be worth three million. <laughs> not that I even have the money. I'm just right. looking for on that site that someone's gotta be like two million. Boom, a million, definitely a million. It's astonishing some of that stuff. We, there was a list we were looking at. Just the 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 amount of loot that some of these people have. It just, I mean, it's beyond crazy money. It's just. Excessive, I mean, just astonishing amounts of cash. You yeah. know who's who, uh, who's worth a shitload? Yeah. Uh, Judge Judy Scheinlin. Really huge money. The, the number one, she was the one who was basically convinced Oprah to leave daytime TV because people's court was kicking her ass in the ratings. Really? Yeah. Judge Judy, for Christ's sake. Fuck. I mean, it's just tons of money. I've seen a lot of Judge Judy uh, clips online. Yeah? Yeah, just like when she starts bitch-slapping people verbally, right, yeah. verbally. I got that and Judge Joe Brown. I used to, to me, it was always Judge uh, uh, Wapner. Judge Wapner was yeah. the first people's court. It was Harvey Le- Harvey. Harvey Levin was one of the... TMZ? Um, yeah. He was one of the guys who'd be outside the court on the street yeah. talking to people. That was early days of Judge Judy, I think, right? Yeah, but yeah, he's the, he's the dude who created TMZ. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I don't, I don't mind watching TMZ. I kind of like it. Uh, but there are people that oh yeah, they that, can't stand it. They fucking hate it. People yeah. especially like people bring it up all the time. Like it's like it's the downfall of society. Yeah, Steve Byrne. I was like, oh, <laughs> I got excited that uh that like I was I this one day at the airport was like a fucking celebrity packed day. I mean, literally, I ran into Amy Schumer. Doug, uh, uh, Bill Burr, and Steve Byrne at the, that's not a lot of celebrities, but, you know, but here's the other thing, Cedric the Entertainer walked in behind me, and I got out of my car at LAX, and my daughter's in there, and the paparazzi hit me, they're like, Bert, and I was like, oh shit, I got excited. Right, right, right. And so, but I, but I said, saw Steve Byrne, and Steve hates TMZ. He's like, that's fucking an intrusion, like, I, you know, here's, here's the, the way I look at it. When, if they're if they really if they're doing the kind of thing where they 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 because uh, they, they they farm it out to a lot of other third party people. Yeah. So if they're there and they're standing in front of your car and, and they're trying to get you to run over them and they're trying to agitate and, and get all that stuff going, uh, yeah, that could be a pain in the ass. But it, there seems to be so many people who know how to play TMZ just right. Yeah. Stop for a second. Oh yeah, yeah. They say, hey, hey guys, how you doing? Yeah. And and, and, and they always just ask random dumb right. questions. It's kind of like. Uh, 
you know, being interviewed by Howard Stern or something. Like, right. like, what do you think about, like, the only time I've been on TMZ, they asked me about, you know, Mel Gibson had done some, another stupid thing. Yeah. And they're, like, asking me, you know, what do you think Mel should have done? And I was like, well, I'll tell you, he's probably not a weed smoker, because if he was, he, you know, he probably wouldn't be so hostile or whatever. And uh, it got on the show, but it was, Harvey wasn't there that day. And so the, the black guy with dreads was, like, running the room. And when they brought me up, he had no idea who I was. And when they said, they even said, you know, from the marijuana logs. And he's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, well, the dude with your dreads doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, should, if you're working for TMZ, shouldn't you have an idea? Yeah. Isn't that kind of what your whole, your whole job is? The only reason your you're job there. Is predicated. Well, and that's the funny thing. You have fucking the, the guy who plays played the Gardner on Hazel, you know, in the 50s or 60s, he shows up at the airport and there's 10 TMZ people around going, yeah. how's your immigration thing going? Yeah. You know, they don't know you. Well, that's the that's the thing about that show is that that, that bullpen when they're sitting around talking about stuff, it's like they they all have varying levels of uh, knowledge of celebrities. It's yeah. just sort of like they all just sort of, I don't know how they anyone ends up at TMZ. Like, how's that like surfer guy that's in there yeah, all the time? Like, where, where did he come from? What did he do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah, she's in great shape. But man. it's funny how they all like sit there and like you know say mean things about celebrities and all laugh about it and stuff yeah. and Harvey with his stupid sippy cup thing that he's always got. Right, right, it's right. Just a, it's just a, it's a very strange show and uh, Brody Stevens is, was uh, like guest hosted it for like a week yeah. or something. That's right before uh, right before the, he right before he had his meltdown yeah. or whatever. They do the uh, they do the live the live thing every day. They do that. They actually have a live video cast of uh, the show. on Ustream. I uh, get yeah. inundated with fucking emails from Ustream about TMZ's right. live right now. I'm right, like, do right, they trying right. to deal with you? What the fuck? It's wild though. Um What do you do? Do you uh we we just talk until uh no, I was about to say I was just about to say <laughs> I think we're at we we're do. at two hours. Uh, this has actually been I gotta be dead honest with you, this was the most seamless conversation I've ever had <laughs> in my entire fucking life. I hope to God this is good. I don't know what makes for a good podcast, but I've really fucking enjoyed this. Well, this is my first foray into unchecked, uh, as you said, uh, uh, podcast pacing, but uh, I enjoyed it. Well, this is yeah. fun. Yeah. You, I, you know so much shit. I, you I know, I know a little bit about it's the perfect model for, for what I do. I, I don't know enough to be accomplished or knowledgeable at, on anything. There's clearly I, a reason you're on radio. But I get I get, can get in by a minute, and then at the one minute 30 mark is when my imbecility is is obvious, you know. So I can, I'm good, I'm good in the, for that first ramp up, and then I, I, I tip my hand quickly that I don't know that much. You can fucking, this has been References, he makes a lot of good references. Yeah, you know things that I don't know. Yeah. I, saw, I like hanging out with people that are smarter than me. Well, you may have lost on this one, <laughs> but yeah. Like Preston will read a crazy, crazy, weird story, bizarre story, and then uh, Steve will just jump right in with, like, just a nice little button at the end of it. It's a good synergy. You talk about that. That what makes something. You know, the, the Preston. You know, he just constant eye contact when we're doing the show, and it's. He gets yeah, and you have your hands on each other's genitals the whole time. Yeah, yep. gently coming. Really eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> gentle eunuch stroking. It's really, it's really a eunuch partnership you have there. <laughs> but it works. It works well. So. Um, well, I well I thank you for letting me come on your show because you guys sell a ridiculous amount of tickets. Yeah, that's the other thing about radio everywhere else is that that doesn't happen anymore. Oh really? You can't yeah. you can't uh, fill a comedy club just by I can tell uh, just you by I can one tell radio you that, appearance. Yeah. I can tell you that the shows that are that are worth their salt where like you go in and you're like 
and you do it, and you fucking see a direct reflection, and you're like, holy shit, those listeners listen. It's like sometimes with podcasts, you do someone's podcast, you get no feedback on Twitter. Then I do, you do Pete Holmes, and all of a sudden it's like fucking inundated. And I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Like, Doug Dub's movies, I did that when – if I had a nickel for every time people quoted one of my ignorant – Statements. Yeah, you'd I have like two dollars and fifty cents. I, I would have a lot. I would definitely. Yeah, I should maybe say a larger sum than sure, a nickel. Yeah. If I had a hundred thousand dollars, if you had a million dollars for every time, you'd you'd be I worth was, eight million dollars. Yeah, Doug, Love, Doug loves movies. One time, and I and I like you just witnessed today. Yeah. I came up with every. Uh, fact that was completely on. Oh, everything we said today that was wrong, someone will tweet. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee, and that's one of the. So you still go for it, you yeah. Know, but but it's you have a you have a whole collective of fact checkers. Yeah. Uh, you know, ready. That's why I knew I had to jump. I, that's why when I heard both friends, I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah. Joe Don Baker. It's amazing. Someone sitting in the car going, yeah, Joe Don Baker. How did yeah, not know yeah, this? Yeah. I do that all the time. I listen to podcasts and I go, no. Like Rogan will say something and I'll be like, no, it's this thing in my car in my head. I'll be like, yeah, correct. Like. No, I know what you're looking for. It's this. Go there right now and then move forward. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they're like, no, someone Google that. And I'm like, it's this. How do I know this? And, but if I was on the show, I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming over. Steve. My I pleasure. Thanks thank so you. much, Bert. I appreciate um, it. Anything you want to promote? <laughs> We're just uh, just uh, cleanliness and a general respect for hygiene. That's oh, all. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Douglas? Agreed. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, douglasmovies.com. All right, and then we're doing. That's that. where all my stuff is. What? By the time including my out. one, my one sponsor. Who's your sponsor? Hulu Plus. I'll take that. Ah, out. I'm a member. <laughs> what? I'll, I'll take that out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine. Hey, guys. I am releasing a podcast today. This is the best of the Burtcast. I had released this earlier. If you've never heard it, it's really great. There's a bunch of hilarious stuff on it. The most important reason I'm, the reason I'm releasing it is there's a workout at the very end by my buddy Chris Ty Walker, and I'm trying to get back in shape, and I can't get this best of the Burtcast back on my phone. So I didn't have the workout, and I'm hitting the road, and I wanted it on my phone, so I thought, fuck it, why not re-release it <laughs> so that I can do this workout. This workout is fantastic if you got a treadmill. Uh, I'm going to have him back on the podcast soon. I'm going to have a friend who teaches yoga do a 30-minute workout, yoga workout, like a, like a sweat your ass off. That's going to come up. Um, May 2nd, I'm releasing Kira Sultanovich. Kira's got an hour special coming out. You'll hear more about that May 2nd. I'll be releasing that this weekend. Uh, Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, I'm in Philly for the Call and Stick to Work show. I don't know why I'm doing promos. I, I'm not, I didn't edit anything out of this, so it just starts. Um, on this, just if you're curious, uh, Bill Burr, I'm sure tells the story of Death Grips. Mike Calta, a.k.a. my buddy Cowhead, uh, I think he, we, he fucks around with me and my daughter. Matt Mira has me laughing. Shane Moss tells the story of breaking his ankles. Either that or, or smoking crack with his sister. Big J. Okerson tells a story about about Kurt Metzger. Ben Bailey tells a story about Louis Anderson. Ali Spagnola and Keith Myers and I write songs. The Pirate song's on here. Uh, and at the very end, at the last, I don't know, 15, 17 minutes, is this great workout. So I wanted to work out today, so I thought I'd fucking release this so that I had it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs>
That's it. Everybody, <clears throat> it's Bert Kreischer. Oh, that's a bad thing. Time to clear my throat. Did I say clear my throat? Is this a solo podcast? No, it's a best of Bertcast. Hashtag best of Bertcast. Hashtag best of Bertcast. So do me a favor. Go tell me your favorite podcast you've heard on here and Eclipse. It would be great if you could tell me where they are on the podcast so I don't have to listen to them because I already had the conversation. It's weird listening to yourself. But, uh, uh, and the ones that aren't here, tell me what you want to hear, and I will post another Best of Birdcast. I'm going to do it as often as possible, but I'm going to try not to do podcasts where I'm thinking, I'm overthinking about, is this going to be a Best of? Although I had a conversation with Brendan Schaub about Cadbury eggs today that fucking made me lose my mind laughing. I had a great podcast with him. I hope you've already heard that one. It was just released last Friday. This is now Tuesday. Let's, let's call it Tuesday. Um... Maybe it's Monday. I don't know when you're listening to this. This is the best of. Uh, on this episode, you will hear my buddy Cowhead, Bill Burr, Matt Mira. I have the fitness special. That'll be the very end of this podcast. So that I like to work out to that on the road. So it's the last 17 minutes, I think 17 minutes. So save this podcast, download it, keep it in the last 17, and keep working out. That is Chris Ty Walker. He trains over at Barry's Boot Camp on La Cienega and all over L.A., and he it is an amazing workout. It's a great way to lose weight. A lot of people have told me that that's helped them lose weight. Um, I mean, I'm kind of a lot like the biggest loser. Uh, Shane Moss, uh, there's two clips from Shane. He is maybe my favorite new human being I've ever met in my life. Uh, there's the pirate song. I mean, who didn't want the pirate song, right? That's on here. Uh, Big J. Okerson, Ben Bailey, and Ali Spagnola and Keith Myers and me. And uh, it's, it's, it's a fun. I, I want to keep doing these. I'm doing these for a number of reasons. All, thing comedy, all Things Comedy is the network which I'm on. We're going to put a best of uh, podcast out from all, your, all our podcasts. Uh, me, Ari, Tom, Push, uh, Bill, uh, Al, uh, fucking Dave Anthony, uh, I'm, why am I drawing? Anyway, I wish I could just say all things coming. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Um, I'd like to thank my sponsor. Nobody, because I don't do sponsors, because I don't want to have to read them. I'm already bad at reading things myself. So, <clears throat> let's just get to it, right? Why even fucking wait? I know what you came here for, and it's not me. All right, first up, this is, uh, this is a very important uh, interview I did, only because I was at the point where I wasn't sure I was going to keep doing this podcast. This guy did not know that at that moment, because he was coming to tell me on all things comedy. This man is Bill Burr, a guy I've known for 15 years, maybe, uh, and, uh, and, I, and a guy I deeply respect, and in a very fanboy way, because it's one of my favorite clips in the world that I've watched over and over by myself in hotel rooms, wanting to have one of these moments myself. Uh, in life, I had to ask him about the Philly experience. And I could tell by the look on his face he didn't necessarily want to talk about it. But but we got done the interview, and here I am not knowing if I'm going to keep doing this podcast, telling him I'm totally going to go with all things comedy. But And Bill said to me, you know what, man, that was one of the best interviews uh, I've ever had. I've never talked about that Philly thing, and uh, and I appreciate it, man. That was great. Thank you. And I was floored. And I was like, fuck it. I'm stuck with this podcast. I loved it. If I get compliments from peers like that that enjoy doing it, then all to it. And he loves Priscilla. And that's half the reason Priscilla's still alive is because Bill Burr loves Priscilla. So uh, so enjoy this. It uh, it ends with me laughing. And by the way, if you like me laughing, that is all you're about to hear for the next 
hour and change is me laughing with my favorite comedians and working out. Bill Burr, episode 20, best of Burtcast. So, and I know this is, I hate to fucking ask you this question, but like, walk, can you walk me through that Philly, that Philly set? Because that's one of my favorite things to tell people that don't know. Like I told Travel Channel about you, like we were having dinner. Right. And um, Al had said you had you have dinner with Travel Channel. I'm having what, what does Travel Channel look like? Uh, white, <laughs> <laughs> tall. I thought you just Asian. said it like like it was uh, a name. We're hanging out with Channel tonight. No, Michael Channel. No, Travel Channel. It's like his it's younger like all brother. The, all the execs, and they're oh, talking okay. about stand-ups and good stand-ups. And Al, a long time ago, had told me this idea that I guess you and him had had, and I didn't tell them the idea, but I told them about. I told them about your Philly experience. Right. And I was like, it's one of the greatest. It's one of those moments where you get chills. Where you, as a comic, you go, <laughs> it's like fuck it. So wait, just tell, like, tell me what, how what uh, happened. I've told this story a zillion times. So I've I'll never give, heard it from I'll you. I'm dying. A bridge ver. It. What happened was, it was the Opie and Anthony traveling virus tour, and everybody knew a show like that was coming. You just didn't know when. Yeah, and we and we had done Worcester, we had done some place in New Jersey, and this was the I think the third stop, and we were we were we were relieved Worcester went well, yeah, because at that point I think we were doing the walkovers and just you know, you forget that there's a lot of great regular people that listen to that show. But like based on the but, based on the, but when the you did, four thousand you run into no but no no but when you because when you did the walkover. It was just these these psychos. It's like you understand like the level of commitment to a radio show. It's like eight in the morning we're walking over. It's like don't you people have to go to work? Like what what do you what do you do? And like I always equated it to like Howard Stern. Like I always listened to Howard Stern and everything, but I would never go to the mall yeah. to see Gary or one of those guys. I love those guys, but I had shit to do. Yeah. So you were getting like this fringe kind of crazy. So it was, and the people who call in and all that stuff. It's like I'm one of those guys. I sit back and I watch the circus. I don't jump in and become a, a part of it. So I don't paint my face for the game. Yeah. So exactly. So th- we were seeing perfect analogy. We were seeing the face painters, right? <laughs> the face painters so, who have painted their baby also. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. When we went to go do Worcester, like, it was just a great show. And they listened, and they loved comedy, and it was like this pleasant surprise. Because in the back of our heads, we're thinking, you know, well, at least the people calling, hey, shit, dick, go fuck yourself. The people call in. So then we go to do Jersey. Dude, Jersey was, like, one of the greatest fucking gigs we ever had. It was amazing. They were just, like, it was the perfect summer day. Yeah. Everybody was listening. Everybody killed. Everybody had a great show. It was like, holy shit. And right as I started to relax, and I'm thinking, like, okay. This is going to be perfect. This is going to be a great tour, and I'm hanging with my friends, and Opie and Anthony are here, and fucking, and it's just, this is the greatest, this is one of these tours I'm going to remember. I remember hearing about the tour and going, fuck, man, that is something I wish I had been a part of, because it was, like, just seemed like fun. Yeah. Like, and this is, and this is pre- everything that is social media today. So it's like it's like maybe you'd catch wind of it on MySpace or something. Well YouTube like, YouTube existed. YouTube existed it, but it, it, but it, it wasn't exist. like it was I maybe I didn't know how to run the internet the way I do now. So I couldn't get all that I needed to know about it. Right. So I just knew about all the It was the early days. Chocolate yeah. rain days of yeah. YouTube. Very <laughs> yeah. early. Um so then we, we our next one, the Philly gig was actually in Camden. 
at this place called the Tweeter Center. It was like an amphitheater. So I, it sat like 10,000 people. So we pull into the venue, and there's literally people in fucking Eagles jerseys throwing footballs like they're tailgating. And I rode down with Bobby Kelly, and we immediately were like, uh-oh. It just – and there was just – fucking pay money to be in that car. There was just this creeping – feeling of that you will you will just that this was gonna i you just i don't know i don't you just you just i still can picture this guy throwing the ball like when i when i i have like you know it's you know you can't remember everything i just remember driving in and bobby was driving and i remember we drove down and saw some people with a wow sticker on the back of their car and he goes let's freak them out right well the wow stickers are the whip it out wednesdays yeah. the promo there so we beat the horn and we fucking just stick our heads out, you know, at the you know, whatever. And they would, they looking at us like, what the fuck? And then they kind of recognize us, and then they freak yeah. out, and we laughed, drove away. So we had a great time coming down, and we're laughing and joking around, thinking everything's going to be great. So anyways, kind of had a backtrack. We pull in, and it looks like the Eagles are playing the Cowboys or something. Yeah. And we're like, this is a fucking comedy show? Are they having, like, a, uh, a, a preseason game here next? Like, what's going on? So we got in there, and... um Yada, yada, yada. It's still broad daylight because it's summer. It's outside. And the place holds 10,000 people and maybe like, I don't know, 35, 40% are in there. Maybe 20% are sitting down. The rest are walking around trying to find their seat. And Voss goes out and brings up the first act, who I'm not going to name his name because he got bo- He went out there. He was from Philly, had all his family there and all that type of stuff. And it's not Dom Irera. Everybody keeps guessing that one. It was broad daylight. He goes out there and just does his act. And within, I don't know how many minutes, <laughs> he starts getting booed. And, dude, everybody backstage is just going like, oh, God, in their own way going, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be one of these. Yeah. right? And I'm looking at the list, how far down the list am I? This is how it's starting. So he goes out there and, like, by the end of his act, it was this core group of people that started booing him, and then it got a little bit bigger. So there was probably like maybe like a thousand people just chanting "asshole, <laughs> asshole." And this guy was so deer in the headlights, he just ends his act with like as they're chanting "asshole," he just goes, "Thanks a lot, you guys have been great. Good night," right? <laughs> and gets off stage, had an absolutely stunned look on his face, and I went up to him to try to console him, and I was. Kind of doing that, too, dude, while kind of laughing because yeah. he had this stun, like, what the fuck was that? So then Voss goes out. Voss goes out, and he starts doing time. And you got to understand, Voss is doing time in front of a, a crowd that's sort of going in. I don't know why we started it. Maybe it was one of those things you had to be out of the venue by a certain amount of time. Yeah. These people were getting fucked up, and they were still throwing footballs around, and were walking into the stadium and Voss starts trying to do his shit, which is impossible, dude. Yeah. It was like this bright sun. It was ridiculous. So they start turning on him, and he and he goes, hey, he goes, you know, watch your mouths or I'll bring so-and-so back. And he, oh, yeah. and he shit on the first guy. And to me, he just turned the keys over to the crowd where they do the Caesar thumbs up, thumbs down, <laughs> which, is, which is the vibe Voss likes and the vibe I don't like, right? <laughs> So, dude, the, 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 line, the, the lineup was insane. Like, it, Tracy Morgan, Patrice O'Neill, Ralphie May, I think Bob Saget, Robert Kelly, Dom Irera, myself, Opie and Anthony, and Jim Norton closing. Yeah. So, 
people, he, I don't know. Like, what's his, I, mean, I, I knew something was fucked up when Tracy Morgan went out. And he was supposed to do 15 to 20, and he pulled up at about 7 minutes, 50 seconds, in the middle of a bit, just stopped and went, thank you, good night, God bless. And just put the thing down. And you know that deal, dude. You do those uptown rooms, yeah. they boo in those. And you go into the black rooms enough, you can feel a boo coming. Yeah. And he was just looking around. It's like he saw the he saw the the ocean go out, and he went, "Oh, there's a tsunami coming, guys." Smartest fucking dude in the night. He he looked at this bunch of crazy drunk white people. They're not gonna remember if I did seven minutes or seventeen. Yeah. God bless. I'm out. Put down the mic and fucking walked off. And then uh, Ralphie did his thing. Patrice did his thing. Bob said, I think Patrice closed out the first half, and then they had a break. And at this point, now the sun's gone down. And now it starts to look like the apocalypse now, like bridge scene that you see on the, on the YouTube video. <laughs> and um, what happened? They showed a video in the middle. Their video in the middle during the intermission was some guy had an ear infection. And somehow he dribbled some of the stuff out of it. And then another listener drank it. And then somebody watched who was watching it threw up in a barrel. So that was the uh, let's all go to the lobby moment. <laughs> <laughs> of that show. So then the second half started. Bobby went out. Bobby went out and killed. Had a great... Because one of the big myths is that everyone was bombing. They weren't. Patrice killed. Ralphie killed. Uh, uh, Tracy went on early. Tracy, the sun was going down. So yeah. he, he was the smartest guy. He was doing fine, but it was starting to be like, all right, already. Like that... You just... It, there's no way that you had people sitting on grass. There was lawn seats. Yeah. In broad daylight, watching stand-up comedy, and you're this fucking big, and then there's a big, and they're hammered. It was an impossible situation. So Bobby came out to start the second half, and he killed, and then Dom went out, and Dom, fucking A-level material, standing there delivering it, and uh, about three quarters through his set, the boo birds started coming back. Now nobody has booed since the first guy. So yeah. let's end that whole myth. And the first guy went on around 7. This is now around 9.45 at night, which is always great. You yeah. know, yeah. let's do a three, three-and-a-half-hour comedy show yeah. <laughs> outside. Outside. <laughs> drunk people. That, what could go wrong? During the change of day to night. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> so Dom, about three-quarters through his set, they started. The Boo Bird started. And he just stood there, like, eloquently. And he, said, he just said, you know, he goes, I'm not leaving. He goes, what, why would you think I would ever leave? And it was just almost like philosophical. And they were kind of like, oh, yeah, what, uh, what, what were we thinking? And they kind of, they kind of stopped. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he ended the set. And he ended it on a good note. Um, and at that point, I was, I was annoyed. I was just annoyed because I was sitting there going like, this is one of the greatest comedy lineups that I've been, as far as up-and-coming guys that I've been around, yeah. and these fucking people are, are treating everybody like shit. And, you know, and I'm a defensive fucking angry dude anyway, so it was just kind of the perfect storm. So I walked out there not even nervous. I was like, these guys don't even deserve a show. Fuck this. What the fuck am I even doing on this tour? So basically, I did the reverse of you praying. <laughs> I went the completely other way. I walked in there like I was walking into, like, fucking Vons to go buy a fucking chicken breast or something. You know, like, uh, I had no nervousness. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they introduced me and the fucking, whatever, curtain or whatever I walked out from behind, I looked out and I just, I was like, oh, my God. 
So I was like, fuck, what joke am I going to do? So I, I did the first one, and it wasn't working, so I bailed on it. And then I did this next joke, which I didn't realize they were playing as the radio promo, so everyone had already heard it. Uh. I don't know what, dude. I didn't want to do the show at that point. So really, them booing to the level that they did was my fault. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't a professional. What I should have done was I should have kept my head in the game to survive it. So I came out and threw gas on a fire that was already going, and I pulled up halfway through the second that second bit, and I said something like, oh, what, you guys aren't going to laugh at that? And then it was just this thunderous oh. boo. And I basically, I just snapped because I didn't want to be there. Like, I just kept thinking the whole time backstage going, I didn't have to be here. Yeah, I could have been in a place in front of 150 people that wanted to hear my jokes. I would have made 10% of what I'm making tonight, and I would have been happy. Yeah, I don't fucking need... I've done this. I've been humiliated. I've had enough shit thrown at me. I'm 15 years into my fucking career. Whatever. The, what was it? 06? 14 years into my goddamn career. Okay? I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> okay? God. So I, that was the vibe that I came out with, which was a fucking stupid vibe to come out with. So whatever. So I, they booed me, and I just snapped. Because I remember the time when I got booed. Another time, I, I didn't leave the stage, but afterwards, I just it just kept gnawing at me, the faces of people in the crowd, just thinking, like, I let that guy boo me? Yeah. I let that fat guy boo me, and I didn't call him fat? Yeah. I let that dumb chick, I didn't call her a dumb chick, what the fuck is wrong with me? And I never made a point to say that, well, the next time that happens, because yeah. who thinks it's going to happen again? Or who thinks it's going to be fucking 100 times worse? In a fucking stadium. Yeah. So... That's basically what happened, and I'm a big sports guy, and that's really what saved me. Because people go, oh, you, you turned the crowd around because um, they respected and blah, blah. No, because what it was, it was in Jersey. So it was close enough to D.C., it was close enough to New York, and it was, and it was in Jersey and Philly. So what you had was fans of the New York Giants, the New York Yankees, the fucking New Jersey Devils the Washington Capitals, the Washington Redskins, and all of them oh, are in yeah. the same division. And, and, you're and making they fun fucking of... hate the Eagles. They fucking hate the Flyers. They fucking hate the Phil Mets fans, hate the Phillies. Yeah. Giants, uh, Redskins oh, fans hate the I, Eagles. That's so, so that's interesting. So that's what it is. So I started shitting on their teams. And I know my stuff when it comes to that stuff. And I just so happened that I was also in a city where they were having this championship drought. So it just became, it, that's what it became. It's, I, I can't remember what I started. I think I just started just saying mean shit about their moms and wishing AIDS on them and everything. But then once I got into the sports thing, that's, that's when it, 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 it took off. Um, like all that fuck the Liberty Bell and shit. I was just, just anything I could think of yeah. really at that point. But when I, I was doing the sports thing, and I've never watched it. I've seen clips, but I never really watched it. But like, it was the sports thing that that really that dragged. I mean, there might have been. The, the, and, and, and if there was people from like fucking you know Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh Flyers is one of the biggest rivalries ever. When I made yeah. fun of their slacks that they wore, yeah, you know, well, the, one of them and the, called the, them a bunch of faggots back when you didn't get in trouble for saying <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and there was nothing homophobic about it. <laughs> 
it was just like that's why I love that Louis C.K. joke when he talked about the word faggot. Like I never associated that with homophobia. I just I just to me that just meant you were a douchebag and I couldn't count on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, and it still kills me to this day that I forgot to bring up the Seventy Sixers. Really, I forgot to bring up the Seventy Sixers. And I already and, and I instantly knew I was going to say something along the lines that the Philadelphia 76ers, all you have is Allen Iverson, and the the rest of the team is just like this crowd, a bunch of nobodies going fucking nowhere, just something along <laughs> yeah. those lines. I mean, it was all the same thing. The, the, the well, the, the fucking hammering, the thing that you know, the thing that is that was like the hammering home, like you, like one of the best stand up. Uh, like five ten minutes sets I've ever seen. Have you ever seen Bernie Mac when he came out and oh, and I'm not a, you know, I, I'm not I ain't scared of you motherfucker. Yeah, hit that and then boom 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 boom. Yeah, I ain't scared of you, you motherfucker. You don't scare me. Yeah. You know, Patrice told me about that. What? Patrice told me was told me the was like to watch that. Well, no, he just told me about it for years because we came up in the nineties before like you know the internet was just a bunch of computer nerds. I don't know playing ping pong. I don't know what the fuck it was at that point. Yeah, and sports lines. But but you you couldn't. Uh, there was no YouTube was still ten years away. So he told me about that and was basically saying the same kind of thing that a bunch of guys were getting booed off stage. And Hamburger Jones was the one before him, I think. Is that his last name? Hamburger Jones. Hamburger. Hamburger. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, he told me that he came out and was like, you don't scare me, New York. I'm not yeah. afraid of you and all that type of stuff. And so that's the thing. Like, but, but, that, that, but, that's why, like, I get undue credit for the Philly thing. It's just like the Philly thing happened right when YouTube happened. So, so there was somebody there to document it where, like, Bernie Mac, rest his soul, had already done it. No, 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 no. It's, it's the thing that I pulled out from both of them. Was you you had the you had the I ain't scared of you motherfuckers in that fucking seven minutes set when you did that that's the part where you get chills you go like at one point you're saying it as in this is I got I got ten more minutes like oh fuck and then at one point you're like I got like you're almost reveling in the fact that I have seven more minutes to make fun of you like it's and it's it's the same. I was never reveling. It might look like I was, but I wasn't. Oh, it, I, I had a fucking headache at the end of it, and I was, uh, like, two days afterwards, I was still, I was locked. Every year, like, when they say somebody has, uh, uh, his, he, he, he had, a, he had a, a death grip. Yeah. You know, like, I remember this hilarious story. I remember watching this with my mother, and we were laughing our asses off the way this guy <laughs> described this. This fucking, these two guys are flying like a Cessna, and they're hearing this rattle. In the back, and it's the fucking door in the back, one of those old school doors that you you it, like this. You open it, and the stairs are also on the door. Remember yeah. those? Yeah. And they flip down. So he went to go shut it. The fucking thing flew open. So the pilots up there, like, oh my god, my friend just got sucked out of the plane. And then he's also thinking, he's thinking, how am I going to land this fucking thing? Because the door hangs down lower. I think it hangs down lower than, than the wheels. Yeah. So, long story short, he fucking lands the damn thing. And he's wiping tears away. And he fucking gets to the back stairs. And there's his buddy. Feet still in the plane. Head down at the bottom of the stairs. Holding on to the fucking the banister thing. And he's talking to him, and the guy's not saying shit. So 
he had he had to step over him, and the fucking paramedics got there, and they had to talk to him for twenty minutes. They go, because he had a death grip. It's just like your body overrides whatever that is that makes your muscles tired. The last grip it had is don't let go, motherfucker. And like he was there for like forty five minutes. My mother, we were crying. They didn't, they didn't tell it as, as colorful as I did. All, this is how funny my family is. All they just said was, yeah, it took us a half hour to uh, get him to let go of the stairs because he had what's known as a death grip. And we just fucking, you just saw the whole thing just oh. roaring. You saw the pilot standing there like, oh. Jerry, Jerry, it's okay now, Jerry. And him just fucking still mentally at 30,000 feet or whatever. I guess he couldn't be that high. He wouldn't be able to breathe, but... So, um, so anyways, I had like mental oh, <laughs> version, like I was walking around New York and I was looking at people and just thinking insults. And I, I'm not joking. It took me like, it was mentally traumatic. It was not funny. No, dude, I had a headache. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm not laughing right now because I'm not listening to it right now, but I was laughing then and that sounds weird that I'm not laughing now, but. Next up, we might as well keep in this New York motif. you got to understand, the guys on this podcast that I have come out from New York, I feel like I have a main connection to because we all knew each other when all we had were dreams and drinking problems. <clears throat> Big Jay Okerson does not have a drinking problem. He, he, he used to have an eating problem. He's lost a lot of weight. Ari Kitt tells me that every time he sees me. You know, Big Jay lost a lot of weight. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I can tell. This is... Uh, and I do this a lot, is I ask people to tell me their favorite story, my favorite story that they tell. Because I like to tell, like, have you heard Big J's story about this? And this is a story I've told about Kurt Metzger a million times. And Big J told it to me, but told me a new story that I'd never heard that got me laughing even harder. Guys, this is episode 98 of Best of Burtcast. No, it's just a, it's, by the way, I don't make this confusing. Just episode 98 of the Burtcast. The, it's just Birdcast. Let's just call it Birdcast. But this is hashtag Best of Birdcast. Big J Okerson. I, my recollection of Kurt, and this I know this is incorrect, but all my recollections are incorrect from that period because my favorite story about Kurt is actually totally inaccurate. The yeah. Fucking let the cat go. No, it's not inaccurate no, at all. No, Kurt said I like we did uh, we did Montreal, and he goes, you know what? I I, <clears throat> I don't want to let you down. Because, Jay and I talk about this, but, like, your favorite story of me, you know, I just, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails, but, like, <laughs> there's more to it than that. And I, and I was like, I don't want to know it. I don't want to know it. He said, he always said there's more to it than that, but I'm telling you, when he came back to me and said, this is maybe no, the, no matter what you guys, the, yeah. This, uh, during this time, I remember, I remember Kevin, I, I kind of remember Kevin, but I really remember you. Kevin, by the time, by the time this happened, Kevin was gone. Kevin's in L.A. No. By this, no, by the story, by the time the story, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Kurt lived together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we were driving up from Philly every day, it was me, Kevin, and Kurt, and Keith Robinson. Right. But when I met the three of you, I remember, I feel like Kurt was dating his sister. or Not not dating his sister, but his sister was there, too? His sister might have been there, yeah. His yeah, sister yeah. was living with you guys or something? Oh, no, no, his his girlfriend, his, Jessica Delfino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, do I know her? She floats around comedy still. Okay, yeah. She plays guitar, does guitar comedy, basically. Um, but, uh, or his, and, but his sister or something, and then... But Kev would come on, and he'd do, uh, like... He he had, like, a tight seven minutes. But I, I, I don't know if he was... Maybe he was already in L.A. But I remember we were down at the, bar, the Bagot one night, and uh, 
and you told me that story about the cat, and I fucking... No, you know what's funny? It wasn't in the bag. I told you a story. I remember this thing. Where was we it? We drove from somewhere to somewhere. It was like we were both at the comic strip, and I was driving. We drove. We were driving to Boston. But I remember because, like, your laugh in that night made me... It was like, you remember, like, your ten best laughs in your life. Yeah. And I remember, like, face hurt laughing at how much you were enjoying it because... I was explaining the story because I was I was telling the problem with Kurt. Well, I lived with Kurt for a while, and living with Kurt, I mean, he's still one of my closest friends. He's my he's my daughter's godfather, yeah. like Kurt, and he's a good godfather, and he's a he's a good buddy. You know, I love him. I yeah. think he's a genius. You know, what I, mean? I think he's a fantastic comic. But living with him was tough, especially with a, a broke Kurt is a different person than a Kurt with money. Really? Yeah, and I think I think a lot of us are somewhat that way, maybe. But like, it was a broke Kurt was tough to live with, and. My ex was pregnant at the time with uh, our daughter. Yeah. And they needed to have these cats. But these cats were like, they weren't declawed. They didn't have the things over their claws. All the furniture in the house was ours. First of all, the funniest thing Kurt did, and he'll laugh at all this now, too. It's pretty funny. The day we moved in, my ex like, brought, she had furniture. She had sofas. And one of the, one of the, the sofa part was a bed, sofa bed. And Kurt and his chick didn't have a bed at all yet. Yeah. So we said to them, and they go, if you guys want, you can, like, use the sofa bed until you guys get, like, something to sleep on. You know what I mean? They go, oh, cool, thanks. And then we left and went and finished moving stuff and packing, whatever. And these this furniture was brought from someone's, like, storage or something. It was from her storage. So I never sat on these couches before. And for five months... I fucking just said I hate these couches. I hate. I could sit on the love seat sort of, but I go, this couch is the most uncomfortable. I, I feel like I'm 900 pounds because when I get out of it, I got to go like, Ugh. it's like I'm, I'm. I feel like there's just metal underneath of it. And then I didn't find. I found out for a while when I when we left, what Kurt and his girlfriend took is you can use the sofa bed. They just took the they took the mattress out of the sofa bed and just put it on the floor of their bedroom. <laughs> They slept like junky fucking teenagers. <laughs> and just left a metal like a fucking metal frame and cushions over it. They just stuck the guts <laughs> over the floor. And you were sitting on steel. <laughs> sitting on pure steel. Oh. 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 <laughs> I when they moved, he was. I think it was like it was like an it was like an angry move. I think when he moved, it was even like a. Did you have your bed back? By the way? I was like, what? <laughs> you better go, motherfucker! I'm like, is that really what happened here? I hated that guy. I hated that It was fucking. And by the way, night and day, we put that cushion back in. I'm like, oh my god, this couch is fantastic. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So, Kurt, yeah, these cats, when she got pregnant, it was like, the cats were both very sickly. I mean, they vomited nonstop. They were very sick, and they just let them, they'd get outside all the time, and they'd come back in with, like, God knows what, and they were just always, and cats aren't supposed to be around pregnant Pregnant people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they'd keep them in the room, but they wouldn't. They'd let them outside. They'd come in through windows, and they were, it was just puking everywhere. Yeah. And it was like a fucking bar. And then it all went south, and, and Kurt and his girlfriend moved out, and we got a new roommate. And uh, a couple weeks later, I was like, so what are you guys doing? He was like floating around. You know, I saw Kurt. 
And I was like, you know, as, as I said, I was talking to you about, I was like, man, it's weird. He's like, Kurt, like, I love him. He's like my best yeah. friend. I was like, but like, I've never had a thing with a best friend where I'm like, I don't even know if I want to talk to this guy for like three months. Like, what a bad roommate. It's yeah. a really bad situation. And, um, and I was like, what about the dog? He goes, the cats. He goes, oh, me and Jess are fighting, whatever. He goes, and we took him down to Tom's River. And we just let him go, you know? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> 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 and started laughing so hard. We just let him go. <laughs> I just coaxed a fart out of him. Oh. That oh. was, uh, he goes, I just let him go. <laughs> and I told you that story. You like, well, you asked me about this kid. I go, I go, just let him go. He goes, what do you mean? I go, they just took him to the woods and let him go. They're wild animals. And he started doing like the, get out of here, you stupid just ugly cat. I hate you. I love you so much. Oh, I and he goes, no, no, that's not what we did. We brought, I go, but that's what you told me you did. You told me you let him go in the woods. Oh. But he probably died hours later, those cats. Oh. I remember, I remember hearing that and dying. I was dying laughing because I could picture Kurt. Just... Well, it's funny because you, you, why I said I remember that laugh so much is because your laughter. I wasn't seeing the humor in that yet. I was seeing the anger in this fucker that they yeah. fought for these cats. Yeah, we're like, please, can you give the cats to a friend? Can you whatever? Like, we, this is our cats. Like, you're asking someone to get rid of their babies. You know yeah. that kind of like. And then to go from that to like the day after you fucking move out. You just release them in the woods. <laughs> like, go ahead, be free, be free, and just find your family. Yeah. Go to them. Oh, oh. So that story, the best of my knowledge, is true. At least what they said at that moment. I should be probably telling you where you can find these guys on Twitter, but it's Big J and Bill. Big J's got a podcast called Skanks. Legion, Legion of Skanks. Bill Burr's got the Monday Morning Podcast. This next guy had not started his podcast when I first met him. There are two of his stories on here. This will be my intro for him. The next time I'll just tell you it's him again. Um, he, uh, it's someone I think I did party with. I think I did, and I think, by the way, it's one of my favorite lines that's ever been said by Jeff uh, Tate, who uh, is on my podcast, but I don't know which episode, and, and, uh, and I haven't posted his best stuff, so I haven't re-listened to it. But uh, this is Shane Moss. Uh, I think I had partied with Shane one time in Hartford, Connecticut, when I think he was. we were all drinking, and me and him were definitely blackout, and we were playing this game of golf, but with pennies and a, and a, and a solo cup. So you start on one side of the room and throw the other side. I don't know who that was. I, I think it was Shane. I thought it was. Maybe it wasn't. But Jeff, he was doing so poorly because he was so drunk. Jeff Tate said, are you sure you're right-handed? And I laughed hysterically. Uh, I had heard about him through Doug Benson's podcast, and this is the story he told on Doug Benson's Getting Doug With High that made me fall in love with the dude. And uh, and quite honestly, I'm gonna, I realize I'm about to tell another intro from him later on when I get to his again. But uh, this is Shane Moss, episode 94. So, um, so yeah, sister. my sister came for a visit, and um, you know, we were hanging out, April and I, and her and my brother-in-law. This is back last spring, and and um, and we're, April smokes a lot of weed, uh, which is why I smoke more than I would normally just around her, and um, and and we're we're getting high, and and my sister, we're passing around. My sister's been passing. Finally, she's like, oh, I guess I'll have a hit. She's like, Shane. You always get me to do things that I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and she goes, remember that time you made me smoke crack? <laughs> and 
everyone's jaw, including mine, just dropped to the ground. My sister, my baby sister, is five years younger than me. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? She's like, yeah, you know, that time you made me smoke crack. And I'm like, no, I didn't make you smoke crack. Now she thinks, like, I'm lying, like, I'm embarrassed that I made her smoke crack, which I would be. Um, and, and, and so she's like, no, just admit it. You made me smoke crack. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm searching, because like I said, I blacked out all the time. Yeah. And I black out, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I... I might have missed a little bit of that conversation. I read half that book. <laughs> I, might, I might have missed a few, a few moments here yeah. and there. It's like, no, I did not it consciously exist. Yeah. Whatever was walking around was not me. Yeah. Like, that was a different thing altogether. And a uh, nice thing, a thing that some people like partying with, <laughs> yeah. but, not, but not me. And... um and I, I'm like, so now I'm, ser- I'm like, what the, f- how blacked out was I, where I, one, got cracked for the first time in my life, and then my sister was around, which it's not like I was partying with my sister much, if ever, and and my sister was around, and then I was like, hey, this crack is great, I'm gonna give it, and then didn't remember any of it, didn't even remember my first time smoking, my first and only time smoking crack, and I'm like, what the fuck, now she almost has me convinced that I smoke crack with her. My brother-in-law, her husband's about, uh, who's like my best friend from high school, is like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Uh, about to fucking strangle me. My girlfriend's like, you're a monster. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, where was this? And, and she's like, an Appleton. I'm like, Appleton? What the fuck? And and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait a second. Oh, there was that time in Appleton that I got hash, which for our listeners, if um, like like uh, if you want to smoke hash, like now they have all these fancy bongs that you use where you you put like little du- dabs dabs on, and then and then you heat up a thing, you torch a thing for a while, and it gets it real hot. And then you press it down on this thing, and it kind of vaporizes the stuff, and then you suck it in. But if you don't have that, what you can do is you can heat up a knife on the oven, take a paper towel tube. It looks shady as fuck. It'd be like, like, uh, but all it really is is like, hey, I don't have a bowl. I guess I'll smoke weed out of an apple. That's all it is. Hash is just weed. It's the same shit. It just looks fucking weird. And that's all. We're, we're smoking dabs, hot knife and dabs. And hot knife and dabs should be a shirt. That's a fucking great sentence. We were sta- we were hot knife and dabs. And your sister thought it was crack. And she thought, unbeknownst to me, she thought it was crack. And then it was just like, well, if my brother thinks it's okay. She would have smoked crack. I guess. I guess oh. And then the idea, too, of just like. Uh, I I didn't even ask her really. Well, I did uh, because I was so fascinated. I mean, this was well. Forget the next three hours. We're just going to laugh about this. Yeah. Uh, and ask her questions about what the fuck she was thinking about. Because who knows if she's at a party later <laughs> on and someone's like, "Hey, you want some crack?" She's like, "Well, I smoked some with my brother." And that it was, was a pretty... step on. I felt very relaxed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was oh. pretty chill. In fact. Oh.
I apologize for the difference in sound in all of these podcasts. I'm certain that it's getting confusing. You're like, God damn it, man. It was silent. Now it's loud as shit. Well, that's fucking life. Okay? You get it? Uh, Shane, I had on again recently. This is when I stopped numbering him. I just started numbering him again. This is number 112. But I'm not doing episode 112. I'm just doing number 112 so that you can see who the fucking guest is on the Queequay, the Quee, the Q, the Q. Um... This is probably going to get a little quieter. I'm just looking at it on the machine. Um, this guy is one of the first guys when I started. He pulled me aside and told me I should not be working outside the club, barking at the club. Him, Judah Friedlander, and Jordan Rubin sat me down at, I think, Off the Wagon. Or no, what Off the Wagon. It's down, uh, whatever is close to 6th and West 3rd uh, bar down there. And he said, you're too funny to be working the door. You should not be working the door. You should be getting regular spots. Um, he is a guy that I've seen succeed on many fucking, like, in, and he's also, I think, the first uh, video podcast I did. No, Tom Skirt's Tom Skir first video guy podcast, but it died. And, uh, by the way, I double-punched the Brendan Shaw uh, podcast for his solo, the only one you give a fuck about. No one wants to see me, but, uh, except when I'm laughing. Maybe we'll go to when I'm laughing. But, um, so it's just going to be a wide. But there will be three ang- three camera shoots for these podcasts. I just suck. I fucking suck. If you had any idea what I think about myself at times. And you're like, oh, if you think about you, what should I think about me? Well, you don't know everything about me. Okay? Um, this, <laughs> this guy, uh, Ben Bailey, I'll tell you who it is. There's no fucking lead in. You know who the people are. Um, Ben Bailey, uh, what, is a stand up comedian, is. Uh, in part, a lot of the reason that I started telling stories because him and, and DC Benny and myself at one point, I was at the very beginning, but then I stopped. But it's the storytelling vibe, and that is definitely Ben. And I remember Ben telling this story just at, at the club. He was, it was the, it, this is the beautiful thing about comics is the stories they tell at the club. And this is one of my favorite stories. Every time I think of it, I think of this story. And so I had him over here, and I just said, I remembered this story, and I said, you got to tell it. So this is Ben Bailey. Episode 103, uh, Best of Birdcast. Hashtag Best of Birdcast. Oh, my God. One of my favorite <laughs> Bailey stories. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story, and, and then you just correct me if I'm not accurate, because I've told other people this story. Okay. I've told other people this story. All right, all right. You're working in the comedy store. Louis Anderson shows up. <laughs> Do you know the story already? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, man. <laughs> I told it on the Urban Myth, and there's actually a better ending since then because Louie has now heard me having told the story. I don't know who I told this story to, but oh, I... That's a long story, dude. Just tell it. Just tell it. I'll tell a quick version tell of it. Tell a quick version. I'm a young... Uh, well, okay, first you go, we have to preface the whole thing. I'm like 18. It's Father's Day. My mother wakes me up, gets me out of bed, and says, it's Father's Day. Go get your father a gift. <clears throat> Sends me to the mall. I go on roaming around the mall looking for a gift for my dad. <laughs> Did you really? So I go to the mall. I'm looking for a gift for my dad. I see a big display in the bookstore. It's Father's Day. There's a big display. It says, Dear Dad, Letters to My Father, Louis, a book by Louis Anderson. I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll get this for my dad. I don't read on anything about it. I don't I have no idea what it's about. Just as, like, you know, here's a nice Father's Day book. Yeah. So I buy it for my dad. I give it to him. I never hear anything about it. Maybe a year goes by or something. I'm like, you ever read that book? And he's like, yeah, I started it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what'd you think of it? He's like, I didn't really know what to think. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I still don't know anything about it. I haven't really paid attention to it. Yeah. But so then, like, 
flash forward several years. I'm in I'm out here in LA and I'm just starting to do stand up and I'm hanging at the service bar at the store and in comes Louie and I'm excited, like he's a big time fucking comedian, a hilarious, great comic, and I'm like, Holy shit, it's Louie Anderson. And we start. He starts talking to me. We start talking to each other, and then slowly I realize that I'm interested in Louis because he's this great comedian. But maybe he's interested in me for some other reason, you know. <laughs> it's like, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but it, at some point it kind of became apparent that Louis kind of hitting on me. Yeah. And I realized that I've been so excited about sitting there talking with Louis fucking Anderson that I'm like leading the guy on and don't really realize it. So I go, I go, I say to him, I'm sorry, I. You know, I maybe have given you the wrong idea. I didn't realize you were gay. And he and he says, he goes, haven't you read my book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go call my dad. I gotta go call my dad <laughs> right now. I bought him your fucking book for Father's Day. <laughs> you read my book <laughs> like eight years ago. So I think the have you read the have you read the podcast you idiot Yeah, I read a bit And then it gets even funnier because that's that book is not the book that he's talking about. The book that he's talking about is his newer book that he's released since that book, yeah. in which he comes out and says that he's gay. In the previous book, which is the one that I bought for my dad, it's all about how his father was like, you know, an abusive dad. He was like a just really a, just a horrible father. That's what I bought my dad for my Oh, so so I told this story on. Oh. Uh, on Urban Myth. Oh. Remember we used to do the storytelling night? Oh. <laughs> I fucked that story up so bad. <laughs> I'm curious about you. I'm feeling a vibe for the songs. I hope you like that. I hope you like that. Uh, that was Ben Bailey. God damn it. I probably should have edited that out. I should have edited it and started right here. <laughs> that was Ben Bailey. So, uh... So, uh, this next episode coming up is from episode number 49. It is Ali Spagnola and Keith Myers. Uh, they came over. We were supposed to drink, but we didn't because I think they were so hungover from the night before, they couldn't stomach it. The next episode we did, we did drink. But this one is where we sang songs together. I don't know if anyone knows this. This is secret time. If you've seen me on stage, I love telling secrets. I love doing sidebar secrets and leaving in small details. I love it. I love it. Keith sat next to me, small detail. Keith sat next to me on the couch in the man cave. Allie sat over by the kegerator. And I set up mics all over because I told her I wanted her to sing songs. She does the power hour drinking game where she goes up on stage, sings a song every minute, and you drink every minute a shot of beer with her. She is fantastically funny. She is super real, but she's super quick on her feet. And secret time, when I first started doing comedy, that is exactly how I got my start. I wasn't singing on stage. I was singing songs to people at Florida State. I would do bar, not bars, but like parties and uh, like meetings. If I And I'd, do, uh, I'd also do uh, philanthropies and show, like live shows, but I didn't, know, it, I didn't know it to be comedy. I just would write funny songs. And I'd do sorority house. i do it all. I, it's, I had my guitar with me. So I loved, and there was nothing more I loved than getting high with... Uh, the guys, I want to say their names, but one of the guys and I aren't friends anymore, so I feel like it would be weird to say his name because he beat me up. But uh, 
secret time. But uh, there was one summer where I was a sophomore. I just bought a dog, and we were all in love with widespread panic and driving and crying. And Judd, uh, Judd, I forget Judd's last name. Judd was my roommate, and we all hung out, and all we did was smoke pot that entire summer. And it was like the summer of discovering marijuana, although I'd smoked it when I was younger. You're like, Bert, wrap it up. Get to the fucking song. We'll skip forward five minutes, see if it started. Pull it back. Do what I do. 15, 15, 15. Um, and I used to love getting high and writing songs because my brain would work a lot quicker and a lot more creatively. And everyone was high, so everyone would laugh. So I love writing songs on the fly and just playing them. So this is what I did with Ali Spagnola and Keith Myers. Ali and I sang. We went back and forth. I do it all the time. I love it. And this is one of my favorite moments I've ever done it. And we captured it on audio. It is episode 49, Ali Spagnola and Keith Myers. Shut up. That's a, let's, where did mine go? <laughs> Drink. Cheers. Are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, of course we are. Where did yours go? It was here. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm a sipper, don't judge. <laughs> no, if you can sip it. I don't like it in my mouth. Oh, really? That's the that's best why, part. That's why I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like it in my mouth. Like that's why I do it quick. <laughs> if I had to give a blowjob in prison, I'd be good at it because I don't want that dick in my mouth. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, of course. Makes sense. Get, get them off right away. What the fuck are you guys talking about? Prison <laughs> blowjob. Okay, new song. Prison blowjob. Yeah, anything else. All right, here we go. We're, Allie and I are going to write a one-minute song about get. Uh, giving prison blowjobs. Can, can you give me? Can you write the music? Sure. What is it? B, A minor. Oh fuck. No good. No, we got it. F. Okay. Can we just do this? Happen? Magic changes. You can okay. do that. So. No. I think you're out of two now. <laughs> what happened? Did you knock it out? You, you're in an F right now. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna yeah. There we go. This okay. frat sucks. Okay, here we go. <laughs> wow, this is coming together better than I thought. I'll take the first line. You can take it. It was my first night in the pokey. And that's when he approached me. And said, I want you to suck my dick. Now your turn. <laughs> and you know what? I learned I'm good at this, you see. Because you got to get him off quickly. <laughs> when you're sucking dick. <laughs> it's the double-edged sword word got around that I was the new guy and best in town. When I was sucking dick. <laughs> Wow, this is like an album here. So I got out of the pokey, and I still had that reputation, you see. Sucking dick. That's right. I thought, hey, why let a good thing go to waste when people want to fuck my face? I might as well let them, because I'm good at sucking dick. I got lost. I got lost. I'm good at sucking dick. I'm good at sucking dick. I'm good at sucking dick. Sucking dick. Sucking dick. I'm also a pretty good ballerina. I don't know. I just I just thought he would be a diverse dude. Oh, shit. It would be a 
probably take two shots for that one. Another bottle, guys. That was so fucking weird. Your mom would love that one. What we find is what we what I find is there is there is your mom's not downloading this podcast. Um, hey, will you pour me another shot of uh, whiskey? I think we're getting pretty low here. See what? What do we have in that bottom drawer? I never know why you have DJ DJ virus. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's Holy goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you see the the bright bright light wow. glow out of there as you oh, opened up the liquor cabinet? Boone's Farm. I have a song about Boone's Farm. Too. You do? Yeah. Oh, oh my God! Please say it happens on the back of a hayride truck with incest. <laughs> what the we fuck? Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. This is getting dark. Here we go. New song about Boone's Farm on the oh, back of a. God. See, this is the way I get creative. <laughs> okay, uh, it's got to be a country uh, country theme. I think I'm playing. Uh, I think I'm playing. Uh, 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 driving and crying. <laughs> you ever hear that song? No. Are you kidding me? Both. Oh my God! Have you never heard "Driving and Crying"? No. By whom? <laughs> Driving and Crying. Uh, I'm going straight to hell. All right. You've never heard that song? Oh fuck. You know what? Give At the risk of being sued by Driving and Crying, one of the greatest bands, I just hope that you appreciate that. I think people should buy your uh, music. Um, um, wait. Just like my mama said, I'm going. Fuck, I gotta download it. <laughs> it's a good song. It's driving and crying. You know what? Fuck it. I bet it's on my phone. I guarantee it's on my phone. Because why? Because when I get on a plane, I like to hear some good drinking music. And this is how we closed out every show when I was in college. Album, new phone. What are the odds we have it? Oh shit. Here we go. D D D. Thank you, iTunes. Ready? Ready? D. You want to hear my D? My D. Um, no. Daft Punk. <laughs> Dan oh, Carlin. I like it. Dan Zane, Dane Cook, Danger Mouse, Dan Tosh, Dan like Tick, Dave Attell, Dave Bowie, Dawes, The Decemberist, Decon. He's a. You say the Descendants? The Decemberists. Oh. Die Antwerd, Diplo. Oh, I love them. Oh, I love Diplo. Dire Straits. Yeah. Dirt Nasty. Oh, Disturbed. my God. DJ Laz, DMX. The Doggies, Dolly Parton, Dora the Explorer, Doug Stanhope, Dora the Explorer, and what? fucking crying. Right, you ready? Tell me you don't love this. Door of the Explorers. You're driving and crying. I hope you, you don't sue me. Only be, that you appreciate that I'm trying to. Can you hear it? Yeah. I'm listening to the mic right now. Yeah. This is how they ended every. This is how you ended a bar in 1997. Grew up just west of the track. Hold me to hold me back around my door. You calling out my name. Fucking great. Sun don't come outside. I got a friend coming over tonight. The seventh one in seven days. Now, here we go. This is when it gets... Parking lot to hang around all my friends. This is a fucking. I love this song. Pretty mellow. 
until you just imagine, 2 in the morning. You've been smoking one hitters in the bathroom at Yanni's. You've been drinking you know pictures. Uh, it's like a, never mind. <laughs> when you get older, we'll tell you. for me. She says, where have you been? I said I was out. She said, you know, good, cause you're running without love. I'm going straight to hell. Just like my mama said. I'm. Oh, this is a uh, fucking driving and crying. Uh, Kevin Kinney. I thought I find out Kevin. Uh, it's the lead singer was fucking amazing. He still lives in Atlanta. He's good friends with my buddy from buddies from the regular guys, the great shit radio show in Atlanta. And driving and crying was our shit. They'd play that at the end of a fucking night. You gotta remember, this was also fucking twenty years ago when that music was like. I mean, we didn't have DJs. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So um. How do you so, want it? Okay, are you ready for the drinking song I've been trying to write my entire life? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right now. I wanted to drink, I wanted to write a song to all the beers I drank. Like, uh, not like Julio Iglesias, to all the girls I've... Like, not that. But I just wanted to write it, like, I, every time I would drink in New York, so I always thought guitar would end up back in my act. It doesn't. It will never. It will never because no, why, it's, too hard to, it's it. too hard for me to travel with. Um, oh, you know, all I hear you equipment. Fuck it. Traveling with a guitar. Uh, uh, my daughter plays. I'm just making sure we're still recording. <laughs> so, wow. This would have been so, gold that you lost. <laughs> so. Uh, Are you having some of this or what? I think some Johnny Walker in here. Yeah, let's drink some Johnny Walker. Well, I'm I'm good, but I feel like you would ask for something. We should have something. Open. There's another bottle of Jack in there. There's a right. few bottles of Jack in there, and there's a few bottles of really expensive Jameson. Don't open those. Um, so wait, I've always wanted to write a song to each beer. So it would be like, whatever the thing would be like, would be like, uh, you know, I think cause the idea isn't fleshed out that I, that I can never figure out, but it would be like, what, what would I say to the first beer? Like, Hey buddy, it's good seeing you, you know, uh, uh you again, you know, like, like and then the <laughs> second beer, like, ha, I knew you were showing up. Yep. And then the third beer, like, you're like. You're like, I can't wait till later. And you tell them all the dreams, like, we're going to tackle a mi- whatever, you know, like. Yeah, and then and then the fourth beer, like, oh, sh-, and you're like, this doesn't look good. And by the, <laughs> seventh, slow. By the seventh beer, you're like, fuck, seriously, leave me alone. <laughs> and then the eighth no, beer, you're like, like, yeah, I'll do this again. I like you, beer. <laughs> all right, let's go back. You sh- let's throw out a theme, and then we'll improv the song. Okay. Okay, so uh, what is popular in, um, well, we did prison blowjobs. That was weird. Um. Let's do a stand, let's do a song about waking up after a one night stand with somebody. All right, what is that? Coyote Ugly. Yeah, it's basically the premise of the song is, uh, you know, hey, um, last night was fun. I think I'm kind of remember a little bit of it, and then I'm trying to recall it, but I don't really know your name, and I don't really know what to talk to you about because all our conversations we've had are we're drunk. All right, you give me the keys. I'll start off the first lyric, and you go the second one. It's, we're talking six thirty in the morning, eyes awake. Okay, that's where the song starts. So okay. you you write the song. Sure, sure. And then I'll, do, st- I'll do the first. A and E, that's all. Right? Okay. A major. Keep it simple. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Here's how this this. Oh shit! That's her alarm clock. Oh shit, who is she? She snores like a buffalo in heat. And her back doesn't look any better. She looks like a great white shark, but without the fin. I need to get out of here. 
Oh my God, her ankles aren't thin. Now you're the girl. Hey, I think I met him at the club last night. And I feel like I was in a freaking fight. <laughs> Seriously, I brought him home from the club. And why the hell are we sleeping in my bathtub? Gotta admit, I kinda beat that pussy up. I wonder if she nutted. I know I definitely dropped a nut. Cause I think I can see it in her hair. Oh shit, she's awake. I'm just gonna lay there. He's still sleeping. I run my hand through his hair, you see. And then run my hand through my own hay. Why is this sticky? <laughs> well, this was a whole lot of fun. He's the hottest thing that I've ever done. And, uh... There was a stun gun. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't wear a condom! That's okay. I'm all about having fun. You know what? Maybe I'll turn on the shower and we'll fuck soaking wet. Oh my god. I think I'm laying on her pet. Oh fuck. <laughs> I just loved how he touched me. And I also love that I got a prescription for Plan B. <laughs> I more. We should probably hit a chorus at this point. <laughs> okay, we'll sing it together. Okay, this is the choruses are both our eyes. We wake up and we stare into each other's eyes. And we say the first thing we say to the other person, that's our chorus, okay? Ready? And it starts when we need to change chords. No, I think okay. we're good here. Okay, here we go. And... Hey! You remind me of my dad. Oh, my God! Hi! <laughs> you remind me of my dad, too. <laughs> I can't fucking keep going. Uh, you're making magic happen. Do you feel that? Wow. Magic, I can feel it. This is Eagles. fucking awesome. I hope to God people are fucking listening to this going. The, right now, they're only because it's a podcast and it feels special. <laughs> they're like, I can't believe they all. I feel like we've written these before. <laughs> no, we hair did zero rehearsal. Best. Sticky hair. Oh, let me run my head. What's sticky? <laughs> I'm doing another shot. I'm doing another shot. Is it as funny as I remember? Hashtag best of Burtcast. Tell me. I can't remember. Uh, I didn't listen to all of it. I just listened to when it started, when it began, and when it ended. Um, and I hopefully I did, there wasn't like a big medium part, because that's a big chunk of audio. I'm looking at it now. Uh, but uh, anyway, that was episode 49. Hashtag, that's a Burtcast. Tell me stuff on hashtag. You know what? I don't know if I said this at the beginning. I can't remember. That was like 13 minutes ago. But tell me your favorite episodes. Tell me the ones you love. I'd love if you'd go and find. Maybe I did say this already. Sounds familiar. Anyway, tell me what your favorite episodes are. Tell me the favorite bits in that episode. Don't just go, you and Ari. Obviously, the ones you are saying, Bert, where's Joey Diaz? Uh, jo What's up, babe? 
What's the matter? Are you fucking serious? You know, it's, it did that. It did that. Yes. Well, uh, let me finish this podcast and I'll be out in two seconds, okay? And I'll help you figure it out. Okay. That was her fart. Um, all right. What was I saying? Don't remember. But tell me your favorite episodes. And if you're like, what? What the one with Joey and your dad? Trust me, that's lined up and ready to go. I can't do one best of Burkhouse. I want to do like five of them. I've got 111 episodes. I could probably do 10 best of Burkhouse. Uh, maybe 20. There's a few stinker podcasts in there. Uh, don't tell me, hashtag best of Burkhouse. What was your least favorite? Tell me, hashtag best of Burkhouse. What was your favorite? And tell me, hashtag Burkhouse, where you can find it. Uh, and I'll post them up. I'll post them up so it's easy, and you have these as little treats. Or when you want to introduce your friends to the podcast, play a hashtag best of Burkhouse. What the fuck am I doing with the hashtag best of Burkhouse? Now I feel like I'm fucking crazy. I'm probably going to drink tonight. I haven't drank all... Uh, that's a lie. I haven't drank all week. I drank once this week. Um, but I feel like my body could use a break. But we're all going to Benny Hanna tonight. And I can't imagine staying sober at that fucking Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Barnum? Barnum? This is Shane Moss. This is from the same podcast. Maybe uh, Bill Burr is the best is my flagship podcast. That's a podcast I'd nominate for an Emmy. Shane Moss is one I'd nominate for uh, for a Webby because Shane may not be quite as popular as Bill, but if he was, you would think this is the greatest goddamn podcast you've ever heard. Shane, by the way, will be on the next Best of Vertcast when he tells a story about breaking both his heels. That is not the story. That is not the story involving his buddy's Taekwondo instructor, Ted. It is, by the way... One of my favorite stories, but I had to edit it together because he started telling it, and then, of course, I got him off, derailed him, and brought it back. But this is the story uh, of him trying to acquire DMT in Scotland. This is, once again, episode 94, Shane Moss. It's a real chore finding this stuff. I don't know if you've ever done ayahuasca or DMT or whatever, but it's like, you know how, like, like if you wanted to... It was the first time I did it, and it was in Dallas, and they were somewhat reasonable people, um, which was reassuring when it's like, oh, this guy's a computer scientist, and this, and his wife's a neuroscientist, and all right, they, they haven't, they're not like living in a treehouse. Which I went to Scots, uh, Scotland, or Scotland, Scotland. I went to Scotland. I, I was trying to find DMT in Scotland, and I found one in this guy, a, a guy that would maybe be able to help me out. Who was like this other comic knew about this guy. And he's like, yeah, I think I think I can get some DMT from him. Uh, he's kind of a weird guy. He lives in a treehouse. <laughs> I'm like, he lives in a treehouse. He's like, he won't sell it. Like, no one will ever sell this shit because it's like this dumb spiritual uh, thing. Really, but, and so it's like. So there's no market for it. So you can't buy the shit. And people are like, well, oh, DMT, like, I'll, I'm so desperate. I'll even, like, tweet, like, hey, I'm looking for DMT. I'll tweet that shit and see if any, anyone can hook me up. It's so hard to find. And people will just be like, just make it yourself. Like, what the fuck do you mean? This isn't breaking bad. I'm not going to, like, if I want weed, oh, you can just grow it yourself. Just, no, I just want to give you $50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tried to grow weed? It's so fucking I would never. Tedious. It's so stupid. Oh, you've got to take, you've got to take the seeds, 
put them in wet paper towels, and then put them in the refrigerator and wait till they start sprouting. You can't just bury them. Oh, okay. see, I yeah. didn't, already I didn't know that. Yeah, you got to put this, then you bury the seeds that have started sprouting in, whatchamacallit, you've got, they've got to be on strict, like, there's only certain climates, I guess, that weed grows in. And you need, like, certain lights with timers well, that's and, be, like, yeah, you can't, just, you, you can't just put it in your backyard and go, like, me and my sister would put seeds down by my parents' dock going, like, one day. Like we right. just, well, we then throw the seeds by the dock. But then once it's grown, we're, we're, that, we're not even you're not even out of the woods. Once it's grown, you've got to dry it, you've got to trim it, you've got to pray to God it's the kind to get you high. Because some like I re- when I worked at Barnes and Noble, let's go back to Barnes and Noble. But I was, the two two things I researched heavily at Barnes and Noble were STDs and weed, and so I know a lot about both. Really? Yeah, but the weed is a fucking. Te- it's so much easier just to go. <laughs> I'm going to go to the dispensary, find out what kind I like. STD is much easier to make than weed. It's so much easier to get STDs than weed. So wait, go back to the end. So, so wait, no, what no is the problem. guy when you go when you when you so, get it from someone? Do you just trade them something? Yeah. So so like in Scot uh, in Scotland, it was. Why do I keep on trying to say Scotland? <laughs> um, I. It was like, yeah, this guy doesn't. This guy doesn't uh, sell it. He'll. He just wants people to have the experiment. But it's like, you know. But since he is doing you a solid, you know, maybe you could also do him a solid, which was, I believe, bringing him a barrel of biofuel. <laughs> Dude, I can't just give you a hundred bucks. I'm gonna roll a fucking barrel. Where am I gonna go? I'm gonna rent a truck. Yeah, I yeah. Gotta, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna learn how to drive in Scotland. Right, right. <laughs> Why is it so fucking hard? He sounds like those porn stars that put wish lists on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so when someone says, like, they've had DMT or ayahuasca and saw the truth, I'm like, well, if that's what the fucking truth looks like, <laughs> I want no part of it. I'm going to go Where the fuck would I get biofuel? Yeah. I don't think he knows either, which is why he's asking. <laughs> This time, man. I don't need it that bad. How big of a barrel? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now that I'm talking to you, it's like, why didn't I just go for it? Oh, just for the story, you. yeah, I should have bought him a barrel. Take it up the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's for his van or something. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, if I have not partied with you, I'm so fucking regretting it right now. I sincerely hope my laugh is infectious, because if it is, you are laughing right now. I re-listened to this one, uh, just the tail end to find out when I stopped laughing, and I could not, I started laughing with myself laughing. Uh, That is the beauty of this podcast, is I get to hang out with some of the funniest people on the planet. I know you might think, you know, the people at my work are funny. They are. The people at my work on TripFlip are funny. Paul, Kristen, Sales, Andy. Andy's not that funny. Uh... (laughs) Just me saying that makes Andy funny. <laughs> Mans, uh, Laura, Tyler, uh, Heidi is not funny. That is no joke. Uh, she is dead serious. Dead serious. Leslie, dead serious. Anyway, but 
when I get to do this podcast, I literally get to hang out with some of the funniest people and people I've never met before, which is a treat, is to hang out with someone funny who likes being funny, but you don't know, so you've never heard any of their stories. And that brings me to episode number 23 with Matt Mira. Matt had never heard any of my stories, so... He is, he is obviously famous for, uh, not famous for, but he is the co-host of the Nerdist Podcast with Chris Hardwick. He is a stand-up comedian. He is very talented. He does hang out with, oh, well, he'll tell you in two seconds. Um, but I had these ideas that I was bouncing around uh, of how to sell TV shows, and I bounced them off of Matt, and that is episode 23, me and Matt Miro. Oh, here we go to Medieval Times. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a medieval times in Orlando. I, I fucking the Renaissance Fair this weekend. Did you really? Yeah. Which is I've three years in a row. I go with uh, Tom Lennon and his uh, wife and kid. Every three years in a row, we've gone. Really? And uh, it's now it's getting. Hold on. That's not Sean Lennon. Tom Lennon. I'm thinking of Sean not, Lennon. Not I'm thinking John of Lennon's kid. I'm thinking of Tom Lennon's kid. I was like, you know John Lennon's child? I, I was like, shut the fuck up, Tom Lennon's from I the know, state. I know, Lieutenant Tom Angle. Lennon's from the state, yes. okay? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I fucking literally almost lost my shit. I'm like, oh, you hang out I with Sean I, Lennon? I wish I did. I wish I did. Actually, I don't. He seems like an asshole. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about him. He's Sean Lennon's kid. Well, yeah, Tom but, Lennon's a little more yeah, used. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how great you can be. But... Yeah, we go every year, and but but what I noticed this last year is a little bit. This year it's like really fucking hipstered out. Really? Yeah, a lot of fucking ironic enjoying of. Uh, I pitched a show to DIY called Moat Crashers. I'm listening, <laughs> I'm on board already. So every man has a castle, and every castle needs a moat. <laughs> so we just go in loads. We're like, hey man, you looking to build a moat? <laughs> Like no, they go. You want one? Uh, no, I'm cool. (laughs) You want to find one person? Go fuck it. Let's do a moat. (laughs) I can't believe why they passed on this. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. Just every just just take moat to the next level. Oh my god. Like like think about it, right? Okay, get a designer. Yeah. Like a designer who really knows like fucking uh, out your outdoor design. And have him build just a badass <laughs> fucking moat. The words I thought you were going to say was going to be, get a designer who knows medieval defense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw No, no, but think about how, you could, think about just fucking, abuse. I'm sure when they're done with the moat, it'll be gorgeous. Yeah, moat crashers. Yeah. Every house has a moat. And you just, no one has a moat. Everyone, everyone's crashable. Every episode, the middle of it will be about the plumbing problem. We can't dig this moat, Bert, yeah. because if we do, the house loses hot water. The best, the but then best, you find a way around it. The best part is the maybe the wife doesn't even know, and then she comes over and she goes, "What the fuck is this?" And it's her husband covered it's in dirt. Moat, it's her moat. <laughs> Think this is a great line of defense, though. No one will break into your house to get a right, moat. You can't. I, I I would I would throw my house up as the first moat crashed. I'd put a moat up around my house. <laughs> I feel like you would run into. Sh- so much shit from like zoning committees. And it would like have that. to be. Oh, uh, it's got. They've got to be illegal as City shit. City planners are like, you can't. Actually, it's in here. We had that in here in 1700. You can't yeah. get a motor. Oh, they're so dangerous. I mean, you can't. Especially filled with crocodiles. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, imagine if you did like right the perimeter of my house, right? Sure. Literally right up to the house, right to the foundation. Yeah, obviously, drawbridge. You, yeah, a drawbridge. Yeah. Right when you go to my porch, that's the drawbridge. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. 
I would, oh, I would I, love it. They passed. I would love it. Of course they did. I thought. I really thought. I really thought I was thinking out of the box. Well, fuck you. They, I, was, you I think that. Uh, I pitched some pretty horrible shows. Uh, <laughs> blind design. I'm listening. A blind guy designs your house. <laughs> I thought that would be. Uh, I thought that would be fucking awesome. Oh like I'm God. sure there is a blind designer. I have one called Ready Ready for This. Yeah. Bathrooms, bathrooms, bathrooms. Oh my! Every house, every room is your room. I'm just ready to go bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> every house, every room in your house turned into a bathroom. <laughs> terrible, friend. Oh, terrible, fucking. Uh, ten bathrooms and no bedrooms. <laughs> no bathrooms. <laughs> in the family bathroom, you have a TV and you line up toilets. <laughs> the bathroom, bathroom, bathroom. <laughs> uh, uh, I fucking. Oh god. I've pitched. Those are. I've pitched. I pitched a show one time that literally I think is the greatest show in the world, and no right. one would do it. No okay. one would touch it with a ten foot pole. What is it? Black versus white. All right, all right. Let the race war begin. Okay, all right. Me and Warren Sapp find out who the superior race is every week at the contest, okay? We go and we find something out of culture, like, say, churches sure. or, or or radio stations mm-hmm. or or music or food. And we find we go and we explore both cultures and we explore other cultures, like Asian, Pan American, you know, like, whatever. We explore yeah. everything. And then and the fourth act we compete out of what we've learned, and he competes for the black people, and I compete for the white people, and whoever wins the contest, based on everyone we've met who judge us, sure. that's a superior race for that episode. Warren looked at me, and he was like, he goes, he goes, he goes, I'll do it, but no one's going to fucking do that. And I took it to Travel Channel, and they're like, that, that, that seems like a little problematic. Yeah. <laughs> but think, it's fucking, it's, it's something you idea. talk about. It's an interesting idea. It's something you talk about. Race superiority? Who's talking about that? No, not race superiority. Obviously, that's tongue in cheek. <laughs> like, it, like the whole race superiority is a joke. But, but, but what oh, is yeah, funny? You're talking about like who has the best food? Italian food, French yeah, food. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's basically yeah. exploring like go to churches. Who's got the best churches? Black, Black people, people, white people, Black people. Asian. You go to no. some Asian churches. You go to some Mexican churches. No one's right? Met. And then and then, but and then I thought it was, in my in my head, and this is the way my brain thinks, and maybe this is too idealistic, but I'm like, it's a great way to bring people together. Because it's like, you know, say you don't really talk too much to the guy, Asian guy in your work. Yeah. You go, hey, have you seen Race Wars or Black versus White? And he's like, oh, yeah, your church is stuck. Wars or Black versus White. I literally pitched that and everyone was Race like, Race Wars, parenthetical, Black versus White. That's the yeah. title. Yeah. That's the title. That and you ready for the, this is the home run, and this was a serious pitch I took to Sharon Levy at Spike. Uh, can I kidnap your child? <laughs> I say to a parent, I'm going to try to kidnap your child. Okay, if I can get your child, oh, that's the goal. You can't do anything different. I just sure. gotta try to get your child. Yeah. So then the show starts. I have a van. I have a crew, and I try to get the kid in the van. If I can get the kid in the van, he goes to the grandparents. We send them to Disney World for the weekend. They have a great time. But that's when the show really starts because now they've got to negotiate the safe release of their child. So they've got to acquire the ransom money. They've got to do the drop right. Do they want to include the police? Do they not want to include the peace police? And if they can do the drop off correctly, they keep the money. If not. I keep the money, they get their kid back. But they get their kid back anyway. <laughs> yeah, passed. Spike passed on that? Yeah, Spike. They were like, we're thinking out of the box. What ideas do you have? And I pitched that. And I pitched, uh, I pitched like a sporting, sh- a sports show. 
These are the people that run Deadliest Warrior. You ever watch Deadliest Warrior? No, what is it? It's their show where they, uh, they, with using science and like Mythbusters type like ballistic dummies and stuff like that, they see who would win a samurai or a World War II soldier. Like, and they yeah. put up like the weapons that they would have had and everything like that. So on Christmas, I'm flipping the channels and I see Spikes running a marathon of Deadliest Warrior and I turn it on. I took a screenshot of it and I and I and I sent it to Twitter because it was it was Pol Pot versus Hitler. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. How can they? It was. Just, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And they just like it was insane. And I watched it and I was like, okay, so in Pol Pot's regime, they used a lot of guerrilla warfare. So they like. like so then they. Yes. Oh my god! It was. It was. I was. I want to see. I would like to see. I would genuinely like to see animals fight. Like a bear fight a lion. Like, if they could do that show, I'd be into that. I would really be. Well, you could just watch, like, a David Attenborough documentary about it. No, I want them in the cage, and I want them baited with, like, meat around their necks. Like, I would, like, and I know that that is a step above what Michael Vick did. But, like, I think it's probably fair if it's a... It's not a step above. Or a step below. A step below, I'm sorry. A step above. It's, like, a little more highfalutin than what Michael Vick did. It's the same fucking venue. It's like it's warming up with pit bulls. Oh, I just realized what no, I said. Actually, that sounds fucking actually, horrible. You know, it is a step above because you did not incorporate rape stamps. Yeah. <laughs> this, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking, I, I take that statement back. I don't want to see animals fight. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm laughing too hard. I I just love the the. Um, let's go back to the moat thing. <laughs> moat crashers, moat crashers. The Disneyland, the Disneyland has a moat. We're coming to an end, people. We're coming to an end, people. I feel like it's time for a pirate song. Episode eighty nine, eighty five.